Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. We are back to discuss Twin Peaks The Return, part 15. And, you know, the, the sort of tagline of this season is, it is happening again. And I'm still like, what's happening exactly again? <laughs> because there's a lot of new stuff happening, and the old stuff that's happening is also new. Right. Everything, everything new is old. Wait. Yeah. No. Everything... No. What's the, what's the, how does that go? Yeah, everything <laughs> old is new, and also everything new is still new. Is still also new. It's newer than new. Yeah, wow, what a... Old is new. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I'm just... But yes, I totally agree. I mean, It Is Happening Again is really just... I mean, I just take it as Twin Peaks, you know, is happening again. Twin Peaks is happening again. But, but Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's it's sort of like, it has some some resonance because it's from the show. But yeah, I don't think... You know, the Laura Palmer type thing, like that's not happening again. I mean, I don't think or Ruth Davenport counts. Or is it? I, yeah. I mean, I, I have a you know, my one my one big uh, sort of clue to, to that idea of the Laura Palmer thing happening again is is um you know, part of what we saw in the last episode with Andy's vision in the uh, the fireman's uh, place, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that whole that that little shot of the the girl screaming in the courtyard at school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that that sort of you know harbinger of doom sort of yeah. scenario. I think that's kind of what's happening again, and we even get that at the end of this part, yeah, uh, with the girl screaming in the uh, in the roadhouse. Yeah, I yeah. think is a callback Ruby, to that. So, you mean? Ruby, yes, everyone's favorite Ruby, um, and um, yeah. So I think that's something's happening again. You know, something is. I don't know what yeah. the it is, but uh, but yeah, this was a big episode. This was, you know, you can tell that we're nearing the end oh, yeah. because we're getting some huge reveals and some big moments. Um, the biggest of which, maybe not the strangest, although maybe the strangest is. Um, Everyone's favorite, favorite, will they or won't they couple? Uh, <laughs> finally, finally will they? <laughs> finally willed, finally did. Um, yeah, Big Indeed. Ed and Norma finally at last. Um, so you know, I think that's you know, I think that really is showing this is the beginning of the end. You know, oh, yeah. with with characters changing and their arcs coming to fruition and this you know this is a huge 25 plus year love affair from afar yeah you know um and they had their best time together like 25 years ago when nadine when nadine was out of her mind yeah and (laughs) obsessed with mike (laughs) right and since then it's just been back to square one so that, that, that was a huge moment um we got uh, the con- we got Cooper at the convenience store gassing it up as it as it were, uh, getting a refill, kicking the tires, uh, topping it off, uh, refilling uh, some uh, I don't know <laughs> any more convenience store words, um, gasket I don't know that's a car term. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was I mean my talk about my mouth being wide open. I just just could, couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm just you're just watching and you're just like, "Huh?" And you just drove there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that? I it's not well, clear. Well, yeah. Uh, well, Western I, Montana I, still? 
I feel like it might be anywhere. I mean, I mean, obviously he drove to a place on Earth. Yeah. I mean, like, it seems like the convenience store could be wherever it wants to be. Yeah. Uh, but then know, how I, did he know? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. But just that idea of, you know, it's the electricity and these beings sort of traveling with electricity and, mm-hmm. you know, did it, did it go somewhere else or is it just invisible when it vanished? Right. So that's it. Shades that of the cabin. Shades Just gonna of, say it. Which which cabin is this? From Lost. From Lost. Oh, sorry. That's isn't that uh, the only cabin? No, actually, David Lynch has his own cabin from Lost Highway. And, uh, <laughs> oh, reminded, shades of that too. It, it reminded me of that cabin. Yeah, like the idea of it sort of having these different states of existence. Um, yeah, and also very... that idea of like an explosive force or something like inside <laughs> a, a structure like this, like. That yeah, does seem along similar yeah. lines. Like crazy beings sort of living in a weird structure yeah. or being part of a weird structure. And it's sort of, yeah. you know, in, in, in Lost Highway, we saw the cabin sort of in flames and going in reverse. And this was a similar thing. It was sort of in forward time, I guess. But just all the smoke coming out yeah. was a very similar kind of look yeah uh to that whole thing um but it did kind of like early on at least like and uh in part eight it it had that like back and forth kind of stuttery yeah. thing mm-hmm. which isn't yeah it's but it's there's still something something sort of similar about that mm-hmm. yeah um um but yeah, yeah it's just so the disappearing cabin what was that the disappearing cabin like that's that's the lost part Yes, for sure. Sometimes cabins go away, and sometimes they reappear. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, when he woodsman. said... Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I could see the woodsman in uh, in the cabin in Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. That'd be, that'd be a place where they would really belong, in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they should have been in the dream or something. They should have built it instead of Horace. Yeah, was Horace a woodsman? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Kind to of, kind of. Uh, and then we get possibly the biggest thing for this particular part three series, um, which is uh, Cooper's. Re- I'm calling it Cooper's return. Oh, are uh, you? Are you going that I, I'm far? T- I'm totally calling it because you know we, we our, our best guess of how Cooper would wake up, I believe, most recently was the bonk in the head. And we were like, can it really be that simple, a bonk mm-hmm. in the head? And this is this is a bonk in the head. Yeah, it's basically. just electric, and it ties into, you know, it ties in thematically into what's been going on with him and this, this sort of whole theme of electricity on the show. Yeah. Uh, and the whole fact that he came through came a socket, it. you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, I thought as soon as he did that or was about to do it, I'm like, this is a bonk in the head. This is, this yeah. is the same exact sort of story function as a bonk in the head. It's just more interesting. Right. Right. So I think I think Cooper's back after this. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's just that this season has taught me to, uh, you know, not be too hasty to expect uh, Dougie hey, to go. It's but part, it's part fifteen. I can know, we be right? Hasty now. <laughs> I know. I hope so. If it, if we can't be hasty now, I give up. But yeah, I, I agree. That's probably what it is. Well, and because we also were thinking if he did wake up and he hadn't woken up, you know, before now, it would be likely right before the last like three episodes, something right. like that. Right. So that's exactly where we are. Yeah. And, you know, he has that scene, you know, sort of in the last third or fourth of the of the episode. Uh, and uh, we don't come back to it. So that makes yeah. me think 
the next episode when we come back, yeah. you know, something will be up. And um, and like I said, I think I think them having the Norma and Big Ed scene at the top, you know, um, is really sort of showing this is the beginning of the end of the show. And I think we're yeah. we're, we're game again for like the status quo changing, you know. I would add in the uh, Log Lady death sequence as well. Yes, that's huge too. As yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. kind of a clear ending thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. Sort of closing the closing the book on that little uh, plot line of the log lady calling Hawk and telling him cryptic messages and mm-hmm. you know clearly in poor health and so yeah, like that's um, that was that was that was a pretty big moment too. I mean that was huge. I mean the log lady is is perhaps you know the you know i was just, this is this is a, a disputed thing i'm going to say but you know it's perhaps the most twin peaks character there is <laughs> you know what i mean uh even yeah. more so than cooper in a way oh, i think yeah. I, I think she really made uh, the show the show very quickly and yeah. uh, and really sort of set it apart and and not only just how her character comes off in the original series but just you know how integral she was to the to the plot line yeah. and you know her intros you know oh yeah were, yeah were, that's were super huge yeah yeah this weird kind of extra show like meta thing that was happening where she's sort of talking to the audience in this weird way and yeah. uh and guiding them before each episode i right. mean that's you know it's like what she's doing with hawk you know but yeah. it's for us you know um, so yeah, Catherine Coulson, you know, and not only RIP and the show, but obviously in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, you know, like I was saying at the beginning of this, this podcast series with the show, like, you know, you just, it was so special to get these actors back. Um, especially the ones that died, you know, soon after, uh, filming all this stuff and yeah. she's one of them. And, uh, and yeah, it's just it, it's just so it's it's better than the show could have been without them, you know. Um, yeah. You know those scenes with 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 Nadine and Big Ed are are just like wow. Can you just imagine, you know, these actors who did this, you know, landmark show twenty five years ago, and they're back, and uh, and the, you know, getting to play those characters again and those and those relationships and. And then not only that, but to like turn the page on them, the big page that hadn't been turned this whole time. Yeah. Um, and Big Ed and Norma and all that. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and and the fact that they yeah they have her sort of um, aware of her impending death and, and and all that, and she just doesn't like sort of die off screen, or she doesn't like, you know, uh, you know even, you know, stay alive the whole show. Even you know they could have. Yeah. They could have waited to the last episode or, yeah. or never really to say when she died. So, right. yeah, it's very interesting. I think you're right. It does go into the whole idea of um, the, the last chapter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a definitive moment. I mean, I think Cooper is, um, I mean, he certainly like is a definitive character for the show Twin Peaks. But in terms of, um, you know, in terms of the town, you know, he was an outsider and... Mm-hmm. I think in terms of the town, definitely the log lady was, you know, uh, th- probably, probably the the most like distinctively Twin Peaks character. I mean, uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. um, 
you know, uh, in the original series. Like, it, that whole thing just stands out right away. Like, she walks around with a log, and the log, yeah. like, says things mm-hmm. that only she can understand. And well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like Cooper's. Cooper's like an archetype. You know, we've seen that yeah. kind of character before. Sherlock but Holmes, she's sort of. Exa- yeah, the yeah. intuitive, good-natured detective or something. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, she definitely is sort of the distillation of like what makes Twin Peaks special, like in a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's connected to all the strange things that happen there. You know, I mean, even the log being like a piece mm-hmm. of wood from the um you know from the forest there like it's it's all very she lives in a cabin by herself like out there somewhere mm-hmm. you know that they trek to at a certain point in the original series yeah her log her log was a witness to the murder that night you know the whole yeah. the whole last the last uh you know waltz of laura palmer basically yeah. and yeah, so she was she was involved in all these all these plot lines yeah the log got the got the third man if I remember right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, hey, not bad. Mm-hmm. Cuz otherwise, you know, it'd be like why wasn't it just why wasn't it just Leo and Jacques? There's a third man. Third man showed up. Made yeah. all the difference. Take that Orson Welles. <laughs> but yeah, uh I, I, it's, there, there's definitely a strong feeling of that. It's probably going to get, you know, only stronger as we, as we go through. But, um, mm-hmm. I have to say like, there's, yeah, there's, there's some patterns emerging here that I'm starting to kind of see that maybe give me a hint about, um, you know, where the show's going. Really? Um, there's patterns. I see some patterns. Patterns, you say? <laughs> I see some patterns. Right. I mean, uh, they're not like super helpful, but I guess like yeah. When what? I when I think back to like just for example, like a simple example, this this Nadine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we first see her uh, watching uh, the Doctor Damp, Doctor Jacoby, you know, ranting podcast show thing. Yeah, and you know, we see her watching it again, and then we even see. Uh, a scene where Dr. Jacoby shows up and um, and and like I guess you gradually kind of get the idea that uh, you know she's invested a lot in this show like she's mm-hmm. she's displaying this shovel and she she really I guess like takes to heart like somehow like uh, what he's saying and and even like it's weird because like it's it's seemingly a pseudo like political show but she's mm-hmm. sort of taking it as like like self help like guidance yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like shoveling sho- shoveling yourself out of the shit isn't isn't necessarily like um, you know uh, opening your eyes to the corruption of the government or 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 what have you or um, uh, you know maybe uh, you know resisting their efforts to you know. Uh, poison us in various ways or you know the various things he rants about but but really like mm-hmm. dealing with your own personal problems i guess mm-hmm. um so anyway i guess like you know because like the 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 outcome of that is this this big moment in this episode where she like marches up to to ed with you know with the shovel and and announces that you know what uh y- you know you should go be with norma like what have i done um mm-hmm. 
you know, I've changed my, my ways and so on. It's, so it just, it just started to make me think about some, some other plot lines that have kind of had a similar structure, I guess. So one I have in mind is Jerry Horn, um, where, you know, where we sort of see him in these little moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, uh, I, I guess, I guess my takeaway from this uh, what what I'm trying to say that might be some kind of pattern is that uh, like it's building up to something like there's going to be mm-hmm. some there's going to be some moment that's a consequence of, of oh the... I thought I thought you were like we're done with Jerry Horn did he I left say the that woods. you're like sh- oh he left the woods we're done with him <laughs> we're done with that story and I was like I don't think so nothing yeah. happened yet. Yeah, I think I think we have to have I now I think we have to have a moment there. Yeah, we that's what I said before because we have to have some some realization that he has about what he went through and he's got like he's got to tell Ben or somebody. Yeah. Like what what the hell that the point of all that stuff was, but um yeah. but that's a good idea though to sort of parallel that with uh, Nadine's thing since they were both sort of watching uh, presented the same way yeah. and this these sort of short scenes of them sort of watching dr amp and yeah uh but i guess the question with jerry is i mean with nadine we know that she was you know because they told us about her shovel uh that she displays it at her store Mm -hmm. like we know she's sort of drinking the kool-aid there and bought into it um with jerry like we saw him watch dr amp and then he went on his own adventure yeah you know And, and so i guess maybe if anything you know if he has this crazy drug trip like is his is his shoveling himself out of this shit like like going sober or something mm-hmm. like he decides like his his wayward ways or are, are, should be a thing of the past or something like yeah. that. like what's his turning over a new leaf or what's his um you know you know giving someone uh that he loves what they want or something or you know is it is it he you know what i mean like what yeah. does he decide to grow up you know, uh, I, I, that's the only real thing with Jerry, I guess, is his immaturity or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a tough one. I guess, like, the, you know, well, we didn't even know. It wasn't even clear, really, um, uh, that um, Ed and Nadine were still married to me until... Um, uh, until this i guess like there was the the wedding ring stuff but Mm -hmm. you know like there weren't any specific scenes that spelled that out yeah Um, and it's weird because it's like the show is like well were there scenes that said they weren't together (laughs) Hmm, i guess not (laughs) why did you think anything changed in 25 years right right people don't change And I guess, um, you know, for contrast, they did have a scene that spelled out that um, uh, Shelly and, and Bobby aren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I guess the idea would be, like, if they wanted them not to be together, they'll, you know, probably make that clear somehow. Yeah, and um, they made it clear, you know, more recently, but uh, that, you know, Norma was with uh, Walter. Right, right. Which I, which I can't wait to talk about what exactly is <laughs> happening there, because I'm still confused. I'm confused, too, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, that's the that's the most uh, straightforward part, I think, of this whole um, of this whole part. And uh, yeah, that, that I don't quite understand that either. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's like not what I thought it was. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, ah, I'm just like, well, okay, if you say so. Yeah. It's I, like, I, I don't even I, know what happened. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's like, what, this is a simple scene. I don't understand. Why is it baffling? Yeah, Walter's been in like two scenes, and I have no idea what's happening with him. Like, yeah. I, I, what, I guess how it came off to me was this idea that, um, that, that you know, sort of Walter is her business partner, and he wants them to be more than just friends or business partners, and has sort of been like you know romancing mm-hmm. Norma, mm-hmm. and I guess she's been maybe going along with it to a degree, yeah. but she's not really bought in, right? And, and it was sort of this like muddling of the two worlds, I guess, business and pleasure or something, yeah. and so she. Um, now it's interesting. She she had already asked you know Walter to come there before Big Ed shows up and says he's free. Exactly. So it seems like she had already planned to back out of the other businesses. You would think so. I, I think that's why. Yeah. yeah if she decided it. like that quickly to do it, mm-hmm. that would be crazy. Yeah, and there'd be you know we didn't really get a sense that she was gonna be like okay I'm all in. Let's name them all Norma's place and mm-hmm. we'll we'll double down on this and we'll expand. Because I have nothing else, right? You know, and then and then she then Ed comes in and she changes her mind. Like another a regular show would have would have done that, um, and it would have shown she she had this big sacrifice for Ed, mm-hmm. and then she you know, but but you know they kind of undercut that with this sort of um, confusion about her motivations and what's happening, and then you know he Walter walks in, he's like, "You get my flowers," so he's you know he's already making it personal, yeah. And they are they're reinforcing that idea that there's this sort of uh, romantic relationship here, and then she cuts it off, business wise, and there's no question about their romantic entanglement anymore. There's no like, okay, yeah. but are we still a couple, mm-hmm. or I'll see you at home, or yeah. let's go to dinner later. We'll talk about it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, these things are connected in this. Yeah, way. that means it's and over. It, yeah, that means I don't want to see you again in, yeah. any, in any respect. And it reminds me of. You know, the only thing I can really connect it to is is uh, Gordon Cole's stuff, you know, with his sort of plot line or sort of the secondary plot line being about his, you know, the the um, the, the 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 sort of line between professionalism and, mm-hmm. and personal yeah. with the people with the hot women he works with or encounters right. or something. You know, it's a similar type of thing there. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, and I don't know what they're saying with that. But uh, but it seems like a similar kind of thing of uh, mixing mixing the two yeah. worlds. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's all they're saying. Maybe maybe mixing worlds is like a theme here because you know that's what's happening with with Mister C and the Woodsman and and all this stuff is you know there's a lot of world Nido coming to Twin Peaks and there's mm-hmm. a lot of world mixing. So maybe that's yeah. the big theme there. So that I guess that would mean that. It's just a coincidence that she was planning to call it off as far as the franchises um, and and basically end her relationship, business or otherwise, with Walter at that point anyway. And it just so happened that Ed walked in at that moment. Well, Um, you know, you know what the French say. uh, Coincidence is just another word for fate. (laughs) Is that what the, the French fr- say? Don't the French say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something they would say. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so, you know, that's my answer there. Coincidence, fate, you know, um, one of the two. 
<laughs> if they're different. Both. Yeah, right, right, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um it uh I guess we'll get into I was gonna say something else about that scene, but um Yeah, yeah a no, lot of we've, we've, lot of uh crazy stuff. Obviously we gotta talk about Steven and, and um Oh boy Gersten. Gertrude Gersten. Gersten. He's Thurston for Gersten. Thurston Gersten. <laughs> Burston Furston. <laughs> and then there's everyone's favorite new character, uh Bosomy Lady. <laughs> Um, so bosomy. Is, is it bosomy lady or woman? Bosomy woman. Oh, woman. That's Sorry, she's not a lady. Yeah, no, um, she has no formal title at this time. Yeah, if you didn't uh, look at the credits and then look up this actress, uh, the character we're talking about is the one at the motel who opens the door for Mister C. Um, clearly bosomy, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's her most defining characteristic. Not the backwards talking. No. That's incidental. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned before we started recording that you think this place is um, the Flying Dutchman. Yes. Uh, this this motel place, uh, which I think it's a good deduction. Um, why it's flying? Why it's Dutchman? Any clue there? Does that? Does I, that I don't remember anything, anything about it flying. <laughs> Just for the record, mm-hmm. where, where where are you getting? I, I don't remember anyone saying flying. Did oh, they, sorry. sorry. I think it's just the Dutchman's. Oh, I thought it was the flying I thought you, just, you were just embellishing a little. I, I don't think they actually said that. Oh, uh, what's the flying Dutchman? I, I don't think I made that up. Yeah, that sounds like a thing. Uh, and, and they might even be referencing it. Uh, what, oh, part, that's, what part was that uh, when Pirates that of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's it's a ghost ship. Um, okay, yeah, that okay, must be what sorry. <laughs> so on the show, they just called it the Dutchman. The Dutchman's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like, he's at the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> that would make sense in a way, somehow. Yeah, right? Yeah, I guess maybe that's what I'm putting together. Like, the, the ghost ship, the yeah. supernatural thing with, uh, with uh, this, the whole Dutchman. Okay, sorry, yeah. got confused there. Uh, yeah, so I have yeah. no idea why it's the Dutchman's. Um, that's not clear at all. But, mm-hmm. you know, Ray was like, it's not a real place. And uh, and then he shoots him and he's like, I know what it is. So just the 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 way it's gone makes it seem like that's where he's uh, heading mm-hmm. here. And, mm-hmm. and maybe he knows that you can get there by going to the convenience store. You know, that the, the woodsman can lead you there. Yeah, he he clearly knows that, and it's like, why does he know that? Why no are they idea. helping him? Well, you know, it, it makes hey. it seem like this. So the place that, so the convenience store. Okay, so let's start at the top, right? So my crackpot theory when we saw part eight and we saw the convenience store for the first time was that you know Philip Jeffrey saying we were above the convenience store. I was like, well, there's stairs on the side. Yeah. Now there's there's clearly no second floor there, yeah. but maybe you just maybe it's somehow there. So that turned out to be right. That was it. <laughs> yep. Hundred um, percent. And and one of the things I really like about this this sort of reveal, uh, connecting that you know, it, it, it is the idea that like uh, is a sort of the sanctity of of dialogue or something. I guess I'd call it like the idea that like 
if, if if Philip Jeffrey says we were above the convenience store, damn it, we were above the convenience store. <laughs> like that actually happened, and like just because it's you know it was in the old series doesn't mean they're going to like fudge it or change it or like make it make more sense or have it be easier. It's like, no, we'll just make it work with what we said. Right. And so I really, really, really appreciated that. Um, like, you know, that, that, you know, connecting, connecting above the convenience store with this convenience store and, 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 and that supernatural way. I, I really appreciate them doing that. Yeah. And, and making that be true, especially, you know, because they're, Focusing so much on this Philip Jeffries stuff uh, oh, from uh, Fire Walk with Me. Oh man, yeah, uh, that that was a realization I had. You know, I, I I have heard that there were plans, or at least like vague plans, to uh, make a follow-up movie to Fire Walk with Me way back when, and it would it would pick up, you know, after the series ended. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like in a sense, like that's what we're getting now. Just a oh, kind yeah. of 25 years later, they had time to think. And, you know, obviously they had to change the story to some extent because of those reasons. But I do feel like this is some kind of idea of like what 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 that would have been. Not really mm-hmm. a season three of the original show, but a follow up to Firewalk with me. Yeah, because I think uh, when I think about the. Uh, crazy mythological elements from uh, the new series, it does seem like they largely come from Fire Walk With Me. You know, that's like a lot of those things are um, obviously some of them were introduced in the original series, but a lot of these key elements were uh, just Fire Walk With Me things like uh, Philip Jeffries for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, uh, you know, I hesitate to ever say now, like, cause I was so sure last time when they showed that in, in Gordon's dream, they showed the Philip Jeffrey scene and they cut out the part where he says, we're not going to talk about Judy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess they're just not going to address that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to this part, and I'm like, that's all they talk about, practically. It's so all about Judy now. I was like, like holy shit, Judy's yeah. a big thing, apparently. Judy's huge. And that's a, that's what's really mind-blowing, right? I mean, all this time, you're, you know, you're just, you just have the first two seasons of Twin Peaks. You just have Firewalk with me. You know, you get to this crazy stuff with David Bowie and being Philip Jeffries, and he's like, I'm not going to talk about Judy. And it's like, no one even brought her up, dude. Yeah. And we're not even talking about her now. And 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 all the speculation of like who yeah. that character is and what was happening, Philip Jeffries, and he was gone the for monkey. two years and, and the and don't even get me started with the monkey <laughs> saying Judy. And then like to come to not only come back to that with Philip Jeffries, but to but to be like, we're going to investigate Judy. We're going yeah. to really have the and actually have it be a question. Who is Judy? Like yeah. I mean that's 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 beyond you know, Norm and Ed getting together or something or yeah. like these sort of other like loose ends that we, we sort of would want to have closed off. Like it's, 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 it's so big. It's so, I mean, I, I you know, in terms of like the smallest detail within the original stuff yeah, be, being, being so prominently focused, I feel like it's the biggest thing like that. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I had no, uh, I had no belief going into this that they would address Judy specifically because it's mm-hmm. really if you watch Fire Walk with Me, I mean it's a blip, like it's not like a major focus at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, so you know, you you would never think, but but I it did get me thinking that you know part of that was like a kind of a setup for a follow up that just never happened. And, and, you know, that they're finally doing it now. Yeah. Um, that's, what, like, that's like them talking about Teresa Banks before we get to Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, but, but the one thing I, I'm, I'm still sort of ambivalent about, and hey, you know, since they've done this, the, the you know, <laughs> at this point, like, I don't feel confident saying they won't address anything, really. Because, like, if they can have a whole mm-hmm. conversation about, what did you mean when you said, we're not going to talk about Judy? Yeah, that one time <laughs> I saw you 25 years ago, what did you mean about that? <laughs> and, like, that's huge to be able to, to just ask that question to that tea kettle that was yes. just Philip Oh, my God. Yeah, to- totally. You totally called it. Um, that the reason why they used a, a dub voice um, on top of David Bowie um, when we saw Philip Jeffries is because that's who was going to be the voice um, when they actually showed Philip Jeffries, which we, mm-hmm. of course, both of us <laughs> did not guess that he would be a tea kettle. But, you know, uh, <laughs> we did at least, I think, have the idea that, like, maybe he would be transformed in some way. Um, yeah. Sort of yeah. an evolution of the arm type thing. And that's definitely what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to have the character and they, and they have him even do like a version of the weird accent that he has. They still have him be sort of halfway Southern. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Which I always thought was straight. Like you cast David Bowie and then you have him do a Southern accent. Like, okay, mm-hmm. why not? I guess Andrew Lincoln can do it. You know, why not? But it's, <laughs> it's just like, it's very odd. And yeah, that's like, that's just a part of his character. Like, okay, you know, and they even in the Judy thing, they, they use that, that voice again. So it just kind of makes the whole thing seem, um, seem more consistent since they didn't have access to David Bowie, even though they still use the, the footage, you know, and it, it sort of, it sort of makes it feel like it really is following that up, even though obviously they were, um, you know, uh, not able to do the most obvious thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, uh, it, it it's the kind of thing where, you know, because of the kind of story it is and the world they're portraying, it, it's it's not, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think we're going to get a, a clear explanation, but, you know, having having Philip Jeffries be a tea kettle is, like, not <laughs> even, I don't know, oh like, I, I don't really call bullshit on that. It's like, well, okay, I mean, hey, he spent all this time in this in this yeah. place, seemingly, and that's just what he is now. Like, well, and, and of course the question is, is he the tea kettle? Is he in the tea kettle? Is he, is he the smoke the tea from the tea Yeah, it, exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it's really sort of up in the air. Definitely. And, and he was so weird, of course. You know, so you, you kind of don't, you kind of don't get a character like this who sort of knows a lot and is sort of off screen most of the time. And when you finally get to them, they usually are fairly cryptic, you know, yeah. even, even if we do get a character asking them like d- very good direct questions. Yeah. Like he, he was very cryptic and not so really cryptic. frustratingly quite... cryptic. We're gonna have to go line by line with this fucker. <laughs> We're so going to go line by line and, and still not be sure what he's saying. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 Uh, but that was, you know, again, just classic great Lynch um, visuals. And, you know, yeah. this the tea kettle thing is very similar to the dome objects in um, the fireman's place. I thought the same thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. So that calls into question, you know, and we did see... You know, when we first saw the the, the fireman in, in the in the nineteen thirties place or whatever, twenties place, whatever it yeah. is, um, you know, with with Senorita Dido sitting there and the alarm going off, he sort of appears behind this thing. Yeah. So you know, it does call the question: Are these you know tr- um, transportation devices? Mm-hmm. Are they communication devices? You know, are do they actually represent real beings? Are they sort of um, you know? Um, a higher form of, of consciousness and that uh, takes the form of this sort of mechanical object, you know, yeah, it's, it's all, uh, it's, it's all open for interpretation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, we may, we may never know. Um, <laughs> some of these things are, uh, mm-hmm. hard to, hard to say, but, um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the possibilities are I guess unlike with um, I guess calling it evolution of the arm kind of implies that he transformed into that thing, mm-hmm. and here I mean it's weird it's a little weird to I mean I don't know maybe it's going too far it's a little weird to me that Evil Cooper that Mister C doesn't doesn't actually acknowledge that Jeffrey's <laughs> speaking to him through a tea kettle I mean he just yeah. talks to him like he's a normal person in, in a he way. Doesn't... I mean, that's that's him in general, though. He doesn't really react to some other things that it's, you know, it's him like he should react. I mean, all the convenience store stuff he seems yeah. to expect anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he's not seemingly surprised. You know, you, you would expect to get a line like, wow, Philip, you've really changed mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, know, that or, would be the normal thing. You know, he doesn't you're not even acknowledge like it. Like, you're not looking like your old self or something. You yeah. Know? He, does, he doesn't acknowledge it. He seemed to expect it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it really even calls into question. I mean, we're already, right? We're like four levels into a supernatural world, right? Because yeah. you got the convenience store he goes into. Yeah. And then you got the, the, the woodsman at the machine does something. With the painting on the wall, wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. Wallpaper from Firewalk with me yeah. painting. Um, which I want to talk about what that yeah. really means, uh, yeah. and then you got then they cross this long hallway, which sort of trans transitions through space time. Yeah, like the woods are transposed on top, which is yeah. strange. Then they go upstairs from that place. Were the stairs and Gordon stairs? I, have I think those. Kinda I think like those it. were Gordon stairs. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they're definitely stairs in that place. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's number four. Then they go so they go upstairs, and then we then they end up in the in the sort of parking or courtyard of the, the Dutchman. I almost said right. flying Dutchman <laughs> uh, of the Dutchman, right? So the, so now right. we're in like the fifth level of supernatural place. Yeah. Then he goes into a, a locked room. Why the room is locked, I don't know. Why yeah. she has to key? I guess she owns the place or works there or something. <laughs> okay, so now we're at number yeah. six. He goes into the room. Yeah. And then it's not like he's just in the room. Of course he's he behind isn't. an invisible wall yeah. that has to like fade in and out. Right. So so that's like eight levels deep. And then right. when the wall fades away, he's a damn tea kettle. Right. So you know, that's nine levels of strangeness. So it's really crazy, um, you know, to to, to to sort of present uh, Philip Jeffries this way. And, yeah. and is, he, is, is this what he wants? Is he happy? Is he stuck? Is he 
does he need to be rescued? Is he, you know what I mean? Like, right. what's the state of mind of Philip Jeffries? I have no fucking clue. It's so unclear. I don't, oh God. So, you know, we're going to have to, I mean, this is a whole thing when we get into this scene, but I mean, I had this running, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, this idea that, you know, someone out there is pretending to be Philip Jeffries and like, that's how mm-hmm. they will uh, deal with the fact that they don't have David Bowie. And it seems mm-hmm. that, it seems as though that is still true <laughs> to some mm-hmm. degree. And yet, and yet still we have the real Philip Jeffries in the mix as well. It's a both and. It's um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a both it's a not that both and it's 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 we don't have this imposter because they can't show Philip Jeffries. Like right. that's not true. They can yeah. show Philip Jeffries. We have but we seem to yeah, I do agree that it, it from the conversation and from the fact that he's a tea kettle, I feel like he's not doing that much uh on the story we're watching. Like he's not really involved in these like plot lines here. The extent so. to which he's involved is a is a major issue that <laughs> we have mm-hmm. to go over because the lines are impenetrable to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so even though, like you said, simple direct questions, and in a way, simple direct answers, but mm-hmm. uh, yet it doesn't help. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, so yeah, we 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 do have Philip Jeffries. He is uh, he is playing some kind of transitory role in the story and, you know, possibly something larger, but I agree it's not clear what he wants. It's not yeah. really clear what his status is. It's not clear. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's weird so, to meet him and then still be kind of more or less as clueless as we were before. Yeah. I want to bring up, I want to bring up a question that, that, that illustrates how it's tough to, to talk about shows like this and have theories that, that are within the realm of possibility. Because the question you could ask is, how do we know this is really Philip Jeffries? Oh, yeah, well. You know, and and I feel like we both, you know, the way we watch this show, we both accept that this is Philip Jeffries and we don't need to question that. But but just the fact that you can question if that's that's even (laughs) if that's even him, you know, Um, or maybe this is the imposter. Maybe this is the the person who was imposing uh, imposing. Posing as Philip, J- you know what oh, I mean. God. So I just wanted to bring that up as as sort of where the line is yeah. with how we're talking about this. That this is something that uh, yeah we accept that this is this is the actual Philip Jeffries, not yeah. poster. It's it's it seems it seems believable, and I guess I guess uh, the, you know the the main reason why I would think that it's not the imposter is that um, the voice is different. You know, if you if you listen to the voice that he talks to mm-hmm. on the phone. Five days ago, by the way. Five days ago? Wow. Are you shitting me? Wow. <laughs> that was five days ago? Well, I think he's... What a, five not days? That, not that this helps, but I think he's a, at least a day behind or two. Okay. From other other parts of the story, because we do see him text Las Vegas. Oh, right, right. Which, yeah, he's behind which, uh, Gordon and, yeah, FBI yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're right. That does establish that aspect. So it helps a little bit. Yeah. But, it's still a very quick five days. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a very you know busy five days. Yeah, yeah. From from Buckhorn to the to the prison to um, you know uh, the 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 Ray confrontation to um, uh, you know the farm to mm-hmm. this like it's just like it's every day is just some crazy thing happening. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, the, my point is the, the voice we hear on that, uh, doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the accent. It just doesn't sound like this guy. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes me think this isn't, th- that this is a different character. And then if we go so far as to say it's not that guy, then I think it's, it's gotta be the real Philip Jeffries. But I do take the, the kind of Lindelof point that we don't really know. I mean, there's no way to really know here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just have to believe it because you know at a certain point it's like i i have enough to worry about and i can't deal with i can't deal with the possibility that it's not him listen if i i don't want to watch a show where tea kettles can lie you know i just i have to i have to draw the line there my tea kettles my talking tea kettles need to be truthful exactly exactly and and i guess uh my my meta uh proof would be that uh the credits credit him as voice of philip jeffries yeah that that helps so yeah that's i mean that makes it seem like you know he but of course the uh, credits are their own problem <laughs> well in in you know. in the in the five days ago when the when the when the guy called uh cooper did they credit that voice as anything that's a good question i feel like i need to look that up uh because i was just thinking about that and i don't remember uh was that would that be part one part one or two yeah, I can't. I can't remember if it was part one or part two. Um, I want to say part one, but I really, I really don't know. But yeah, let's see. The Wikia page is really good for uh, having the credits, so you don't have to actually like pull up the episode every time. Oh, nice. Um, that's what I started using. Let's see. Let's see if we can find any. I feel like I looked for this and there wasn't anything. But let's see. Yeah, here. I feel like there wasn't a thing. Um, let's see if I can find anything about this. Um. Yeah. Oh man, these old days. I don't even know Officer Douglas. I don't. I don't remember who that is. Uh, I guess it's just someone in Buckhorn, maybe. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, I don't see any credit that could be that character. Yeah. 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 And even in the uncredited, although I'm looking at part one, maybe it's not part one. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at part two. I don't see anything. Okay, now that in part two, let's see. I just I want to see if that's actually when it happens. No, it do, it does look like, it does look like it's going to be part two. Yeah, it's part two. Uh, and you don't see anything. To, what about the uncredited? Anybody get uncredited? Uh, Unknown performer oh. as Philip Jeffries. Quote unquote yeah. Philip Jeffries. Philip Jeffries yeah. in quote, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, that was not credited. Of course. Thanks, credits. You help mm-hmm. too much and then you don't help. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so you know, the big question with this scene is who is Judy? Um Yeah. That's you know, Judy one. Judy is someone he's met before. Yep. Uh, which is which is crazy, and I guess the, the you know there's a there's a confusion here uh, when he says, of course there when is. He sa- <laughs> God <laughs> of course damn it! When he says, "So you are Cooper?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, Weird which calls moment. into question a lot of things. So the many idea things. that that he even that he even was questioning if he was Cooper. Yeah. Uh, that he even might know that there's two Coopers. Um, yeah. And, and the idea that he has settled on the idea that he is. I guess he's meaning the real Cooper, as in the old Good Dale. Seemingly. Now the question, and he's just now, wrong. why this is confusing is now, yeah, a he's wrong, 
but but it seems like you know he has you know this is sort of proof that he has uh, the Mr. C has good Cooper's memories. Yes. So that was the like, Phil Jeffries you know, thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so the quite you know so this gets muddled when he says you know uh, you've already met Judy because yeah. it's did the good Cooper meet Judy and Mister C has not met Judy oh, which is definitely possible if he thinks yeah. he's the real Cooper that's what should be true well uh, and, and, and here's the thing it almost doesn't matter in a way if Mister C has all of good Cooper's memories true. unless good Cooper met this person after. The split. That's the key. That's okay. the key. It depends on what, when we're talking about in the timeline mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. this happened. Because, yeah, if it's before the doppelganger even came out, then there's no issue. It's just the original Cooper. But that it fucks it up because if it was just doppelganger, it would be a lot easier to try to figure out who it is. Because, like, he, mm-hmm. at least on screen, he hasn't met that many people. But yeah. as soon as you throw in... You know, as soon as you throw in Cooper, it's like, well, fuck, now it can be anybody. You're welcome. <laughs> so my my theory is, I, I'm going to go with a theory I know a lot of people are thinking out there, which is that Judy is Nido. Nido, right. Yeah, and, very plausible. We, we know good Cooper met Nido in the Purple mm-hmm. Place. So I, I, that's what I'm thinking is, is what's going on there. We do know that, you know, going back to the original idea from Twin Peaks was Judy was supposed to be Josie's sister. Right, right. Josie's Asian. Yeah. Uh, Nido is Asian. Yeah. So ipso facto, uh, Nida was Judy. I think that's the best. <laughs> oh, and uh, the monkey connection, too. Sure. Her, her sounds yeah. are vaguely monkey So, yeah, Nido makes these sort of monkey sounds. There was the monkey in Fire Walk With Me that said Judy, yeah. uh, sort of in Philip Jeffrey's voice, sort yeah. of, I guess. That's a controversy. I've seen a lot yeah. of, I've seen a lot of Twitter uh, fretting about, uh, like, because apparently on some versions of the movie, when you watch the closed captions, it says Philip Jeffrey's voice, and on some it doesn't. So mm-hmm. it's like, ah, uh, captions well, are a killer. It, whose voice should it be if not his, right? I it's mean, logical. He's the and only yet, one who's connected to Judy right. at all. And yet. So. <laughs> no, and yet, that's it. And yet. No, no, it's just it's it's just it's weird. Uh, but at the same time, I guess you know you had that thing about Phil Jeffries being the monkey, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that we don't see him. Uh, you know, the the monkey is also, or at least a monkey. I can't verify that it's the same monkey. Is connected to the grandson when he takes off his mask. Um, so yeah. you know, I mean, I always thought the possibility was there that it was it was the grandson or something, and it's it's some um, it's some kind of hint about like Judy's connection with the Black Lodge or something. Like, I guess I didn't think it had to be, but I agree that that is the most logical thing. And it's so quiet though; it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I I kind of feel like the fact that we see Philip Jeffries in this part here as a tea kettle. Um, you know, it, 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 it sort of lends itself to my crackpot theory that, that Philip Jeffries was the monkey in Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. The idea that he's been transforming, yeah. uh, you know, kind of still fits. I agree. I agree. It's pretty plausible you know, at this point. Now, why, you know... Now, Which it, sounds it, ridiculous, if, Now, if Judy was the monkey, why would she be saying her own name sort of in a question would be strange. Right. But, well, see, I don't necessarily think Judy was the monkey, but maybe maybe they were both monkeys. <laughs> oh, no, you made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
or or maybe she i mean i guess there's a question of like when that happened the the eye when the eye thing happened like when did her eyes get like covered up um whatever mm-hmm. that is going on and uh you know when did she start uh speaking with the monkey sounds you know but i guess yeah like if philip jeffries can you know transform into a monkey then you know it it seems like there there might be a connection there with whatever happened to Ju- if 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 nido really is judy there might be a connection with whatever happened to judy you know when she maybe uh maybe went in the black lodge i she had the ring i think at least according to the the extra stuff uh so you know maybe the ring took her there um <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. And that would make sense if somehow she found the ring in it and uh, or maybe she was maybe she was supposed to be a victim like all the other women right. who find the ring and, right. and and she you know she was taken to the Black Lodge and, and went through some sort of crazy adventure. We do know you can get to the purple place through the Black Lodge. Right, right. Sort of how Cooper got there in a way. Yeah. Um and the I but the idea that, you know, I mean it really calls into question her whole character, right? I mean I think it's safe to say when we saw her in what was it part three um where um you know cooper is in the purple place and uh and she she takes him up to the top of the metal box and flips the switch and she gets electrocuted and and falls off of that thing like i think it's safe to say we thought that was the end for that character yeah oh 100 and the idea that she like sort of in a way just falls to the future or something Mm -hmm. Is really crazy, you know. This is not real telling how long she's been in the woods there, but it seems like very recently she got there. Yeah. Um. But and 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 I didn't really catch that that she's naked. I didn't remember that she wasn't naked when she flew off of the thing. Um, Yeah. And it reminds me of you know Cooper losing his shoes, so somehow she (laughs) lost her her clothes. Right. Uh. It's just you just lose an article of clothing when you Mm -hmm. when you transmute. Uh, time and space right uh, um so but yeah yeah we'll talk more about that because uh the whole nido thing is uh seems to be huge i mean it seems yeah. to be bigger than i ever thought it would be you know Way connected bigger. back to the philip jeffrey stuff like bigger than you know the judy thing bigger yeah. than i ever thought it would be and and the idea that like that mattered you know like yeah. like that whole thing from fire up that little one phrase about Judy or whatever. Like, I can't believe that, 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 that was sort of in, in, you know, at some point in their minds thinking about this story, that that was, uh, that was a big, that was a big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of all the little details to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and sorry. Okay. I also want to bring that to, uh, to Josie and the idea that mm-hmm. they have been, you know, hearing sounds of yeah. the Great Northern. We know yeah. last we saw Josie, she was trapped in the wood. Yeah. So this idea that it, that if Nido, you know, Nido is in Twin Peaks, the idea that Nido could be Judy. Yeah. You know, that could be her sister. Um. You know, and this idea that you know people want Nido. Uh. So the idea that like you know, uh, Josie's there and sort of trapped, and also you know with with um the log lady dying too. And the log lady saying, you know, her log is turning gold, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is like a beautiful sentiment. I, I thought that was like 
strangely poetic <laughs> of like this, you know, this entity of this log all this time, you know, having these cryptic phrases and, and communicating and like her, her, you know, the spirit of her lost husband and like she's dying and now her log is transforming into gold. Mm-hmm. I just thought it's like, wow, that's so beautiful. <laughs> how, <laughs> yeah. how interesting of that, that idea of it, you know, it's like, it's not like her log is just got to be there, you know, rotting or something, you right. know, but like, it's transcending as she's transcending right. to the next thing, you know? Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, I was just going to throw in, like, my weekly, um, you know, Annie uh, musings. Um, because, like, I, I continue to... Like, we got so, a line. We got like, a line here. The, well, did we? Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what you're going to say. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, uh, I was saying that, you know, after being so sure that they weren't going to mention Judy, they, they come back and like address it really head on, even though we don't get answers. The idea does seem to be that we will get answers in some form at some point, um, Mm -hmm. in the next three parts. But, um, you know, I continue to have this like lingering doubt about Annie and, and how much they're going to, uh, address her in the story. Um, and and I guess that's where, you know, I've kind of retreated to the, well, you know, it's mostly Fire Walk With Me stuff. And, and they did uh, address the Annie stuff from Fire Walk With Me, which is the, uh, you know, the message to Laura that she writes in her diary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the whole outcome, I guess, from the from the original series, um, I, I guess I, I, I've been having my doubts and I, I can't... Uh, <laughs> I can't be that sure of myself anymore. Uh, it does seem like it's possible they'll they'll you know somehow uh, uh, mm-hmm. reveal that or, or go to that place at the end. And so you're no longer being skeptical. I'm <laughs> not completely. Yeah, I guess less than I used to be because the Judy thing was just I was like, I was so caught off guard by that. I was so sure. I was so sure that's why they cut that. They cut it because they don't want to address it. No, that's not why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the no, point they, of that they, scene was a different thing. They cut it so they could focus on it later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, which is just so not what I was expecting. So mm-hmm. uh, is the is it is it Norma's line? Is that what you had in mind? So, yeah, Walter says that Norma told him that she didn't have any family. Yeah. So I think if anything on the show so far, that's the biggest hint that Annie is erased from history. Now, right. Now, I, you know, the fact that, you know, we had they had referenced Danny, you know, via Laura's diary uh, makes me think that maybe Annie's dead. Right. Or or is otherwise estranged from uh, Norman. That that's really what you mean. She doesn't have any family close by, perhaps. But I do think going back to what you're saying of them, you know, of sort of, you know, not being uh, so sure they won't bring Annie back up anymore. Uh, I, I think it could be the kind of thing where when Cooper returns to his former glory that he asks about her and, uh, you know, someone, maybe Norma or someone who would know about what happened to her. I, I don't think the show can end really without Cooper asking about Annie. I feel like, yeah. they, you know, they have they have shown that the details matter. You know, like I was saying before, like right. the details of the previous series and and Firewalk with Me do really matter now. 
And I think that was a huge detail was the end of season two, um, the finale. So I do I do I do feel like there's no way they're going to end this without Cooper at least asking about her, whether she's dead or, you know, she died in an accident or she died in the hospital. She never recovered or whatever it is. I do think they're going to have to um, address Annie in some way. I don't think they can get away with like no one asking about her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I hope that's true. I could definitely live with like a couple of lines like that. I just I I kind of wish they had. I feel like they could have come already, but maybe you're right that they're saving them for when Cooper comes back, mm-hmm. and that if they already talked about it, like it would kind of spoil things um, for Cooper to be the one to ask about it. Who you know, it's it's generally more personal to Cooper. Now maybe maybe what they've done is. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess if she died, then, then it would make sense that, that she says she, uh, doesn't have any family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as she started talking about family, I was like, oh shit, a line about Norma's family? What? I know, I know. And it, and I wonder if it's a, if it's a red herring, they're trying to throw us off the track. I mean, it's such a small detail for us keeping Annie, you know, the Annie watchers or whatever. Yeah. Like that's not most of the audience concerned about Annie. <laughs> Right. But, but but maybe that's a line that's supposed to throw us off a bit and go, oh, OK, I guess Annie isn't around or alive. And and um, and maybe Norma was just saying that it wasn't really true. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, I could totally see Heather Graham coming back for a cameo, mm-hmm. you know, especially if Cooper comes back and and if there's any sort of sense of the people, you know, missing him or or, you know, understanding that the last Cooper they saw wasn't really him or something. I could see, you know, Norma calling calling Annie and saying you got to come to Twin Peaks or something mm-hmm. like that, and, and she shows up. I don't yeah. know. I picture I picture a big scene at the Double R by the you know the I guess that's my hope for any show. Right. <laughs> is is characters just hang out and talk about all their adventures? Right, right. Um, which rarely happens, but when it does happen, it's it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's the kind of reunion I'm I'm picturing is everyone gets coffee and pie at the the only Norma's in town. You <laughs> the know, one like, true, the, the one true Norma's. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, that whole thing about her not doing the business thing. Um, I don't know. I think that 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 also has something to do with um, sort of um, the idea of moving on. You know, because Nadine has moved on, but yeah, that's the idea of, of for Norma moving on is staying put or something. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, uh, you want to get into the uh, episode and 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 talk about all this stuff again <laughs> in further detail. In greater detail, yeah, I think that's what we should do. Sounds good. All right, let's do it. All right. Okay, so uh, in the first scene, we have Nadine walking down a road, carrying her Dr. Amp shovel, and she eventually arrives at Big Ed's gas farm, and she uh, walks up to Big Ed and tells him that he is free to go be with Norma. She's been, she's been selfish, and... Uh, uh, now, finally, because, uh, seemingly because of, uh, listening to Dr. Amp, she's shoveling her way out of the shit and, and decided <laughs> that, uh, she should let him go be happy. 
and um you know ed is skeptical about it but uh, you know she is very persistent uh, that she had plenty of time to think about it and um so i guess uh you know eventually he more or less buys it and she uh, walks away and that's the first bit here wow huge 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 um and you know we kind of mentioned this before but you know there wasn't a big setup to this right like there wasn't this idea that you know now okay we did see i guess the last time we saw ed was the the end of the other episode where he's at the gas farm and he's real depressed yeah yeah (laughs) so i guess that tells you he's not with norma and everything's happy right um but besides that, there wasn't a big setup here. You know, there wasn't a big, you know, Ed, will they, won't they? There's really was only two, you know, him at the diner uh, when Walter comes in that first time. Right. And then, and then the scene with him at the gas farm where he's just by himself depressed. Like, that's really the only setup we have here to this huge, huge, huge character moment. Um, yeah. And one of the big storylines from the original show. Um you know, coming to fruition here. I mean, tw- I mean, Ed spent 25 more years with this woman. <laughs> 25 more yeah. years because of his uh, sense of honor and duty and his commitment to his vows and vows, <laughs> not vowels. <laughs> A-E-I-O, choose you, Nadine. Um <laughs> Um, and you know, and it, and it, it, I mean, it, he's got this sort of old talk about old school, you know, old school sort of integrity here, and where he's uh, he's a sort of martyr to his own, um, you know, sense of honor, where he would just spend the rest of his life unhappy if he thought that was the right thing to do, you know. So he's just this kind of like character who's just like sort of all good i mean he's like a old school like cowboy or something or like yeah. uh you know like a um like a james dean not that james dean sorry uh jimmy stewart type um you know where he's just uh yeah almost like classic hollywood or something you know this this type of character um so it's yeah it's yeah. huge and then on nadine's part like not only does she you know it, it, does ed get to go free or whatever but she apologizes for basically their entire relationship. Yeah. Um, the 25 plus years, you know, because I guess, uh, you know, they were together since high school. I think they had already been married for something like 20 years when the original yeah, series started. Yeah, because I was trying to think of how long yeah, Norma had been at the diner. It was quite a yeah. while already. I think they, they said 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, 45. Yeah. With yeah. And I and I, I do love that idea that it's sort of never too late, you know, this idea that like, yeah, he's they spent most of their life unhappy, but like it's it's sort of never too late to be in love or never too late mm-hmm. to go after what you want or um, you know, which is a very sort of uh positive uh idea, you know, it's sort of anti the sort of noir tropes that the show has sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally things will work out for them. Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, Ed's going to get hit by a car or something, and right. it'll be like this tragic ending. Oh, God. Um, right. right. <laughs> you know, you feel like, oh, they'll end up because they, they sort of deserve it in this way. Um, so, yeah, this was, uh, you know, as opposed to the supernatural stuff that usually has my mouth wide open, this was also a mouth wide open 
uh, sequence here of just finally getting getting Norma and uh, and Ed together, and and with again, like I was, was going to say, with Nadine apologizing for all the stuff she did and the ma- manipulation. And the big question to me from that little part of her of her of her scene was, <laughs> and I don't think this is true, but it made me question: was her you know regressing to a high schooler? A type of manipulation mm-hmm. like you know now it ended up being a way for ed to be with norma eventually yeah but i but i just wonder like you know is that supposed to be a part of what she's apologizing for you know yeah 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 i guess uh yeah if i have any uh reservations or, or regrets or whatever about this part and and i do get the logic that you know, 25 years later, like, maybe the first thing they're going to talk about is not going to be that weird, like, couple of weeks, uh, you know, when, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. she acted like she was in high school. Like, I I mean, I get, but I, I do kind of wish that, I, I wish there was some acknowledgement of that or some kind of, I don't know, if, if only brief, like, follow-up, you know, because it, it does, there there is something about this that feels to me like it's more... Um, uh, in line with like season one, you know, um, mm-hmm. like before any of that other stuff happens, and and I I, I believe that we're supposed to think that you know because in the uh, final episode of the original series she gets bonked on the head and you know goes back to being original in eighteen. I, I I think we are supposed to believe that at that point they they just resumed you know yeah. be, being married as usual and and stayed that way the whole time. You know, which is fine, but I, I don't know. I, I guess, um, you know, just for just for being a little, um, I don't know, making a little more contact with... Because it was, I mean, that was a season-long thing. <laughs> the entirety of season two, she spins like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess uh, I, I, I do wish that it come up, even if she just briefly referenced it, you know, just to, just to kind of, you know, tie that in uh, yeah. in some way. I think that would have been nice. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, and what was that? Oh, and as far as Big Ed goes, like I do agree that um, I do agree that he's probably one of the more uh, you know I think to an extent uh, uh, to an extent Sheriff Truman had this too, but maybe maybe a bit less. Um, but, Harry Truman. Yeah, Harry Truman. Definitely. Original Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being a very, uh, you know, um, uh, good character, you know, uh, with, mm-hmm. you know, it, integrity and this, like, sin- this moral code and, you know, being, you know, very uh, straightforwardly honest with people and, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just that kind of... Like, small town values. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing. Um, you know, now, yeah, obviously, uh, Sheriff Truman, Harry had his, had his dark moments, but, um, I think for Big Ed, uh, the, the darkest thing I think they, they did with his character in the original series was, uh, you know, Nadine, uh, uh, tries to kill herself at the end of season one, you know, taking some pills and stuff. And, and I mean, that's the prelude to becoming the cheerleader, you know, mm-hmm. um, Nadine. And, um, uh, when, when she's in the hospital, like Ed admits that, you know, there was a part of him that didn't want to stop her, 
You know, it's mm-hmm. a part of him that, like, knew something like that was coming and, like, didn't do anything because, like, he kind of, you know, I think that's probably, like, the worst thing. <laughs> which that... is which is barely registers as bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just his, his feeling. It's not his yeah. actions, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he I would think... be unhuman if he didn't have one sliver of darkness right. in, in there, you know. It would be right. unrealistic. He would just be a cartoon character in right. a way. Exactly. But yeah, when I was just thinking through, you know, I mean he does help with the uh the, the original casino uh mm-hmm. you know, trip uh to One Eye Jacks where they uh encounter Jacques and, and he goes there in disguise. I mean that's not necessarily bad but it, it was in violation of you know like law international laws <laughs> so i mean yeah but, I but, it, but it was for a good reason a, obviously it was, yeah he was he was he, he was helping another lawman with a huge investigation and and uh and and really it was it was i think his sort of um you know it comes across as his sort of loyalty to friends uh, sort of, sort of trump the uh, the sort of you know actual letter of the law, you right. know uh, the debt, yeah. and and I think that that's the kind of thing that still makes you a good character, right? Like yeah. if if you say, "Damn the law, I'm going to do what's right for my friends," versus like, "Oh right. no, sorry, friends, the law says I can't do this, therefore yeah. you're on your own." Like, yeah, that that would be a shitty character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. Agree. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I got as far as Big Ed goes. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he was having an affair with Norma, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, um, for a time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, he's definitely, um, he's definitely portrayed as, as one of the, one of the better characters in town. And it does seem as though, um, you know, he didn't really change in that way, uh, Mm -hmm. over the time, even if he's miserable. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Still like, well, hey, and he even, you know, tries to talk her out of it, you know, like, hey, you might wake up tomorrow and completely change your mind. Oh, I love that. I love that detail of him, of him bringing that up that, you know, because he's had her change her mind before. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in, in obvious ways. And, uh, but I love the detail that she walked there and like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of why they had her walk there. So she had time to think and that like, it wasn't quite as impulsive as if she just like hopped in the car and drove there in 30 seconds you know like the idea that with every step towards big ed she is affirming her decision and uh i thought that was really cool that was a a really nice writing sort of thing to, to to sort of have with the character yeah 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 i agree i agree interesting detail i, yeah. I wonder if she walked there from her drape store like are they yeah, walking did, did, distance from each well, other. Well, and I did wonder: is that the shovel from the drape store, or did she does she have one. another? Does yeah. she have a home shovel? You know, <laughs> I'm course. sure. She, I feel like she has to have more than one. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's so I, I was curious where that where that shovel came from. Yeah. Um, I love how the metaphor of shoveling the shit. It's like the shit is real in a way, but it's also a metaphor. But the mm-hmm. shovel's real, so you can get right. that. You know, right. um, it's great. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out something where, you know, they have this thing where, you know, Big Ed, this big moment he that he never, ever thought was co- – he never in a million years thought Nadine would walk up to him and mm-hmm. say, Ed, I was wrong. You're free. Um, uh, and so he, you know, he, he, he runs to um, 
uh, to the double R, and he's he's gonna go tell Norma finally. And he's, you know, the this exact moment he's able to say, you know, he's free. She's like, oh yeah, but I'm not. Right. Uh, Walter's here, and he sort of gets shut down, and then he yeah. just goes. And I swear, when he went to the bar to sit down, I'm like, he's gotta get a drink, right? Mm-hmm. He's gotta. He wants out, and there's a guy. I'll have a coffee. I'm like, dude, you know you want more than coffee right now. <laughs> there's no way that coffee is gonna gonna satisfy that itch. Yeah. Um, but I, but I thought this I was guess actually they don't interesting. Serve alcohol there. Yeah, that's what I figured, and 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 I feel like he's it's just, it's that big Ed goodness too. Of where course, he's he's just gonna have a cup of coffee and, <laughs> and 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 center himself or whatever he's sort of doing here, right? Uh, which yeah. is another interesting thing. He's just kind of waiting. Uh, but but this whole this whole dynamic here with how how it plays out actually reminded me of uh, your favorite ending that you hate. Um, which is uh, to uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. it, it reminded me of you know when Frodo. Spoiler alert! When Frodo finally gets to to to, to Mount Doom, and he's about to drop the ring into the lava, and he realizes in that moment, oh no, I actually want to keep the ring. And then we have this sort of extra part where you know there's a more there's a there's another fight and things change. It just reminded me that when Ed shows up to finally confess his love, but then gets like shut down and yeah. has to sort of wait it out until we come back around and actually complete the goal. Yeah, you know, with, with uh, Norma telling Walter to buzz off and and uh, and, and kissing him. I thought, oh, right. that's kind of it's similar. It's a little structure there of you this big anticipating moment, sort of getting shut down for a little bit yeah. before it gets uh, completed. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess he's waiting there, you know, he like still wants to talk to Norma more, um, even if, you know, it's not gonna work or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's still waiting for this guy to leave, because he presumably will leave at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, in a way, like, Norma probably could have... Um, uh, you know, alleviated him for a, a couple moments, like uh, some kind of misconceptions about what was happening there. But I, you know, it, it all goes by fairly quickly. So, so yeah, like sorry, Walter's here. Uh, you know, hang tight. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll get there. Um, well, do you want to talk about that scene? I mean, we're sort of talking about it already. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Ed goes to the double R, he goes up to Norma, he tells her uh, Nadine has given him his freedom, Uh, she apologizes that uh, Walter is there, Ed, disappointed, sits at the counter, orders some coffee, Uh, Norma tells Walter that she wants to take the option for uh, Walter to buy her out of the other franchises, and she will just run the double R in Twin Peaks um, only. Uh, and she says, um, it's for family reasons. It's <laughs> like, so I guess, well, okay, we can talk about that in a second. Uh, Walter, <laughs> Walter says, uh, Walter says she's making a huge mistake, uh, but he walks out and then Norma goes to edit the counter and says, marry me. Norma says, of course I will. And they, they share a, a tender moment and, uh, and Shelly watches. She gets her turn watching things. <laughs> <laughs> that's your turn to watch Shelly <laughs> not just Norma getting to watch things mm-hmm. um, yeah so so that brings up uh, yeah the thing so like we, we did talk about the family thing uh, some um, earlier but uh, you know when she says family reasons 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, what does that, uh, what does that mean? Does she mean, like, Twin Peaks, like, the residents of Twin yeah, Peaks are my family? I think she like, means, is that the I idea? Think she, yeah, well, I think she means Shelly. I, I think or she Shelley. is, I think she wants to help Shelly out with, with money because she knows that her daughter's going through trouble. So that's oh. kind of what I'm thinking is what oh, she means. Oh, it's specific. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, okay. is she made this decision so she could um get some money to help out her yeah. these the her friends basically who are like her family right yeah. right okay yeah that's logical that's logical because i guess that's like you know we don't have uh we don't have a lot else to go on as far as norma goes you know so mm-hmm. i guess that would be the, that would be the thing that she's like aware of that she might care enough about to you know completely um uh abandon these other franchises and uh yeah presumably like get a a decent sum of money that she could then yeah that's good that's a good theory i really didn't think Mm -hmm. of that at all i i thought it was just some weird i thought i i mean i guess i thought it was um yeah like she was just talking about like twin peaks is my family and and you know it was sort of like all the um all the uh all of the uh the 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 other uh, restaurants. The, yeah, the reduction in quality of the ingredients, you know, the the name being different, getting that kind of impersonal thing. It was making her, like, spend time away. Like, I guess I thought, like, you know, she wanted to, like, you know, go back to the thing that she used to do, presumably, which is just, you know, running the double R. And I, I guess I thought that's what it meant. But uh, I think yours is more, you know, it has more punch <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah, yeah. If it's really yeah, that that's thing. that's how it came off to me. What she means, um, uh, but yeah, this whole thing with Walter, it's so weird. And like, did he put in the contract that they would be in a relationship? <laughs> <or something>? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 uh, you know, and he's and it's like uh, you have the option to be bought out of your shares and also to not date me anymore, right. like. <laughs> I would like to exercise that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it, uh, I put that uh, in the contract. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this whole thing was, was, was super interesting. Um, uh, real quick about the last thing, though, I forgot to, to mention. Is, is Nadine super strong still? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think she's had the chance to demonstrate. It's a good question, though. I mean, how come... That's not a thing we've seen, or them talk them talking about. Like, what's what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. I guess that goes back to even though there there was a there was a brief season one moment where it seemed like she already had that, where she bends her uh, exercise equipment. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, that does kind of go in line with like it doesn't seem like they're totally acknowledging the season two stuff and i i guess that's another thing i would say about this scene of course you can view it as a callback if you want uh which you know maybe that is what they intended um but there's a scene very similar to this in season two you know like once uh uh big ed realizes that nadine is is you know full on in this crazy mode and like doesn't really even understand that they're married Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he realizes that he's he's free to be with Norma now, basically, and he walks right in the double R, and you know, it's a very similar moment where he comes yeah, in and they embrace, right. and you know, he goes behind the counter, and you know, I think about you every night. You know, it's this whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, a very similar scene, and so it's sort of like, 
I, I guess the vibe I get from this is that they kind of rewrote, <laughs> they rewrote the season two stuff, you know, and, and they made it where, you know, Nadine eventually decides to let Ed go instead of being under a delusion that mm-hmm. allows him to go so that he's really free, that she can't just come back and it's all over again. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of recreating that moment in a, mm-hmm. a, you know, maybe a more final way. Yeah, that makes sense. Thematic. Um, I have a crackpot theory that we're going to see, uh, see Nadine take her eye patch off before the end of this show. Oh my God. That actually seems like something they would do. Yeah. I, I totally think her eye patch has to come off. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to be like, I didn't need this the whole time. <laughs> if this was a sci-fi show, she would get her sight back. She would totally get her sight back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. I guess if they wanted to go like crazy miracle weirdness, they could do that. Mm-hmm. They have done stuff like that before. Um, yeah. But maybe it was just Gordon Cole hitting on Shelly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're the only one I can hear when I turn my volume up surreptitiously. <laughs> yeah, Gordon. We, uh, I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna see that again. I think Gordon and Shelley will meet mm-hmm. again before the end of this. I think you're probably right. I think he's gonna end up in Twin Peaks, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's another moment there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be weird, but we'll see what they do. Well, that's the question: is will he do the same thing? Like, I can mm-hmm. still hear you. Like, yeah, like yeah. It's still, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be interesting if they if they call that back. Um, uh, Albert's right. like, drop the ad, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Albert has to say "fuck you, Gordon" at a certain point before the end of this. He's yeah. just got to be fed up with his Gordonness. Definitely, definitely. It seems like he was getting to the end of his rope earlier already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I could totally see that. Um. um but yeah, it was cool to to have Shelly there to witness Big Ed and Norma together. I thought Shelly was gonna drop the the, the coffee pot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, and it still calls into question, you know, Shelly's own relationship with a certain Red sure uh, and does. Bobby. So like, I hope she can exercise to... her option too. <laughs> oh, no, I hope she signed a contract. <laughs> Oh, man. Because, uh, yeah, I think, uh, realistically speaking, it seems like Red is maybe worse than Walter. <laughs> uh, I think so. Walter <laughs> seems like a decent guy. He's yeah. yeah, just barking up the wrong tree. He's just, you know, I mean, he's got business interests, and he's trying to make things run efficiently and trying to be profitable and stuff and whatever. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, he's not, like, doing magic and, <laughs> I don't know. Dealing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what else. So, yeah. Uh, that is definitely a looming thing that must be addressed soon. I, I mean, right? There's no other way. Wait, what must be addressed have to soon? be the Red. The Red and Shelly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That has to be addressed soon. A follow-up with Red in general, you know? Like... Uh, we haven't seen him. Uh... It's pretty amazing that the lot, you know, the two that we saw him three times. <laughs> <laughs> Once he was normal. Yep. And uh, given a finger gun to, yep. to Shelly in the uh, in the uh, roadhouse. Yep. 
then we saw him turned up to 11, uh, yep. being a magician slash drug lord. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw him uh, hang out with Shelly outside of the double R of being kind of normal again. So I think the next time we see him, he should definitely be super weird. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's going to have to tie back to Richard. You know, it's so strange. Like, Richard had a... Didn't he, didn't he have, like, a, a task to do for Red? Was it? Didn't Red give him a job? And he's basically like, if you don't do this job, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. I'm going to put a quarter in your mouth. Yeah. And, and then, like, you know, Richard goes off on this huge sojourn by himself. Yeah. Like, killing the kid. Because he hits hiding the kid, out, like, immediately. Then, then going to the, you know, going to kill, um, um, uh, what's her Miriam. name? With an M, Miriam. Yeah. And then, and then like, running out of town and getting Chad involved and then high-telling it to the farm. And now he's with Mr. C. And it's like, you haven't done the thing Brett told you to do yet. <laughs> I know it's only been five days or whatever, but, like... Right. You know, it's it's weird. Uh, you wouldn't you would think that with that setup of a scene, um, uh, or with that setup from that scene, that we would have gotten more with uh, that storyline with Red and, and Richard and the drugs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I suspect that he's gonna that Richard. I mean, is gonna be uh, coming back to Twin Peaks here before too long. So, um, I do think there will be some kind of follow-up, but then, yeah, if Mr. C's involved, I mean, is he gonna know Red? Are they, are they gonna interact? Like, uh, it's, I don't know how deep the Red thing goes. It's, uh, it's <laughs> how weird. How deep does the Red thing go? <laughs> um, it's a question from the Matrix. Um, but I agree that like having a scene like that is like, well, I mean, it's like Sarah Palmer in a way. It's like, there, there can't not be a follow-up to that mm-hmm. you know you, you don't just have a scene like that and then like and then we never see him again like that just doesn't make so, any sense here's a question and i think the answer is no cooper never met the grandson right the trey font grandson trial font uh <laughs> it was trey tremond and Chalfont. Sorry, I want to combine the two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they had in mind. Like they're supposed to be similar in a weird way, like like mm-hmm. sort of French names for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Belfont, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I know uh, I don't believe he did. Because um, I want I want Red to meet Mister C, and Mister C goes, "So you're the grandson." <laughs> Oh, right. You thought he was a grandson. I forgot about that theory. Yeah, that's why. Ooh, if he's the grandson, I wonder if he'll get to meet Judy slash Naito. You know, the grandson had that monkey connection. Interesting. Just throwing that in. Yeah. I I forgot about that theory. There's too many theories. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sticking by my... That's the only theory I have for Red. It's a good one. It's a good one. He's the the Tremond uh, grandson. Yeah, yeah. Donna and Cooper go back to that house... But when they go back, it's a different uh, Mrs. Tremont. Oh, there. so he did. Okay, well, at least he knew about the character, though. He did. He did. She told him about it. Um, um, yeah, good point. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, so I think, I think, um, I think that's really all he knew. Um, uh, and they did leave, uh, they did leave a, uh, a page of Laura's diary in there. Where uh, she talks about, um, uh, oh no, they didn't, it was Harold. I think it was Harold. Anyway, 
uh, where she talks about the the Cooper dream, you know, the the famous one from mm-hmm. episode two of the original series. Yeah, that's kind of the outcome of that. Um, that you know that he finds out that Laura shared that dream, basically. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yowza. <laughs> you know, it just made me think, you know, going back to Cooper and now we have Dougie and, and Cooper is likely waking up now. I just, I'm thinking like, what did he learn? Like, you know, what about this journey since he, since the good Dale has, has uh, left the Black Lodge? What about that journey it's preparing him to face Mr. C and experiment and and whoever mm-hmm. else is out there. Like what 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 was that? You know what I mean? What primed him? What 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 is he equipped to do now that he couldn't do before? <laughs> Basically, I'm saying, why did we go through this? <laughs> Review insurance forms. Yeah, I uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He can can spot a fraud when he sees it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, Dougie is not, I mean, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, I mean, he barely kind of interacts with the world. So it's, it's, it it, it seems like Cooper's just on hold the whole time, you know? But Dougie's not coming back. And that's the, that's a weird thing when Cooper wakes up and he's like, yeah, I'm well, not Dougie, I'm Cooper, I'm leaving. And like, yeah. what is this family going to do? Well, that's you know? the thing. I mean, I, I took it, you know, because Janie E's like, all our dreams are coming true. And that's when I knew things were going to change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of how this story's going. Like, Dougie, like, you know... Yep. Uh, uh, it, you know, basically, like fixes their marriage, seemingly. You well, know? and that's what we've been saying this whole time is he's sort of having positive effects on the people that he meets. Like basically yeah. everyone, but I mean, you could even say Anthony. You know, yeah. he sort of made Anthony see the light in the way. So yeah. uh, you know, everyone, I guess, except for like Duncan Todd Duncan and Todd. those kind of people who didn't like, really personally interact with him. Who didn't? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, is like yeah, he's sort of making their lives better, but the, but but it's one thing to make your life you know to be a, a good dad and a good husband, but like when you say I'm not even that person anymore, that person's gone, you know, and we'll you know find out if Cooper is sort of aware of where Dougie went or something, some some weird way, but um, you know he's gonna you know can he even explain how he's not even Dougie, what that even means, right. you know. And then when right. he's like, I've got a life to get back to, you know, it's not like you can even say, but, but, you know, Janie, I've fallen in love with you because like you dress mm-hmm. me and give me chocolate cake. Like, I don't know, you know, it's <laughs> like, I can't even see that story right. ending that way. Like, even though I'm not your husband, this time we spent together has, you know, made me feel like, you know, I, I am part of this family mm-hmm. or something like, like, yeah, Sonny Jim threw a ball at him once, you know? Like, that's how much of right. a dad he was. It's been a few days, realistically. Yet, yet somehow he's better than Ducky. Right. Know? It's crazy. Yeah. So I think, I think, uh, well, so having Janie E.B., uh, Diane's sister, uh, seems like an element that might be a way to, um, you know, keep her or have her play some extra role in the story where it's not just like Mm -hmm. sorry but you were married to a construct see you later (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'd love to see that reality show (laughs) 
I married a construct. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Um, and I guess, you know, ultimately, uh, I, I also want to find out, like, how, how much he knew about it. I mean, her connection to Diane is, like, kind of mm-hmm. tantalizing. And, and um, you know, uh, y- you mentioned that uh, we see... Um, uh, we see uh, Mr. C send the Las Vegas uh, text message, mm-hmm. uh, which we literally saw Diane respond to on screen. Uh, yeah, and I like think two, I, was that two parts ago. That was yeah. Oh God, I think it was. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. right. Um, uh, so that I mean that confirms I think that uh, as as much as we can confirm anything that. Um, uh, you know, she is communicating with uh, Mr. C. Like, she's, it's not just Tammy, a Tammy conspiracy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and so. Uh, you mean a conspiracy, Tammy? <laughs> yes. That was bad, I had to say it. <laughs> very sweaty, but <laughs> hey, why not? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, now that, now that it seems confirmed that, you know, she's collaborating, it's, you know, the question of why and, like, how much she knows. And, you know, the fact that she on some level knows about Dougie, um, mm-hmm. you know, makes me wonder again about, you know, Janie being her sister. And, and so when Dougie, uh, when Cooper awakens, like, I, I really, I'm really curious to see what her reaction is going to be. It's... So, yeah, we were talking before about what does Diane know in terms of Dougie? Does she know that Dougie looks like Cooper? I think you you think she does. And I just want to say another reason I think she doesn't is... When Gordon and the FBI meet Dougie and see he's see he's Cooper, yeah. that's going to be a big thing Diane yeah. didn't mention if she True. knew that. True. And it's going to be like, well, why didn't you say yeah. he looked like Cooper this entire time when you know we're dealing with two Coopers? Yeah, yeah. Now, I think she might be leading them into a trap or something, um, but uh, I agree that I agree that if she knows it's weird that she didn't say it, it does seem like... At this point, um, it, it, it's it's not really going to hurt her to uh, <laughs> uh, to say that. Uh, she, I think it's definitely possible that she doesn't know. I admit, but but I don't know. It's it's she's. It seems like she's in pretty deep. So I think I think you know, in my mind, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe maybe this is just it's part of the deception that that she's concealing that from them right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, well, speaking of Cooper, uh, the next uh, oh. sequence here is, is kind of important. Yeah, you want to you wanna get into this? Oh, man, oh, I man. can't wait. Yeah, this sequence was... Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's, let's do it. Uh, mm. So we start off with uh, Mr. C driving, and eventually he arrives at the convenience store. Uh, we see a woodsman there lead him up the Wait, stairs. Wait, he arrives where? The convenience store. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. When they said Dutchman's, like, I, did anybody have the... Th- oh, maybe he'll go to the convenience store and that'll lead to the Dutchman somehow. I mean, I guess, like, there's a weird, like, twisted Twin Peaks logic to that. But uh, I wasn't thinking that at all. 
Well, uh, who knew the convenience store was like, you know, a subway system? Yeah. Like, you know, and we talked about that before with uh, with the zone, you know, Hastings, right. the zone. And, right. and what does that mean? And this idea of these various places being on some sort of interdimensional transit system. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what they depict Seems here. like that's what it is. Yeah. It seems like that's fairly accurate. And, and since uh, I think, like you said, we see the uh, the stairs from Gordon's uh, vision and, you know, presumably that's where uh, Hastings and Ruth met Major Briggs. You know, presumably that's where all that happened. It does seem like it confirms that that's the zone, mm-hmm. you know, that whole sort of area there. Um, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, so a woodsman leads them up the stairs. Uh, they, they, they sort of vanish, um, inside, uh, Mr. C asks a, a different seated woodsman for Phil Jeffries. So naturally he pulls a lever (laughs) and there's some flashes and we see, uh, we see the, the jumping man. Uh, the jumping man returns. Everyone's favorite dude in a red suit. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? I mean, that was kind of crazy, and I don't really know why, but uh, I guess I never I knew anything about the jumping I, man. I, I have an idea of why we see him. Okay, well, go for it while we're here. Oh, I, I should say it now? <laughs> well, I think so, because this is, I mean, there's a lot here. Yeah, this is a lot. This is a long thing. So, um, first of all, I just want to say, who knew you could just drive up to the convenience store, right? Right, um, totally. The way it was originally depicted... Um, in part eight, you know, it seemed like it was otherworldly. Yeah, it was. It wasn't very clear if it was really in our world or not. Right. It was obviously connected because the woodsman came to our world. Right. It was never really clear where it was when we saw it. So yeah, him pulling up to it was was you know mouth on the floor. Yeah, um, definitely. And and I love that there's a sign that says convenience store. I, I'm I'm really appreciate <laughs> that 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 detail and um in the art design, art direction or whatever. I love that. Cause you could, you can never not know what this place is. Right. That's, that's why I love that. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things I thought was interesting was when they, when we go quote unquote above the convenience store, we get another callback to fire walk with me, uh, the yeah. scene above the convenience store with right. man from another place talking right. to Bob with yeah. the, uh, with the trail fonts, trail font, Traymon's Chalfonts in the background yeah. and, you know, some woodsmen and the jumping yeah. men in the corner. Yeah. Uh, and we see, you know, we saw that kind of main woodsman back then, which is sort of where the, the, the kind of term comes from, I guess. Yeah. Um, was the guy sitting next to sort of the electronic device. Some kind of contraption, yeah. And, yeah, and he was making, he, he was sort of hitting his hand up and down on his leg, mm-hmm. but then he would also do something with the thing and electricity would go off. So it, you know, the idea that, you know, the end of that scene is is um, is uh, Bob and Man from the Place sort of leave that room and go to the Black Lodge. So this idea here right. of like this contraption connecting you to other places is very interesting, and I think that's that's what we see here, where this guy is sort of like the, um, you know, air traffic controller or. Um, you know, like a railway engineer or somebody, you know, right. how there's different rail tracks and you got to flip a lever for the tracks right. to go to a different place. That's kind of what he seems like is he's the sort of operator of of um, maybe where uh, 
the room next to this room leads to, you know, so that when they go out of this room, where does where is it going to go? And he can sort of do some magic and and make it go different places. But anyway, so the going to the jumping man, I thought maybe you know. So what we know about the character of the jumping man uh, is the the original actor from Fire Walk with Me said that David Lynch told him for his motivation that he was this sort of talisman come to life. Right. Uh, and in the original footage, you see the jumping man holding this like stick mm-hmm. sort of object um, and jumping around. Uh, so it made me think that maybe the woodsman is sort of activating the jumping man and sort of uh, this ability to connect to other places. They sort of work in concert. So so the woodsman is sort of activating this talisman, which is this sort of living being or something like that. That's. That's my crackpot theory okay. about, about what's going on. That there. makes sense. That's that's reasonable. The, <laughs> Unfortunately, it's reasonable. The connections are there. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Good one. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, just just kind of the way it came off, and the electricity, and the you know the weirdness. Um, you know, it could just be a callback or, or, or the idea that, like, uh, maybe they're going through time or something or space and, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're sort of going through a dimension where the woodsman, um, uh, the, uh, the jumping man is. You know, I, I kind of see it a couple ways, but, um, but I love the callback. I mean, that's huge. It's huge to call him back. And, and is he just always in this room, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do wonder if the woodsman next to the machine... I know he doesn't look like the original guy um, yeah. who was there in Fire Walk with me, but I wonder if they had their druthers. Um, would Jerkin Prochnow? Have... I have no idea how to say his name properly, but uh... yeah. Oh, that's right. He had a weird name. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's I wonder if they a fairly well-known would... actor. I think. Yeah. Um, he was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. If they could have actually gotten him to play this. Yeah, I do wonder if if that would have been what they what they really would have wanted was this idea that this guy is sort of always there, or is it just right. that any woodsman can do this? Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not clear. Uh, I mean, they do look a bit different. At, you know, to some extent, it mm-hmm. seems like that's just um, you know, sort of uh, evolving ideas about what they're supposed to look like. You mm-hmm. know, the 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 main difference being the. Uh, the you know the dirty faces yeah um and the beard is the beard is kind of dirtier too the original beards were cleaner Mm -hmm. and they looked more like fake beards yeah um but but yeah i guess those things are you know fairly fairly small details in a way and uh yeah i'm not uh, I'm not sure if we're supposed to think it's the same one. It does seem in general to me like the woodsmen are um, more of a collective, you know? Mm-hmm. They just kind of all do woodsman stuff, and you know what I mean? Like, their baby isn't, like, a necessarily a singled-out one, even though, I mean, there was the one in Part 8 that kind of did a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, Well, now you're scaring me because you're you're on the verge of suggesting they have a collective consciousness. <laughs> Yikes! Is, uh, are, are the woodsmen one organism? Well, <laughs> with well, many parts. Um, that's interesting. Uh, 
yeah, we have no idea what they are, really. Um, and, uh, you know, the Part 8 kind of insinuates that they have some connection to the uh, atomic bomb test. But I guess the the killer of that whole thing is, like, we still don't know mm-hmm. uh, what that connection is or the connection with... Ex- I mean, we don't know anything about what the relationship is there because it's, it's all visual. Um, yeah. And so it's like... I mean, it's like the thing you said about, you know, these kind of, like montage things that characters will see where like it's the audience sees it and maybe the character has some understanding of what they're seeing but um you know since the viewer is not in on it um, Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily know (laughs) what we're supposed to think about that stuff so yeah yeah, i'm i'm not clear at all did they did they create experiment did experiment create them somehow even though we saw them first why why do they seeming seem to work together uh why are they willing to help out mr c here whereas they killed hastings for example um Mm -hmm. i mean the questions here are uh (laughs) and this isn't even like the main thing here no um but i do think their role in the story you know it was interesting to see uh mr c actually like interact with them and again like not you know I mean, he didn't seem didn't seem particularly surprised, or he just seemed to expect that they would listen to him, and mm-hmm. you know, help him with what he wanted, and they didn't resist at all. Nope. Uh, so I don't know what does that mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I think that's one of the most impenetrable questions: is, is the motivation and the relationship between the woodsman and Mister C. Is I mean, I, I barely understand Mister C, like, and why he has these plans and seems right. to know what to do, and why why does he know these these worlds? You know, is it just because he's a doppelganger? He understands who these people are and what's what Philip Jeffries is now, and 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 sort of the the sort of. Um, you know the nuance of these of these supernatural people and worlds like is that why he knows this or is there a previous experience or that's a that's a huge one so yeah um yeah trying to figure out the woodsman and and and, and the hierarchy here of like th- do they work for him do they do what he wants because he's connected to mr c do they do they would they do this for anybody um are they are they helping him are they neutral you know or are they right. actually really helping um yeah it's it's really <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it does it does seem like they're not they're not his enemies um mm-hmm. i think we could go that far uh you know they're they're fine with um you know leading him here um but yeah it seems like they're somewhere between neutral and allies and it's not yeah. clear where they fall in that spectrum um and what they care about you know um i mean what mr c cares about is also <laughs> not clear but he at least i don't know ha- has expressed some particular things he cares about um even if we don't know what they are um uh whatever that means you know you know we know he's like pursuing the card thing and you know he wanted those coordinates and so there's there's some sort of concrete things um uh whereas with the woodsman it's like i just don't have a clue i mean i you know 
they they wanted the bug thing to crawl in the girl's mouth. I mean, I maybe uh, beyond mm-hmm. that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. They wanted to kill Hastings, I guess. Um, so you know what they want by what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all I can say because they never talk about what they want. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I did notice that they they don't speak at all uh, this mm-hmm. entire time. They're completely silent. So, and we know they can talk. <laughs> they can recite poems if they want to. Well, at least that one could. You think you think that's the only one that can? Maybe he's like the Night King from uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, <laughs> and he's just the oh, special man. one. And he's maybe the he's the one. one. Maybe he's the one who wants to be with Bob again, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the God of Light guy. He he wants to be with Bob again, and he's the one who who called uh, Mister C. Now, why why his brethren can be around Mister C and not sort of kidnap him for this this guy is a question I can't answer. Right. Um. But I just want to throw that out there. Maybe maybe that guy is special in some way. I I don't. Was he credited as anything in particular? Yeah, he was credited as Woodsman. Just Woodsman. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's all I said. That's really the only reason we know. Uh, strangely, like, the other Woodsmen are not getting credited. Uh, okay. As anything. Uh, the yeah. one in the jail cell, the, the, the other one we saw shuffling down the hall, the uh, the ones in the in the scene with um, where they're sort of healing uh, Mr. C. I mean, mm-hmm. even the other ones in Part A, you know, that are with the, the, the lead one, the Abraham Lincoln one. Yeah. Um, you know, before he goes in the radio station, like none of the other ones have been credited. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they don't have lines. I don't know. It's weird. Huh? Yeah, that is that is super weird. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Throw that guy out there as somebody who might want Bob again. You know, they did. They did. The woodsman did sort of get Bob out of Mister C. Now. You know, did did they succeed? I, at this we point, still... I'm gonna. I'm, it seems like they did. Um, I don't know, but but Mister C doesn't seem like he's missing Bob or that he needs to find him again. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish <laughs> it would have been nice if, like, you know, when Mister C told Dario that he was looking for that black splotch with the with the chicken wings. Um, I really wish like Mr. C wasn't in him at that point. Then we could have been like, oh, that's what he wants. That's Bob. He wants Bob. Like right. he wants the, the, the Bob orb. Right. Like right. that would have been a nice, simple, straightforward thing, but that's not what happened. Right. Like he Bob was already there with him. Right. So right. maybe which which makes me think maybe maybe experiment if experiment is the black splotch with the chicken wings. Uh, maybe, maybe, like, and I guess I kind of said this theory before. It's just really hard to take that seriously. (laughs) Well, I know, and it's supposed to be, like, really, really deep and meaningful. Um, I don't know what it's called. I'm the black splotch with the chicken wings. Yeah, I don't know what to call that. Um, the, the fat owl, I don't know what to call that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he needs, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, tropes of, about alchemy on this show. You know, things turning into the gold. You know, things turning into silver. There's, there's a bunch of, you know, um, uh, not mythology, but uh, uh, I don't know what do you call it. <laughs> um, stuff from alchemy. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know what to call it. The body of the- theorizing about, you know, alchemy. Um, right. 
is on the show. So maybe Mr. C, you know, maybe it's a it's a this thing plus a this thing equals another thing. And so he's got Bob and he wants to add that to the mm-hmm. black splotch with the wings. And that right. will equal something that he something wants. Something else. Yeah. 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 I do feel like there should be a checkup scene where he, we establish whether Bob's still there or not. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like that's... Um, like, I, I don't think there's been, you know, it's the visual, right? There's been no lines to indicate that Bob's not there. And like, even the conversation with Ray, I thought, like, the way it played out was, like, as though Bob was still there. Like, it's the reveal that that's the thing that fake Philip Jeffries wants. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we can conclude that after this scene, that that's, that, that was the fake one who who wanted, uh, who wanted Bob. Um, because, he, you know, he's the one on the phone. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and he's the one who talked about being with Bob again. So, um, again, Although, though, T. Keller Philip Jeffrey says he did call Ray. I know. Oh, we'll get to it. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Philip. <laughs> yep. You're killing me. You're killing Classic me. Classic Jeffrey shows up and makes everything worse. Oh God. Yeah, I know. It's like, couldn't it just be, couldn't it just be no? Like, why does it have to be like <laughs> fucking... Yeah, he should have been like, it couldn't have been me. I've been percolating all this time. Exactly. Like, I've exactly. Been busy percolating. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, um, just to continue from there, um, the woodsman taps a stick on the floor, and another woodsman leads him to another set of stairs. I think these are um, the set of stairs that Gordon saw at the vortex in Buckhorn. Um, he then uh, goes up and opens a door into something that looks like a motel parking lot. Um, run down. Uh, he goes over to room eight. He just kind of walks there. I don't quite know why he knew. He, kn- he knows where he's going for no apparent reason. He just knew. I guess that's, I don't know. Is that the Dutchman's room? Is it room number eight is the Dutchman's? I, anyway. Um uh, the door is locked. He tries it. So that's when uh, enter Bosomy Woodman, <laughs> mm-hmm. who comes over and says in the backwards sort of Black Lodge speech, I'll unlock the door for you. Uh, so she does. And then he goes inside and it's uh, a very Lynchian room. The lights are flickering. Uh, he looks at the wall and it sort of unveils uh, this tea kettle looking thing that is apparently philip jeffries and uh okay so do you want to say anything about that part there before we get into the super yeah details here? so first i want to go back to the beginning of what you just started with sure. with the woodsman banging the stick on the ground yeah, yeah. like it was already weird mm-hmm. and then he bangs a stick on the ground and i'm like what does that do mm-hmm like, is that, and I thought maybe the sound mattered, the sound that it makes, you know, since right. sound is a big thing in the show, like, maybe, True. is that a, yeah, what's that about? <laughs> I thought you had the answers for this. <laughs> oh, no, why would I have the answers? <laughs> yeah, is it I just a signal? Everything. I mean, is it just like, you like, know. Like, we're ready now. Take him away, Thank yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I it's not clear to me at all what that's supposed to be. Yeah, and I and I actually was just making sure. Of course, this is true because no one's perfect. 
But, you know, in this um, above the convenience store room, you know, we have the wallpaper, which is the same as the room from Laura's dream, from the picture frame that from Fire Walk With Me that the, right. the, the Alphonse gave her. You know, she's like, this will, the grandmother's like, this will look good on your wall or puts it on her wall. She goes to sleep. She has this sort of this dream where she goes into the picture uh, frame and she's, she's in the room with, with this sort of flowered wallpaper. And then she ends up uh, having this, this sort of Black Lodge vision of, of mm-hmm. uh, the ring. Um, so, of course, this wallpaper is not in the room in the original convenience store scene. Uh, it does look like it's supposed to be the same room but that did not ha- they did not have that wallpaper there or else we would have been talking about that this whole time right uh if they had made that detail in firewalk with me um but um but that big machine being there i think really also ties it together being above the convenient being being the yeah. same room that was definitely um, and but yeah i didn't i don't really know what the stick on the ground means except for um like we're ready now you can you can do it um yeah you know something like that mm-hmm. yeah but i the fact that it's wood and the fact that it makes a sound i think is yeah you know, ties, ties into the show definitely definitely yeah yeah when uh i didn't mention it but yeah when they're walking across uh they're it, it's kind of um superimposed with uh the you know mm-hmm. the woods the trees like they're like they're going through the trees somehow yeah i got the sense that it was supposed to tell us that even though they're walking this what looks like a short physical distance from the the room above the convenience store to the room uh with the stairs and there's this sort of dark passageway between that the, the idea that we're that they're that they're sort of uh, going through space time in a, in a different way than what it seems, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I don't know if it if they're really sort of going through the woods because you know this whole area around the convenience store is woods, right? So I don't know if they're saying they're sort of leaving that room and going and sort of kind of going through the woods, sort of as it right. as it were, to some other place that 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 does exist in the real world, you know, the Dutchman's place, you know. So it's kind of like a elaborate transportation system or right. something yeah you know um and you know and maybe this world of this house you know with these rooms you know it's it's it reminiscent of the black lodge right and sort of the, the the ultimate reveal of the black lodge at this point you know when um this sort of red curtain uh disappears and we see this endless checkered uh ground floor you know floor on the ground uh, and we see the idea that, you know, the sort of Black Lodge is sort of endless, uh, but right. it sort of has these different rooms cordoned off with the red curtains. So, the, yeah, this 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 room, this house, I call it a house, the, the wallpapered place, you know, uh, reminds me of that idea that it's uh, this sort of place that can connect to other places. And perhaps, you know, the portals that we've seen in the world, you know, or sort of uh, come from this place or something like that, or they, they connect through this place. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so like, when Mr. C walks out into the courtyard uh, of this motel, you know, I guess, you know, the question is, what, what would that have looked like if we were watching it from a different angle? Would he have just sort of... Uh, reappeared the same way he disappeared walking up the stairs Mm 
or did, would he have come through a portal, a sky vortex? You know, uh, he sort of just like opens the door and he's and he's sort of there, right? Um, but uh, yeah, very and the fact that like you know this this you know whole idea calls into question Laura's dream too. Yeah. Um, you know the idea that it wasn't just sort of necessarily um, an imaginary world or something like she actually went to this place. <laughs> right. Right. And, and maybe the picture provided some kind of, uh, mm-hmm. way to access it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, pretty much all I got for this, this first part here. I mean, it's very, it's very interesting because they, they start out above the convenience store then they walk over to the other room and then they go upstairs. So they're on like level three. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and this is where, um, the Dutchman is. So it makes me think, are there more stairs at this place? Can you go up higher? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. go lower? <laughs> you know, we still don't understand what, what's in the actual convenience store on the first floor. You know, right. we, yeah, we, we haven't still seen that. see weird stuff happening in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Something's going on in there. <clears throat> But, but the Wizmen, the Wizmen remind me of um, the way they depicted at this point. Reminds me of um, the Strangers from Dark City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Proya's nineteen ninety eight noir sci fi tale. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember. Roger Ebert raved about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the fulfillment favorite... of the style of the crow with a sci fi yeah. uh, story that was maybe uh, a bit more interesting. Yeah, and you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. But uh, it, it, this this idea of um, of sort of behind the scenes, there's these enigmatic figures who have this like strange technology that they use to sort of do various things. Uh, you know, just reminds me of the strangers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and yeah, they were. Yeah. Well, hey, I don't want to spoil the whole movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> please don't but you know um yeah it could be something something related there uh and this, you know it does call in the question because uh, maybe you're going to say the aliens word um but it calls in the question what are these beings you know like the bosomy woman who we're about to see like what mm-hmm. you know what is she supposed to be what what their relationship to regular human beings yeah you know is calling them aliens not quite accurate yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the way it's been portrayed, I feel like, well, you know, it, I mean, it gets down to what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the sense that, I mean, I don't get the sense that there's no, there's been no clear evidence that, I'm just going to keep adding stuff here, <laughs> um, you know, that they, they necessarily, like, came to Earth in a flying saucer or something like that. Sure. Um it seems as though they, you know, they exist in some other sort of dimension or realm or something that can um, access Earth. And, you know, there's a way to kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, they're aliens in the sense that I think they don't come from Earth. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily in the sense that, like, they come from another planet and they flew here, you know? That's what yeah. it seems like to me. 
So they're kind of like the Cenobites from uh, Hellraiser. Oh God! <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like it's on the right track. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, uh, you know, at some point at least they were into pain and sorrow. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were. It's a, yeah. So that's you know that does sound along similar lines. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, there's a very Hellraiser esque quality to the show. Yeah. Um, old school horror. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Okay. So so shall we get into this business here? Oh, we better. <laughs> okay. Oh, can I can I just oh. say when when Cooper showed up at the at the place, there were, were there's like two aren't there two am I making this up? Yeah. Like when he opens the door and he walks out, there's two woodsmen there walking with him. But there's oh, yeah. only one woodsman who who walked up the stairs with him. So there's right. one woodsman already at this place, sort yeah. of waiting. Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. Like, how is he waiting there? Or is he watching the room? Uh, maybe he got a signal. Uh, yeah. Was I don't that know. the was that the wood tapping on the ground? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm like. Maybe. That was. Hey, we're coming to this place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, could be. Wow. They wow. they don't really help him though. Once he gets in the bar, you know, they kind of just kind of disperse. Like they don't lead him to the room. Like that, I thought that was a bit odd. Yeah, I mean, they're walking in that direction with him, but they, yeah, they kind of let him go at a certain point by himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody knows where he's going. Everybody knows which room it is. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no one ever had to tell him it's roommates, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it's, it looks like it's the only one with the light on too. If that okay. means anything, but they, yeah, it's the it's the only room with the light on. Sure. And it makes me think: is this the only room with someone in it of this whole place? Could be. You know. Could be. That's possible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know. But, uh, but yeah, maybe that's the idea. And what are the nightly rates at this motel? <laughs> Most importantly, <laughs> I don't know. The lights don't seem to work very well. Can I, can I go and read reviews on TripAdvisor.com? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, man, that'd be so, I should, we should do that. Or someone should go and do a TripAdvisor review for the Dutchman Dutchman's room 8. Motel. <laughs> And write it like Philip in the, the voice of Philip Jeffries, <laughs> and he's like, "The room was very humid." That, but that might have been my fault because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a percolating tea kettle. It's <laughs> a good point. It's mm-hmm. a good point. Hey, at least he's taking responsibility. It's like I I can't tell you if the bed was soft or firm because I never used it because I'm a percolating tea kettle. <laughs> That's just every line of its review. How can you not that. mention that all the time? You have to mention that. It's kind it's, of a big it, deal. It's apropos to the review, right? Because <laughs> yeah. someone's gonna ask the question: Is this room good if you're a percolating tea kettle? Right. And he can say yes or no to that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And for the average traveler, they might want to understand mm-hmm. that he's experiencing mm-hmm. this as a as a, as a percolator, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's not. That's funny. Yeah, that's know. funny. It, it just made me think the the fish in the percolator. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, There's something there, man. There's there's some reason why he's a percolator. Um. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe there's a connection there. Who knows? I think there has to be some connection there. Like, there's... And the idea of coffee, you know, making coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's something There's something there. There's some reason why he's a percolating tea kettle. It should mean there's a fish in there. <laughs> yeah, is he the fish? Is something is fishy? That's what I'm like, trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> Maybe he's the fish. Oh, God. He's a fish and a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> and a tea kettle. I can't handle it. <laughs> He's the Holy Trinity, you know? <laughs> He's all three and yet one. <laughs> um, Alright, let's get into um, this whole diatribe. The uh, the secret diary of Philip Jeffries here. <laughs> the untold story. Mm-hmm. Um, at last. Uh, Alright. Okay, so uh, my plan for this is um, I'm going to actually just read every single line from this because uh, actually uh, maybe I'll skip like a couple of repeats, but pretty much every line here is like <laughs> a whole problem by itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's, that's the only way I could really... I didn't want to just summarize what they're saying because I don't know what they're saying sometimes. We're going to have to pick this apart line by line, so... Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So, okay, so here's how it goes. Um, so, um, so we see Philip Jeffries, and first he says, uh, Oh, it's you. Um, to, to Mr. <laughs> what a way C. to start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're already starting off weird and strange. Of course. Um, uh, so then uh, Mr. C says, Jeffries. Um, and then he Jeffries says, thank God. Um, <laughs> I, How is this a C? I, I don't... I, <laughs> it's weird. Like, they're just exchanging pleasantries, and it's, like, not even... Doesn't even make sense yet. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, right, so now Mr. C, sh- Mr. C says, um, why did you send Ray to kill me? And then Jeffrey says, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the answer we he did not want. He says, what? I called Ray. <laughs> I called Ray. Yep, that's what he said. That's, that's what he said. I'm just repeating. Okay, so then uh, Mr. C says, so you did send him? No response. Then he says... Uh, No, excuse me, device clanks, ominous humming. Yeah, does that count? (laughs) Is that a yes? Is that a yes? That's that's something. That's something. I don't know what to make of the clanking, but Mm -hmm. um, there's no spoken response. Um, So so he uh, seemingly moves on. Or who knows, maybe he understood the clanking. Oh, no. I wish he, he would tell us. Clankies. I wish he would tell us. Clankies. Clankies. Yeah. <laughs> or they gave us some subtitles for the clanking. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> um, so, okay, so then he pivots to... The, yeah, I, I can't wait for the executive producer to have to come out and say, the clanks did not say being. <laughs> they said Billy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually seems like a thing that could happen soon 
Oh man, if the clanks start talking about Billy, right. holy shit, mm-hmm. I give up. <laughs> uh, Billy turns out then to you be can, the most important you can, character. Yeah, you can clank skeptical after that. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so uh, I called Ray. I called. I f- love the inflection there because it doesn't help at all. No. It doesn't. It it doesn't help you figure out because he seems to say he Mister C takes it as a confirmation. Then oh, if you well if you called him, yeah, then, then you did send him to kill me. Yeah, and the normal version of the scene mm. is no, mm-hmm. I just <laughs> called him. I didn't tell him to kill anybody. That's mm-hmm. what it should well, be. Yeah, it should be. Or I called him to tell him this other thing. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but so it's a both. And, it's a both and neither. It's like I didn't necessarily send him to kill you, but I yeah. did have contact with him. Yeah, yeah. So, so the next part makes it even worse for me mm-hmm. um, because, like, it just yeah, like it's it's uh, okay. So the next part is uh, Mr. C says. Did you call me five days ago? And Jeffrey says, I don't have your number. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a hilarious reason why that wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. Which which makes me think, because, you know, there's that that idiom, you know, I have your number, meaning I know Mm -hmm. you or I know what you're about. You know, I've Mm -hmm. got your number, that whole idea. So I'm like, is, is 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 he speaking on that level? Oh, okay, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have your number. Like, I like I don't have a handle on you, or and mm-hmm. that's I couldn't have called you because I don't, I don't, and it almost means the same thing. But yeah, I'm just wondering if that was supposed to be a weird sort of phrasing of that idea, um, or is he just saying I literally don't have your your <laughs> Google Voice phone number or something <laughs> like? Right. Uh, and, like, why would you? He's changing phones all the time. And yeah. also, he has a special communication device, which is the way we saw that guy talk to Mr. C. Right. So, yeah, is he, is thing. he, if he's basically, is he like, I don't have the number to that device either? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, doesn't help. This sentence is not help. It raises so many questions. And yeah, it doesn't help. And then the follow up is so it was someone else who called me. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so the thing that, the thing that kills me about this, like, as though it's, I mean, as if it's not already bad enough, is that the, the, the parallel structure here, uh, uh, did you send Ray to kill me? Uh, what? I called Ray. So you did send him. Did you call me five days ago? I don't have your number. So it was someone else who called me, right? Mm-hmm. The, the structure is the same where it makes it seem like, because I think we are supposed to believe that it was someone else who called him. You know, Um, I think that's true. But then it makes me think, well, then that means he sent Ray. So but that's but it's confusing. (laughs) It's and and it doesn't help that he he says, so you did send him. It's like he doesn't emphasize it that way. But does he mean you sent Ray, but you didn't send him to kill me? You know, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, is is that the confirmation? Because he doesn't repeat that part, you know. Um, and that uh, like you know a few extra words here really could have clarified what this is supposed to mean. I uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I I think I do draw a line and I and I go. He's just referencing the the original question of did you send Ray to kill me? So he I think he's saying, yeah. oh man, this is tough to. 
So, so the question was why? Why did you send Ray to kill me? What I called Ray, so you did send him. You know, like, you could read it that way. I mean, he doesn't say it that way, but he says everything pretty flatly. Well, I think if you, and this is going too far, but if you connect the idea of, did you call me five days ago? Because I think he knows what the guy who called him five days ago wants. Right. And so he's trying to connect Philip Jeffries to the person who sent Ray to kill him to the person who was on the phone. Yeah. And I think, so So the why could be answered if he can confirm that, yes, he, Philip Jeffrey sent Ray to kill him, and yes, it was him on the phone. Right. He doesn't, you know, that's the why there. But, yeah, it, it does get lost in, in the phrasing here. So, so the first part is, why did you send Ray to kill me? And he says... I called him, and then he, and then Mr. C thinks, so you did send him, in parentheses, to kill me. Right. And then the next part is, so So that doesn't have any bearing on whether or not Philip is the man on the phone, but it would, if Philip is against him, yeah, it shouldn't be, he shouldn't be the man on the phone if he's Philip Jeffries, right? Right. Um, regardless of the Ray thing. Right. So then he goes to... Um, did you call me five days ago? He basically says, no, I, w- I don't have a way to call you. So then he says it was someone else who called. But he sort of leaves it as a question, I guess. And then Jeffries models it by saying we used to talk. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the next part, which, you know, is also the, confusing. And the question is like, can Mr. C be misinterpreting this? Do we take his interpretations as the truth? Right, right. Or could he be wrong about what he's interpreting? Because he, right. he is sort of making interpretations very quickly, mm-hmm. just saying, oh, okay, then that means this. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's possible that he's wrong, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I... Oh, I, I- I I think he's right, at least about some of this. Yeah, and I think that's what I got from the we used to talk line is the idea. And that's really just there to verify that Mr. C in that in that part in episode two and in part two in the scene in part two, that he was expecting to talk to Philip Jeffries because yeah. they did used to talk. Right. Right. So I guess that's what. what and that's there's what. the whole thing with Albert, you know. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, um, that was that was a connection, um, and so it's, it, it's sort of like I mean something weird happened here that I have yet to fully understand. But it just it seems to me like the logical thing happening here is that um, yeah, F- Philip Jeffrey seems to have have had some connection with with Mister C. Maybe he thought he was Cooper. I mean, it seems as though he thinks he's still Cooper, uh, based on the lines that that happen later. Um, uh, and they did something, I'm not really sure what or, or Mm -hmm. why, um, uh, but at a certain point, I don't know, Mr. C, like, had Philip Jeffries in on his plans, but this other person entered the story and kind of pretended to be Philip Jeffries and even maybe in the, enlisted some of the same people that Philip Jeffries did. And I was going to say in the same moment that Philip Jeffries decides to not be a part of this plot anymore, seemingly. Yeah. Right. Like he's not because he, he, he's not like, hey, Cooper, you know, where you been? Mm-hmm. Like been been waiting to hear from you or something. You right. know, it seems like 
there is this sort of contrivance here of, of whoever this other person is coming into the plot here, you know, is is at the exact same time that this Philip Jeffries is out of the plot. Right. Uh, and sort of not concerned with what's going on. Because if and, they're both communicating at the same time, like, you would think it would kind of, it would come mm-hmm. out, you know? Yeah. Uh, quicker. And, and, and it begs the question, why did this Philip Jeffries, you know bow out of the plot or, right. or why is he not still in contact or whatever you know and, and here's a question that, that's going to make you mad um <laughs> um why does philip jeffries think this is cooper why does he say so you are oh cooper? god damn when, it. when 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 this is predicated on the flashback to 1989 when philip mm-hmm. jeffries appears yeah, and, he, and the first thing he says is basically, "Who do you think that is there?" Yeah. Pointing, pointing to Dale Cooper, yeah. the good Dale at the time, and so he's basically saying in that moment, "I know that there's two, or at least I know there's another Cooper." Yeah, and this isn't him. Yeah, seemingly. So, so just because this Mister C Cooper remembers this event, why does Philip Jeffries in this scene think that means that he he's Cooper? Yeah. And it was predicated on him knowing that this person who looks like Cooper is not Cooper. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that makes no sense at all. I mean, yeah, that line, that line is a killer. Um, That throws everything off. It would be, this would be easier for me if he just understood this was the doppelganger. Um, I completely agree. If he knew this was the doppelganger, it would streamline so much shit. And you know what? What it really says is how I think unusual the whole doppelganger coming out of the Black Lodge is. Yeah. And I think how un, you know unprecedented and how if you see a person that's a complete 180 of how he used to be, your your first guess isn't, oh, he's a doppelganger. Doppelganger, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. So, yeah, like, basically, I... what The thing I want to say is that, yeah, there was there was this background, and then uh, this other Philip Jeffries character entered the picture, and he is the one who uh, wanted to have Mr. C killed, who wanted Bob, uh, who set up the, the prison thing. You know, he's the one he talked to on the phone. You know, basically, like, he's the one, you know, driving the antagonist part of, of Mr. C's story. And the real Philip Jeffries had some light involvement with ray seemingly and possibly with that storyline in general but it it doesn't seem as though he wants bob he doesn't even mention bob at all um he seems to think it's cooper and and so he's just i don't know it's Mm -hmm. it it doesn't about bob it doesn't seem like he's connected to that whatsoever why would he call ray i have no idea to talk to ray (laughs) i have no idea is it yeah is it some weird like I just, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm starting to get lost vibes from this scene. <laughs> I'm so like... glad you mentioned that because there's a there's a there's a thing here about uh, I guess it's I guess it has to do with um, with uh, Man in Black or something. There's this thing here about people pretending to be other mm-hmm. people and 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 having these scenes where you sort of confront the person about the past and not quite getting explicit answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a very, very lost vibe here. Yeah, yeah. And and the misinterpretation, too. 
Yes. You know, um, like, oh, you remember this thing, so you, so you're Cooper. You know, like, mm-hmm. like what? <laughs> yeah, something with Man in Black being Locke and and all that stuff, and then the original stuff with like, um, uh, with Ben and and you know yeah. who's in the cabin and then yeah. it's Jacob in the cabin, but not right. really and. Pretending yeah, to be locked to kind of uh, get Ben to to kill Jacob, like mm-hmm. you know, pretending to be Philip Jeffries to get the yeah. There's there's definitely, and of course, pretending to be Cooper to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something there. It's weird, you know, because I generally feel that although. Um, Although Twin Peaks is, uh, you know, very strange. I mean, I would say stylistically, it's way, way stranger than Lost. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Like, not even close. Uh, I would say uh, that it does not, it does not focus on individual interpretations nearly as much. Um, It's, there's a lot more, there's a lot more of a sense of, um, you know, not that like subjectivity doesn't matter as much, but there's a lot more of a sense of like there there is kind of a, a, an objective storyline happening, mm-hmm. and um, and the the things that drive the plot are not uh, you know so exclusively just like what people think is happening. You know, they're yeah. they're often right about what's happening, and you know that thing might be crazy. <laughs> But they're still right about it, and it's really just you know a more straightforward like they're pursuing goals and stuff, and it's based on you know correct information. Yeah. Um, so the thing that's the thing that's like throwing me about this scene is that it's like it's not it's not quite working out like that. You know, it seems like it seems like Philip Jeffries is is wrong about it being Cooper, and then um, it calls into question also uh, Mr. C's interpretations of of Philip Jeffries' answers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, is he is his are her, his interpretations wrong? I mean, I feel like I feel like he's right that uh, it was someone else who called him. That seems right, but then so you did send him. It's like. Uh... <laughs> So it's like someone else did call me, but you still could have been the person who wanted to kill me, and you sent Ray right. to kill me. Like that could still be true. It could be, it could be. Even though, like it, it, it makes it seems like it adds up more that it was the other one who wanted to kill him. Um, it seems to fit better with what we know about that character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, presumably he's the one. You know, t- talking to Ray about. Um, you know they want something inside him and stuff like that you know and even the they you know the idea that he represents some mm-hmm. larger group or whatever you know philip jeffries does seem to be uh working alone more or less yeah it doesn't seem to be a group involved here so yeah yeah i i'm i'm starting to think the 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 woodsman the abraham lincoln woodsman uh, is the, is the only real candidate in terms of a character we've already seen before? Um, oh oh, fuck! That's the other thing I have to say. Uh-huh. It can't be ignored that whoever whoever wanted to kill Mister C and you know set up Ray to do that, whoever did that has mm-hmm. a Black Lodge connection because they had the key, they had the ring, 
They had access yep. to the ring. Yep. So if it's not Philip Jeffries, which, you know, I could, I think I could buy that this Philip Jeffries has Black Lodge access. That's, that's plausible. He's living mm-hmm. already in a world where people talk that way and there's these portals and, you know, we yeah, already saw a, the characters go to the Black Lodge and fire walk with me from the convenience store. Yeah, and there's the the the, um, the Buddhist phrase: uh, "A tea kettle opens all doors." <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. That's that's. Think about that, Tammy. <laughs> think about that, Tammy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, uh, I guess I guess I I'm just adding that in. Uh, in terms of like who could this imposter Jeffries be it does mm-hmm. have to be someone who who has some connection with that that crazy world and certainly uh Abraham Lincoln Woodsman would qualify yeah uh for that you know I mean otherwise yeah it's like Mike like I Mike. I really have no idea who mm-hmm. else it could possibly be that we would know about yeah you know unless it's just some random new character that they're introducing yeah, Wyndham Earl, I guess, is still on Wyndham Earl, right? Good old Wyndham Earl. Yeah, <laughs> I seriously don't think it's Wyndham Earl, but you know, hey, what do I know? You know, and uh, just thinking with this, with I still want to know why Philip Jeffries is a tea kettle. Um, but I was just thinking, you know, with um, that we we've seen the idea of spirits or souls be sort of fire, and that that be a sort of connection. Uh, you know, he's got the steam coming out of him, so it just makes me think maybe this is, maybe this is some sort of, um, you know, uh, um, what's the word, a a sort of, uh, housing for his soul or something, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's what the machine is. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, so he, he, he's not really that thing (laughs) so much as that's the vessel that he's in now holding him yeah 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 it's it actually seems a bit uh reminiscent of the the little uh the little device that andy had when he went to the fireman's place you know that like collected the Mm -hmm. um the vision or whatever as a as a smoke thing you know that that i guess that idea of like smoke as like representing like storage somehow Mm-hmm. Um, it seems it or seems, like information yeah mm-hmm. yeah it seems kind of along those lines uh like it could yeah. be uh some kind of representation of that yeah um okay well so, you know so this this so in the captions i believe jeff they have jeffrey's using a question mark with so you are cooper Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Like, is it really a question? <laughs> is is it a declarative yeah. statement or is it a question? Yeah, that's a completely different thing. Yeah, to be clear, like, uh, I when I watched it without captions, I did not. Um, I didn't think it was a question. I agree. I, I thought it was a statement. Uh, and we it. know from being skepticism era that uh, <laughs> the captions are not necessarily reliable in terms of mm-hmm. just what people say, let alone stuff like punctuation. Mm-hmm. That that very well could be an interpretation um, that isn't necessarily true. And, you know, that gets down to like, you know, because the way the actor said it, I mean, it's possible that it was a question in the script and he, re- he just read it that way. 
it, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we're supposed to take that. It seemed like a statement to me. It seemed like he yeah. really believed that this proved it. Um, do, do you want to talk about that part? Do you want to talk about Judy? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't talk about Judy, but I feel like she's the one everyone needs to talk about. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, uh, so Jeffrey says, um, after, uh, Mr. C says it was, so is someone else who called me, Jeffrey says, we used to talk. And Mr. C says, yes, we did. And that's used as a segue to go back to the, uh, Phil Jeffrey scene from Fire Walk With Me, black and white again. Um, and, uh, we hear him, they, they do overdub it with the new voice. Uh, well now I'm not going to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. And then, uh, um, uh, Mr. C says, 1989, you showed up at FBI headquarters in Philadelphia and said you'd met Judy. This is when Jeffrey says, so you are Cooper. Which, mm-hmm. or so you are Cooper? <laughs> so you are Cooper? <laughs> it's so subtle. Um, yeah. Uh, either way, I mean, I would think, I think even if it's a question, it's, 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 it's weird that that's proof of that. But uh, uh, the doppelganger thing. Okay, sorry. We got to continue before I get sidetracked. Um, so then um, Mr. C says, Philip, uh, why didn't you want to talk about Judy? Who is Judy? Does Judy want something from me? That's a lot of questions to ask, Mr. C. I'm not going <laughs> to answer all your questions. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's like, oh, man. So anyway, he says, uh, Jeffrey says, why don't you ask Judy yourself? Let me write it down for you. <laughs> oh, that was the best. That was the best. When the smoke changes and he's writing in the air, he's this—it's just the best. Uh, yeah. So we see uh, we see some numbers uh, kind of in the in the steam, and uh, Mister C writes them down, um, and then he asks again, "Who is Judy?" And Jeffrey's uh, replies, "You've already met Judy." And then Mr. C... That's the line no one wanted, right? No one wanted. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, you've already met her. Oh, man. I know, I know. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus, great. Uh, like, so it's a clue, and yet somehow it makes it worse. Yep, yep. Uh, so then uh, Mr. C asks, a great, uh, what do you mean I've met Judy? You think you're going to get an answer to that? Uh, at that point, the phone starts ringing, and mm-hmm. uh, then he asks who's Judy again a couple more times. Uh, Jeffrey's sort of disappears, like the wall kind of fades back in, uh, the opposite of what it did when he comes in. And then Mr. C picks up the phone. Um, we see the convenience store, like, smoke back and forth thingy. And then uh, we see Mr. C appear in a phone booth right outside the store where he started basically yep uh so that, that was like was... a it's like a matrix move there yeah definitely oh yeah they use through the, the phones phone. like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one yeah i was thinking like transporter but that's that's actually uh more similar but yeah he didn't have to do the whole walk back he just got mm-hmm. you know he just got blooped right back outside 
Um, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the end of that. Uh, we kind of go on to a different thing after that, but um, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, well, this so just going backwards. This little bloop here with the phone really, really sort of uh, goes back to Philip Jeffries when he appeared in the elevator. You know, so it's an interest. You know, we we sort of assumed mm-hmm. it was this kind of thing where through the electricity, yeah, you can sort of travel, but actually having you know, a non-entity, uh, or say, um, supernatural entity like Mr. C. Well, I guess he is supernatural in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just a, I, I guess I meant a non-Black Lodge person yeah. sort of going through uh, <laughs> the, the electrical lines traveling, I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it calls the, you know, makes it seem like anyone could sort of do that, uh, right. maybe. But, okay, so Judy, I mean, let's start with the big question is, yeah. who could she be that he's already met? And and it's, so we talked about it before, where who could she be that the good Cooper has met, and who could she be that only the bad Cooper has right. met? Right, right, yeah, yeah, which are definitely separate questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, as you said earlier, um, you know, for various reasons, uh, as outlined above, see above, uh, I think Nido is definitely a, a, a solid candidate. Um, we know that uh, we know that the good Cooper met her. We saw that happen um, mm-hmm. back in part three. <clears throat> uh, I I um, you know and and he thinks you know that's so. But so what do you think are what do you think are some some other potential possibilities here? I mean, is there anything that you think is really because to me. Um, I would be surprised at this point. I'd be surprised if it's anyone else. That just seems like the clear answer. And I do think that um, I would say I don't know. It's it's a weird thing to say, but I would say that um, you know sometimes with this show, like it it just is the thing that it seems like it should be. I, I mean, I guess Richard Horn thing would be an example of that. Sometimes um, it is. A lot of time it's not, but sometimes it is. Um, yeah, it's. I guess the, I want to start with why is Nido named Nido if she's Judy? <laughs> so they don't call her Judy and spoil it. I mean, I guess that would be the only real like practical reason. But but I mean like just from a from an in show reason, why is she named Nido? She doesn't tell anyone her name is Nido. Yeah, I guess they could just call her like mysterious woman or or you know eyeless woman. So or, that's my question: is why is she giving a name instead yeah. of a title? A title like that that's yeah that's a placeholder you know yeah um, being given being given a specific name does seem like it could mean that however uh i'll you know i'll just say that if if judy is some character we know then she's not named judy also you know she has some other name besides judy so i mean i think it's going to be true for pretty much all the other candidates right i mean who who else who else can you name that doesn't have another name that's not Judy. <laughs> I feel like every character on the show fits that description. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if it's so, if it's someone we know, you know, then I, I think that's what it has to be. Yes. The difference being Nido's a new character. True. Uh True. and you know it, it and because no one says her name Right. Then they're telling us she's Nido in this sort of outside of the show kind of right. a thing. 
um, which is which is because I guess if you didn't read the credits, you wouldn't know her name is Nido. Right. And so when they say, hey, who's Judy? You could say, well, maybe she's Judy because we right. don't know her name. Right. So that's, I guess, something to think about. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm actually trying to wonder if there's any way and follow me down this rabbit hole here. Is there any way that Judy is Josie and Nido is Josie? Uh, Like, that's why we don't, we'll never see her eyes is because like she's, she's supposed to be Josie and, but they don't have the actual actress. You know what I mean? Oh, she changed. Mm-hmm. She changed a little bit. That sort of necessitated the the sort of weird face. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and that and so that so when he's like, "You met Judy," it's like, "Well, Cooper has met Josie." Yeah. <laughs> and and sort of you know I'm I'm trying to connect it to like wherever Josie went, whatever happened with her, uh, you know, and maybe she wound up in the purple place after she got trapped in the wood. And 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 she's really somehow she's really like like Judy was her a pseudonym or something with whatever she was doing. A (laughs) I feel like I've taught you well. (laughs) I feel the need to take credit for that. Uh, Share the those are good ones. A judonym. That's that's what it's like to be me. You just sit and listen and wait for your, your time to use a good pun. <laughs> oh, now I don't know what it's like to be around me. Just <laughs> You're trying to make a cogent point, and then someone says judonym, and you're like, bravo, bravo. Well, that, that now you know what it's like to be me. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a double it's like role reversal. Wow. Yeah. I feel like only Twin Peaks could have really made that happen. <laughs> Double role reversal. <laughs> now we know what it's like to be everyone. Um, so anyway, you see I'm working really hard to connect this theory, but I, I just I want to go out there on a limb and say maybe there's some mm-hmm. way that Judy is Josie and Josie is Nido. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, I mean, there's uh, already been some, I mean, it's it's all kind of outside the, uh, you know, the actual show slash movie, but, uh, you know, there was uh, indication that Judy was supposed to be Josie's sister, and, you know, maybe, um, yeah, maybe that idea could evolve into something like what you're saying. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem out of the question. I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, if anything, that, you know, that seems more consistent. Like, basically, if it's not that or uh, Nido and she's Josie's sister in some sense, then uh, I think that has to mean that, um, you know, th- they've moved to some completely different idea from uh, Josie's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it's um, Diane or, uh, you know, Janie E <laughs> or... Uh, Audrey or, you know, just throw out, uh, you know, potentially uh, significant female characters who could potentially Mm -hmm. be Judy. Uh, If it's one of them, then that has to mean they abandoned the the Josie sister thing. I think those two theories, you know, would be consistent with that are the most plausible. And, you know, the other thing is like, 
what's Nido then? If Nido isn't Judy, then what the what's Nido? <laughs> oh no! Damn what's it! Nido, there's a I question. Mean, well, there's a, this there's a thing there, you know. Yeah, and this won't solve it, but I I want to go down another rabbit hole and wonder if if Judy could be Annie. Oh Jesus! And, oh yeah, and, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, so maybe the idea is Philip Jeffries when he was you know going through his Black Lodge adventures, you know, since the Black Lodge is sort of outside of regular time, uh, maybe he came across annie in the black lodge at some point and somehow got the sense that her name was judy sure uh, sure. <laughs> sure and so you know uh and that would actually you know maybe connect to why he singles out cooper you know because annie is connected to cooper right um so maybe he saw both of them in the black lodge or something yeah. or saw her and got some sense her name was judy and maybe that's who he's talking about yeah because that would be a great reveal if, you know, if we circle back around to Annie through this, you know, by way of Judy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They could do that. That would definitely be a strange there's, way to bring her back in the story. You know, there's Judy Garland, right? right? Oh, and, God, that reminds me. I, that's one of the that's one of the theories I've seen, that it's Major Briggs. <laughs> the Major Briggs is Judy? Yeah. Oh, man. Because his name's oh, Garland. Man. Oh no! And that—that's yeah. That oh, it's like no. it's like a code thing. Oh no! That's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> that's the best thing ever. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense though. Uh, like uh, a big shouldn't be Judy in, in terms of like. I mean, what's what, what is what is Cooper gonna go do with the numbers uh, Jeffries gave him? Go dial a floating head in space? I mean, well, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. Yeah, right? no, I agree. I I don't think that's it. But uh, you know, it does fit. He's already met him. Uh, I think that's probably true for both Coopers. It is true for both Coopers. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So you know that works. Uh, it's a it's a weird like pun connection with the name. And yeah, I mean, dialing ahead is is weird, but hey, he's talking to a tea kettle. <laughs> but he's talking to a I tea mean, kettle. It's not a hundred percent out of the question, but I agree that I think with the way the story's gone, like Major Briggs has already played um, a large role in the plot. Um, you know, Mister C is already aware of that. It is interesting that um, uh, Fake Villa Jeffries mentions like you met with major garland briggs mm-hmm. um i'm not really sure what to make of that i'm not even sure what he's referencing yet um uh you know the the eternal question of whether he was there in buckhorn is he talking about 25 years ago because <laughs> like i think now that uh now that we have this kind of imposter jeffries like showing up on the scene i think the possibility that he's talking about the 25 years ago meeting is definitely you know there um yeah you know since like maybe it's, it's a new maybe. introduction of that character well now it makes me want to go down the road of of judy maybe being the person's last name and it's a guy mm-hmm. it's frank judy or something mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's who the imposter is maybe maybe the imposter is judy could be could be that would be yeah. Because they, I just checked, and they never, re- they never use the a female pronoun for Judy. So mm-hmm. Jeffries never says "ask her yourself" or something. Right. 
So they always just say Judy when they refer to Judy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder. Maybe that's the maybe that's the sort of reveal. Is it's 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 not a first name. Yeah, yeah. It definitely he calls could be. him. You know, I was gonna say he calls him Jeffries, but sometimes he says Philip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, who else could Judy be in terms of an obvious? Um, I mean, once you throw, you know, once you throw like all men and all women into the pool, it's kind of like <laughs> there's really no limit to who it could be. Well, uh, but it can't be. It can't be like the regular people in Twin Peaks, right? It, 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 you know what I mean? It, sh- it shouldn't be, you know, like Narma or Ed. Well, okay. or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, doubtful. There's, a, there's a bunch of people. It shouldn't be. But you know, you none, know of, none of the. Like none of the sheriffs, you know, none of the, their family members. Right. Um, yeah. uh, it, it should be someone who who sort of is on the outside of things or involved in the supernatural stuff. Right? Yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like it's Audrey is Judy or something like that, you know. Um, and I'm trying to just think of any other characters who we've we've Sarah seen. Palmer. Yeah, okay, um, Sarah Palmer. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Sarah Palmer. Gotta throw that in, because she's clearly got something going on with her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Cooper connection is, but uh, also, you know, girl from the 50s. Okay. Throw that in. Because, <laughs> uh, like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. She's gotta be somebody, right? So, So where's the connection there? I, you know... If if uh, if if Sarah Palmer's Judy and and the girl's Judy, that could be two birds with one stone. I doubt that's true, but um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's uh, yeah. Uh, reasonably speaking, uh, I think that's probably the limit. I mean, Audrey's like really strange plot right now uh, makes me think that like there is a a very minor chance. Um, you know, like, I would, I would have to say that, like, there's no way they intended originally for Audrey to be Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the storyline they've given her now, I don't know, it, it, it does seem like, uh, that could happen. So one um, interesting thing that they, that they put in here, which they didn't really need to, but he says, does Judy want something from me? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very, very telling in terms of them telegraphing any goal that Judy might have. Right. And, and why she's even being talked about. So I, right. I kind of feel like the answer is yes. Yeah. She wants something from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I oh, guess he's going to talk to Just her. Just throw that in. Who? <laughs> Experiments. Experiment is Judy. I'm just throwing it in. Just throwing it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have a name? Uh, uh, you know, could have uh, could have met uh, Cooper in some form, or maybe he means Bob. <laughs> I don't know if he even knows about Bob, but um, uh, I guess the other thing is that, um, uh, you know, Cooper, uh, if that was mother outside, I don't know, maybe that counts. It does seem like Experiment pursued Cooper into the box or at least followed him, uh, was there right after him. So you think, so you think Mr. C is going to pick up the phone and dial those numbers and Sarah Palmer is going to pick up? <laughs> uh, it could be. It could be. I mean, I guess that would be a way to tie her in with Judy as well. 
if uh, if it's if it's kind of if it's kind of a reference to experiment. Well, then you have to ask. Well, what would she want from Mister C? I would have to ask that. And if if does he have the the Bob orb or not? You know, that's the right. obvious thing she could want. Right, right. My baby. I was just gonna say maybe she wants him back. Maybe like she that was an accident. <laughs> Maybe she had remorse that she gave her only son away. I never should have let go of my baby. <laughs> Why did she sound like that? <laughs> I don't know what her voice is supposed to be. I don't know. That's my default for uh, All right. <laughs> amorphous creatures. <laughs> yeah. So we have Judy could be Annie. She could be Nido. She yeah. could be Experiment. The girl from the 50s or Sarah Palmer. Yeah. She could also be... Uh, Major Briggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody else? Um. Uh, did you put Audrey on the list? Okay, Audrey. I'm and throwing then, in uh, Audrey, and if we're throwing in s- Audrey, fuck it, Diane, throw her in there. Oh come on! Uh, sorry, sorry, she's gonna have to go in. <laughs> Why? Okay, well, I'll put her in there. These people, I don't think are Judy. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. But but I would say, like, of the characters where it's, like, even a remote possibility, I think she has to be on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had interactions with both Coopers. Um, she, you know, she's clearly tied into the plot in some weird way. And uh, What you know, would she want from Mr. C, though? We don't really understand her motivations. Well, I don't know. <laughs> That would, we would have to find that out. Um, You know, the big question here, I keep saying that, there's all big questions, is why did he even focus on this as something to talk about? You know, he starts with trying to figure out who wants him, who who tried to hire Ray to kill him, and then he transitions to this flashback to 1989, and he focuses on Judy, of all things. Like, Judy was not a thing that was up. So why is he focusing on Judy at this point? Like, why does he think... You know, it makes it seem like Judy was the one who told Ray to kill him or something. Right. Like, why would he be focusing on Judy all of a sudden? Yeah, it's uh, a good question. Well, and then, th- so that raises the possibility that, uh, you know, the man on the phone is Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, fake Philip Jeffries, you know. Um, and uh, he has met Cooper uh, in some form. Uh, so I don't know what that means about the, the guy on the phone. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, and speaking of a phone, was Jeffries the one who made the phone ring to send Cooper back, or or what? Or was that was that fake Philip Jeffries hacking into the phone line oh and doing it? Like, well, I assume that because he like disappeared, you know the the wall comes back i assumed that the you know the percolator did it but uh <laughs> you know which is the the answer to everyone's favorite um least favorite agatha christie novel <laughs> <laughs> the percolator did it <laughs> no one saw that coming <laughs> damn agatha was experimenting yeah she was <laughs> they'll never see this one coming <laughs> I'm the best mystery writer in the world. <laughs> and no one did see it coming. No one saw it coming. But they still hated it. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but 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 uh, I have to admit that you know because of uh, this fake Phil Jeffries like ability to um, you know infiltrate the prison. You know he made a deal with the warden. He 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 got Mister C's number when the real Phil Jeffries couldn't get it for some reason. Um, you know, I think the possibility is definitely there that he could do something like that. I wouldn't deny. Yeah. Um, I do, I do think there's a very easy, if, if deceptive, uh, path to take here to, con- like you were just saying, to combine those two things that the, the person who called him on the phone, who tried to have Ray, who had tried, who Ray, uh, who, whatever with Ray and killing him. <laughs> blah, um, blah, blah, Ray. What? Blah 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 Ray. Blah 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 Ray. Um, you know to connect that to 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 who Judy is, like because now mm-hmm. we have two characters with mysterious um, backgrounds and mysterious identities. Yeah. And yeah, you could just say those two are the same thing somehow. Yeah. Um, which would be weird, but welcome to the party. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like story economy or whatever, and and exactly. I feel like we gotta start thinking that way because like there's only three hours left. I mean, mm-hmm. how much, how much, how many new characters can show up and like matter, you know, in yeah. that time? So just it just seems like yeah, there has to be. It, I would say like if Judy is is not that guy, I feel like maybe Judy knows that guy. Maybe Judy's working with that guy. You know, what I mean, there's gotta okay. be some connection there. Mm-hmm. Judy will lead to the guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he was seemingly at least Ray thought he was part of a group. I mean, maybe she's part of the group. Um, <laughs> maybe she's behind the group. I mean, I you know, I I don't know how how deep it goes, but yeah, I feel like a, a connection there seems logical. Because mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's bizarre. I mean, I mean, and let's just go back to the coordinates, right? Didn't he want the coordinates more than anything? Wasn't weren't the <laughs> no, coordinates the most important thing in the world? Uh, clearly not. And now I he's just know. like he's just like well, I'm gonna go funny. find Judy. It well, it's funny. We thought you know, they, they, good thing you brought that up because it actually makes us recontextualize the scene when they when when Gordon finds the portal and go, and, and sort of almost goes to this the stairways stairwell place. Mm-hmm. Um, that clearly w- could not be where the coordinates led to or anything like that because mr c knows how to get there (laughs) you know right well yeah but those weren't those weren't that was when they were delivering the coordinates yeah does that make sense yeah 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 i just wanted to cross that out i mean i know we've gone back and forth on that whole whole thing but like just to make that clear yes he He walked through there he's sort of able to get to that place yeah yeah um, he doesn't need help to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I assume that was where they, they met Major Briggs to, to give him the coordinates to the place uh, that it that is seemingly in Twin Peaks. So do you think... Cause he, he still needs to know that the coordinates lead to Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which I feel like he should have deduced by now somehow. I don't know I why, do, too. But... I feel like he should have known that, like, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> like, you know what like show you're to... on? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. The show I'm starring in. Um, uh, I wonder why my hair was always so perfect I'm on a TV show. Um, yeah, you know, I do think he also, once he finds out where the coordinates lead to, I think he needs to make a comment about like yeah. 
oh, I should have guessed. Yeah. Or back where it all started. Yes. Or some, and, and also a reason why the coordinates lead to that place would also be nice. Um, like, why is it, and is it is it Jack Rabbit's palace that the coordinates go to, or mm-hmm. is it the Glastonbury Grove, or is it the Double R or the Roadhouse? Right. Like, where in Twin Peaks do these coordinates go to? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that's something we got to find out. I think like uh, now that we know that, um, uh, as you as you mentioned, like Mister C's storyline is kind of taking place a bit earlier than uh, some of the other storylines that we've seen in the previous parts. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that opens up the possibility that, um, uh, you know, that he will arrive in Twin Peaks in time for um, day two of Jack, Jack Rabbit's Palace. I'm going to call it right now. He's going to come out of the vortex in Jack Rabbit's Palace on day two. He's going to come out of the vortex. Yep, he's going to come out of the vortex. Oh. Yeah. So, so then the coordinates lead somewhere else. I think. Well, in the same okay, place? maybe I'll take that. I'll take that back. I guess I was thinking somehow he would get to the vortex through the convenience store or something. But maybe they're done with that for now, since he kind of drove away, and they're gonna. Are they just going to drive to Twin Peaks? That was my assumption. Of course, uh, I don't know exactly what he took away as far as like these numbers and, and where Judy is. I mean, could is it going to be some weird coincidence where like the coordinates are the same as Judy's numbers and, and well, so Judy's if, in the place where the coordinates are? Well, could it be that, you know, if Judy is... Uh, is Josie and Josie's in the wood, <laughs> trapped in the wood at the Great Northern? Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe he'll show up to the Great Northern. That's what those numbers were. That yeah. he, you know, or maybe those were, co- I don't know if those are supposed to be coordinates or a phone yeah. number or something. It was hilarious to me that Mr. C walks around with a, with a pin and pad um, <laughs> yep. for moments like this. Yep, definitely. <laughs> but but definitely. in this scene, I just rewatched it. Um the phone starts ringing when he asks who is Judy before the wall starts disappearing. Mm-hmm. So it is a bit, you know, so it is a bit of something there where, like, somebody's trying to get him to, to not ask any more questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I took that to be Philip Jeffries himself, like, I'm done with you. Um, yeah. That's fair. But, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- d- I, it's hard to deny that uh, it, the, it could be someone else. Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's various there's, other people that might want that. There's something up there. But you know, if, and if that was Philip Jeffries making the phone ring, then that that does sort of tie into the idea of of him communicating to Mister C through the phones. You know, so, at somehow in the some point in the right. past. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Actually, this when show, I knew your number. Yeah, this show makes electricity and technology so scary. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like tools of evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I think I read an interview where someone asked uh, someone asked David Lynch about that. Like, does do, does electricity like disturb you? Do you have some like kind of aversion mm. to it? Like, why is it always? And he was like, I love it. <laughs> 
Of course he loves it. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it's like, okay. I guess he just thinks it works well somehow with like dark evil stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I think that he finds something appealing about that. You know, buzzing electricity and and you know technology like being used in these weird ways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, electricity is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 quite literally interesting. And that's also a uh, Fire Walk With Me thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? uh, the connection electricity. to electricity was uh, not, uh, not clear at all in the original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something when you look back, you figure you you sort of get the idea of what those um, shots of the traffic light really mean. Right? Uh, God, they were so enig- enigmatic <laughs> of just like there's just no way this means anything. Right. Uh, but somehow it's perfect. Somehow it's it's really saying something. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think you know we saw um, in this part right before Mister C right before we see Mr. C driving to the convenience store, we do get that um, that shot of the mm-hmm. sort of really dark sky and electrical lines yeah. and sort of electricity flowing, uh, which made me think, like, is that supposed to be the convenience store traveling to this location and it's going to materialize there or something? Like, what's right. that really supposed to be? Could be, could be. Um... Yeah, I thought maybe... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I thought maybe Mr. C was, was following it somehow. Um, like he could perceive it in some way, and it was leading mm-hmm. him there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's clearly connected with that place. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, impossible to deny, I would say. Um, you know, it's tied in. it's tied in with the woodsman in some way. Um, uh, and yeah, I guess more generally like those entities that are there. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely wonder about that in terms of the convenience store. If like, um, cause I had assumed in part eight that it was in New Mexico because mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was kind of the context, yep. um, for that, you know, that whole segment really, um, uh, you know, except for the stuff with the giant, um, uh, but you know, there's just no way this is New Mexico. There's no way they drove from Montana. There's no way Richard Horn followed this guy from Montana no. to New Mexico. New Mexico doesn't have trees like that. And New Mexico doesn't have trees like that. Yeah. So it's like, they, they must be, you know, roughly in that, in that area, that, that kind of Montana, you know, they're close to Twin Peaks, which yeah. it seems like, um, it seems like they must be headed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, anyway, I guess, yeah, the idea of, like, the convenience store as, you know, something that can, that can travel, I mean, that makes sense, you know, uh, if, if if Mr. C can travel through the phone line, you know, yeah, maybe the convenience store can kind of go Mm -hmm. through the electrical lines and, and, you know, appear where it's needed or where they want it to for some purpose, 
Um, yeah, and it's interesting what you kind of thought about that shot. Like, Mr. C is sort of finding the location of the convenience store through the electrical lines. Mm-hmm. Like, he could sense it or get directions yeah. from it or something. Yeah, He did some weird stuff with electricity in the uh, prison, you mm-hmm. know? Um, that whole sequence with the phone and, uh, you know, questions were made about the Buenos Aires. We still don't know about the cow jumped over the moon. I forgot about that. Yeah. We don't even know who he was talking to or or what that even meant. And that was like, what, ten parts ago? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, Yeah, and uh, he even meets Philip Jeffries and, you know, there was a Buenos Aires connection seemingly there and uh, there, there was no acknowledgement of that. Um, wow good call man i totally forgot about that oh well there's a whole there was oh it's buenos aires because of philip jeffries yeah yeah it seemed like that had to be related and it's and like and then who 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 got that message did the percolator get that message that's like, a great question i mean they didn't talk about it you know uh did fake philip jeffries get that message did he like step in and i don't know like <laughs> not clear why was it in Buenos Aires? Yeah. And it was a number that she texted. <laughs> Forgot about that. The worried assassin. Like, mm-hmm. she, she texted yeah. a number and it went to a box. And yeah. then, uh, what was it, two lights? Yeah. Yeah. Both lights lit up? I think so. And then it turned into silver. Yeah. And it said Argent. She texted Argent. Argent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is French for silver. Right. It could also mean Argentina. Right, right. <laughs> Hopefully both. Does Argentina mean little silver? Uh, no, I think it's just a Spanish... Uh, I think it's just the Spanish word for silver. Ah, okay. Because I, I, I think it comes from the same the same root. Um, or maybe it's the Spanish word for silvery. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. And so is that the only reason it's in Argentina, the silver connection? Why silver? (laughs) Good question. Um, Since I don't have an answer on that, um, just to say that, you know, when he did all that, you know, the electricity was like, the the, the lights were blinking. There's all kinds of like crazy stuff going on as far as that goes in the the prison. So so I guess I'm just saying like, I think there's at least some reason to think like it's possible he has some weird connection with electricity that he could he could follow it you know and figure out you know where the convenience Mm -hmm. store is like i think that's not you know completely they were and they were waiting for him too yeah yeah they definitely seem to be waiting for him yeah it seems like he should just tell them to go kill ducky i know right wouldn't that be like way easier (laughs) Then all this bull is Chantal and Hutch like await their inevitable failure. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah, right. Because we just saw them kill, uh, yeah. kill uh, Duncan Todd. Todd and Roger. Uh, Poor and Roger. Roger, right? Oh, geez, he, didn't he ask had for no this. idea. And uh, so, so I think the fact, I think that that also makes me think that that uh, Cooper is going to be awake next episode, just in time for them to mm-hmm. show up and. Try to kill him. Totally agree. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't exactly know how he's going to avoid it, um, but, uh, you know, uh, either the FBI shows up. Uh, I mean, the FBI in Las Vegas is looking for him right now. 
Um, so very poorly. That could be uh, <laughs> well, indeed. Like, is that how he avoids it? Like, right when they're about to shoot him with a sniper rifle, like he gets a phone call from the FBI, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We need to see you," and like. Then they late. Then that is that what saves him? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, like I kind of thought that. Uh, I kind of thought that Gordon and Co would go there, um, but since they've introduced like the FBI in Las Vegas, it does seem like maybe um, their role will be to find Cooper there, and uh, maybe they'll just end up. Um, maybe they'll just end up meeting him in Twin Peaks. Well, I I I want to buy that, but I just don't see how does that really work out though. I mean, what do you how do you think that plays out? Like they they find Dougie, they see he is looks like Cooper. Yeah. And then, you know, but but what necessitates Dougie/Cooper going to Twin Peaks? <sighs> okay, okay. So, so here's how it would work in my head. Um, well, okay. I, I can't... Okay, there's one part of this I can't get. Um, okay, here it is. Got it. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think this is really what's going to happen, but here's something that's at least, like, vaguely plausible, I think. So, like, Cooper wakes up, right? This is the Cooper mm-hmm. waking up episode. So, he's awake in the next episode, right? And then, uh, you know, Chantal and Hutch uh, try to kill him, uh, maybe. Um, and let's say... Uh, you know, he gets out of it somehow. Um, hey, maybe the FBI are there. It, it could be. It could be the FBI are there. And like, they, the, like the Las Vegas FBI. Uh, they find, so, like, but what I was thinking is maybe, um, uh, you know, maybe Mike will talk to him and tell him that uh, that he has to go to Twin Peaks. Um, you know, that there's something important happening there. He has to stop his doppelganger. He has to kill him, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. like, cause now he's woken up finally after all this time. Um, and so like maybe the FBI will like come to get him, but he'll, he'll have just left and, uh, and, and, and they'll find out, uh, you know, from the, by some means, uh, Janie, mm-hmm. maybe they, maybe they can, uh, you know, uh, there's a ticket or something, or maybe they can track him somehow or something. They'll figure out that he's gone to Twin Peaks. And they'll mm-hmm. tell Gordon and and Co about it, and that's why they'll uh, pursue him there. Oh, good! It's Twin Peaks. That's so my you path. don't think that's pretty good. You don't think Janie E and Diana are gonna have a scene together? Well, uh, yeah, that does seem like something that should happen. I have to admit, uh, mm-hmm. and there's not a way for that. So I don't know. Maybe she follows him there. Um, maybe she comes with him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's the question of what's going on with Janie period. Uh, so yeah, uh, there has to be a way for that to work. Uh, so yeah, that would be a reason that might pull the FBI in the, in the direction of Las Vegas. Maybe they, I mean, you know, time can get compressed. Maybe they go there first, uh, meet up with Janie E, but Cooper's already gone. And then they go to Twin Peaks. That could happen too. Mm-hmm. So, why can't we talk about Judy? <laughs> I'm still like, I feel like in order to find out who she is, asking the question of why didn't he want to talk to her. I love that he asked that. Yeah. It's like, that's such a, 
uh, you know, I, you know, there there is something very. I think um, I'm gonna say rewarding for you know the long term fan of this series uh, to have someone on screen officially mm -hmm. ask the question that you know basically yeah. anyone who watches that <laughs> movie yeah. has been wondering. Yeah. Ever since he said it, because it's like, yeah, why does he lead with that? Because it's such a non sequitur. Like, mm -hmm. we're not now. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. you. What? Yeah. <laughs> you just showed up after years, and that's what you lead with. And it's a great question because it it's not it's it's more than we kind of would normally get from a scene like this. I think because yeah, it would be enough for him to just say who is Judy, yeah. what does she want, but to, yeah. but to but to ask why you didn't want to talk about her, yeah is um is huge because that was 25 years ago so in a way like why should that even matter so the yeah. fact that he's bringing it up is is means it matters right right um, and it's a good question uh yeah. why didn't he want to but uh, it's uh, see if we knew for sure who judy was it would be easier to get a start on that <laughs> well that's why we're going the opposite way and it's harder because it's like well like i like I'm I'm imagining a scene where someone tells Philip Jeffries, "Don't talk about Judy." Mm -hmm. Like he sees something, or he understands something to do with Judy, and then someone's like, like I almost imagine like the the the, the uh, grandson or somebody's like, "Don't talk about Judy," you know, like some yeah. person there in the convenience store scene, in the cavalcade of characters there, like just tells him not to talk about. Judy. So that's where he gets that idea from. Yeah, you know, uh, but I, but like, what happened to Judy? Like, what is, she, what is she? What did she do? What does she know that makes it something where we shouldn't talk about her? Um, right. Like, what could that be? It's almost like that. That you know, don't. don't what, what's that thing? Don't think of a. What's the thing people always say? Oh, don't think of an elephant. Yeah, there you go. Like, don't think of an elephant, and it may, it's almost like. It's like whatever you do, don't talk about Judy. All right, we're not going to talk about Judy. Yeah, talk Judy about will Judy. not be mentioned here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By not talking, by saying you don't want to talk about her, you're talking about her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes it like clearly a prominent subject that we should wonder about. And it's like if you really mm -hmm. want to talk about it, you should have just not mentioned her at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's the best way to make sure no one talks about her. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I think what you're saying is plausible. Like, it's a straightforward, like, someone told him not to talk about Judy. Mm -hmm. um, the first root of, rule of Judy Club is no one talks about <laughs> Judy. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Why not? There needs to be a Judy Club. And the second role of Judy Club is no one talks about Judy. <laughs> the third rule of Judy Club is call her on the phone and ask her yourself why right. you shouldn't talk about her. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the, I feel like we might learn that. So it's like, do we have the tools to answer this question? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Do we have the tools to answer why we're here in the universe? <laughs> Do we have the tools to answer? Are we alone? Oh God! Why? Do, um, you know, what's the meaning of life? Do we have the tools to answer that question? Oh God! Why does it have to get that deep? I think it's that deep. Can it be? Can it be a little easier than? <laughs> 
No, I think asking who's Judy and why we shouldn't talk about her is a fundamental question of the nature of reality. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You heard it here first, folks. That's, that's oh man. This is going to be a yeah. long podcast. <laughs> it's who am I? What's the meaning of my life? And mm-hmm. then who's Judy? Who's Judy? And, uh, and why, why, why didn't you want to talk about her? Yeah. And then is there a God? That's number five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, it's top five. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we can answer the question. I, you know, it, it, in terms of it being something ominous, Judy is, represents something bad that we shouldn't talk about because it's bad or evil or or can can hurt or something. Maybe Judy is um, experiment. Did he want to protect Judy? You know, well, I'm thinking like maybe Judy is whatever is in Sarah Palmer. Oh, okay. And that could be a way yeah. where you could ask Judy yourself. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe they'll do this weird thing, which is kind of a lost thing to do. But maybe, you know, Cooper wants coordinates that, that we know lead to Twin Peaks. But he, as of yet, isn't going to get those coordinates, hasn't gotten them and might not get them. Right. Unless Diane decides to text him soon. Right. Uh, but I'm wondering if he will, you know, effectively get the coordinates by just the numbers that Philip Jeffrey gives him are, are also coordinates to Twin Peaks. And so these numbers will let Mr. Yeah. C know that he needs to go to Twin Peaks. So so he'll sort of get to the same place without right. actually getting the coordinates. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was wondering about. You know, I guess like another connection you could draw is if those coordinates are uh, or those numbers actually are the same as the coordinates, then maybe that would be an extra reason to believe that, um, that, that Judy is Nido. You know, if 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 they lead to uh, the Jackrabbit's Palace uh, yes. location, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's kind of again why I was trying to make it where Mister C would come out of the vortex there. Right. Uh, obviously, not the same vortex that leads to the giant's place, uh, but like you know, some other sort of vortex place um, that he could come out on the second day. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible, but uh, it does seem like he's he's somewhat tethered to reality. I mean, I think if he's coming out, uh, Richard Horn's going to be there. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really see how that's going to. I mean, maybe he could just look at the, what he wrote down and say Cooper and he would disappear. I don't know how these things work. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't really like sit here and say like, well, that's impossible. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so well, and you know the idea too that that Judy could be Briggs's head floating in space. Um, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we did see Nido come to the real world yeah. after being in space, and that's yeah. exactly where Briggs was too. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think only David Lynch could have a floating head of a deceased actor be a character on a show. <laughs> So I I really hope that somehow yep. Judy is Briggs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would say that's. Uh... <laughs> and maybe they could do the same thing where they just get another actor to do a voiceover, and it's just sort of the uh, mm-hmm. the sort of head sort of talking in slow motion or something, and it could just say whatever it wants to say. Right. 
I'm Judy. <laughs> Judy you know, Garland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe in the military, his his uh, friends called him Judy, like mm-hmm. as a as a nickname, like a yeah, because of because of Garland. Right. And maybe that's where Judy yeah. comes from. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, I'd say that's a definitely a plausible alternate theory. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, in my mind, um, number one is Naito, and number two is probably Major Briggs. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. If if Naito is Judy, then we're not going to talk about Naito. Mm-hmm. Um, means what? Like, is it, we don't want to talk about her because of what happened to her eyes? Mm-hmm. Did, did you know oh actually that's interesting i didn't i didn't think about that but god i feel like that's really connected now because it was such a almost loose end so remember when dougie went back to the black lodge and mm-hmm. uh, i said back because he's manufactured right um and he was dissembling um into his constituent parts and he turns into the gold bead but then also there's the the weird face uh, with no eyes, sort of, you know, vomiting or whatever it was doing. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike shields his eyes from that. Uh, I wonder if Nido was in a similar situation and, and saw that creature or something like it and, like, didn't shield her eyes. And maybe that's how she lost her face <laughs> slash eyes. Oh. Okay. So maybe she was the witness to something right. like the create like a, the creation of a construct or the the deconstruction of a construct. Yeah. Who who might be important, you know, to the show. Yeah. Uh and so maybe that's why we shouldn't talk about Judy. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I almost got to a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's some interesting connections. It does um I mean, I guess, yeah, we haven't really talked about that a lot, like, because it's just kind of taken for granted, the the eye situation, like, why why, why is she like that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like, well, she comes with this crazy place, maybe that's just how she is, but, uh, yeah, if, if something happened to her that, that caused that, um, and, like, what could that be relating it to that? I mean, yeah, I see the dots there. You see the dots, there's some dots. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's something there to explain what happened to her. I do think since he is a, a character, a real character on the show for, you know, now, um, that it, yeah, that, that, that they should explain what happened to her and that, you know, why does she talk like a monkey right. and can't see, is this a, I'm trying to think what's the thing Hear No evil, see no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> You know, and it's, you know, that thing where, where there's monkeys doing those, um, you know, they're like image where it's like monkeys and they're, they're doing those, yeah. you know, one has its eyes covered, one has its mouth yeah. covered, one has its ears covered. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to connect that to Nido where she can see no evil <laughs> and she sounds like a monkey. So maybe she can't speak any right. evil. Right. Um, right. and I guess maybe she can still hear evil. It's not clear. It's not clear. No one's really... Yeah really successfully communicated one thing that does seem worth noting is that um it 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 did seem like she was um she was aware of cooper's presence you know when they were Mm -hmm. you know there in part three like she seemed to you know know 
uh, where he was. She didn't seem like she was blind, let's say. <laughs> there was something like that. I agree. There was... I mean, she did, didn't she put her hands over his face to kind of see what he looked like? Oh, did she do that? I feel like she did that. Okay. Or did, did they make that up? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's been too long. I, that very well could have happened. I just don't remember it. But yeah. it's been forever since I saw it. It's, it's this show... Is going on for so long, like so much mm-hmm. longer than your average like serialized thing. So it's just it's it's hard to <laughs> hard mm-hmm. to keep all the details straight, especially when it's the early early stuff. I mean, you know, that's like May uh, when we saw <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you might be right. You might be right because I just I don't remember any um, clear sort of like indication. It seemed like she was moving around okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe that was just down to, um, uh, you know, whatever, purple, purple Mm -hmm. place weirdness. And, and she is, she is still like blind. Um, but yeah, I don't think, um, at some point, I mean, you know, if she is Judy at some point, like, I feel like she's got a you know, break out of monkey mode or, or whatever and, and <laughs> figure out like how to, how to, how to speak and, and communicate. And, you know, cause I can't imagine she's going to like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, her way, like through the entire show. I mean, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's just hard for me to accept. And so then you, ooh, ooh, and ah, ah, your way through the entire show. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, David Lindsauter. <laughs> um (laughs) okay now i want three oohs for every (laughs) oz and every 12th ooh do two (laughs) oz um yeah 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 no that's that's good you know it's it's kind of now it's paralleling the dougie thing of like what would make dougie wake up and be cooper again yeah it's kind of like what's gonna make nido be 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 able to communicate normally yeah yeah so that's a big question it is a big question um yeah what could it be (sighs) cherry pie (laughs) (laughs) god damn it if Cherry Pie doesn't fundamentally change someone's behavior in this show, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. And I, I'm also wondering about any potential connections between uh, between Nido and Experiment. And, you know, got to throw in Ronette slash American Girl. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, since she, like she... Uh, so the, the banging was there for both of them, right? The banging was there... Yeah. Um, when Nida was there, but also, you know, after she's gone. But when American Girl shows up, um, like, what's she doing there? Who you is know what that? It, you know what it reminds me of? If Judy is someone who's connected to Cooper, because, like, you were kind of saying, like, she sort of was aware of his presence. But but even more so, like, I, th- I think I'm pretty sure she does, like, touch his face to see who he is. Okay. And, yeah. And maybe she maybe she knows Recognizes Cooper, him or, yeah. Um, or understands who he Could is be. or... So, but because so if she has a connection to Cooper, we know American Girl is Ronette Pulaski yeah. has a connection to Cooper. Yeah, maybe that room is a Cooper specific room. Maybe that's the yeah. the sort of you know carousel of of lost Cooper victims or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like women in his past who he has come in contact with or something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wonder what the what the connection is. Like, why Ronette Pulaski of all people, and why is she not credited as, you know, herself versus right. American Girl? And then, yeah. and then the fact that she's there only after Nido leaves. Yeah. You know, um, and she's the one who calls the banging thing mother. Yeah. Um. So so what does that say? If if mother really is experiment, which again is an assumption that everyone's making. I think you know. Again, like, how how many goddamn entities can we have? Like, I feel like that's reasonable. Um, and just assuming that that's true, um, then, uh, th- I mean, that suggests that Ronette, American Girl, was, you know, some kind of, some kind of disturbing entity. Or, or, or maybe she's saying mother in that, you know, Sarah Palmer is Laura's mother. So she means mother sort of, she's a mother, this oh. entity or something maybe <laughs> didn't she say she's my mother did she, or did she not go that far <laughs> that is my mother i, I, I thought think she said no i think she just I calls it mother or did she say or did she say my mother hmm now it got me wondering yeah that yeah was, that was part three right yeah that was that was backwards dialogue though right Oof, i think you're right yeah yeah that makes it harder to <laughs> Makes it harder to look up. Oh man, Jade give two rides. <laughs> man, we're so far away from that. So far away from that. I still feel so like the key been... has to come into play. Speaking of Jade, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, this transcript it seems like it's missing a lot. Yeah. Like all of those scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like the the yeah the um uh. There's a message at the top that says they lost data, so maybe. Um, oh. Uh, maybe somehow that part got taken out, or maybe the only reason there's nothing there is because there's no actual spoken dialogue that isn't backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can pull up the episode on my handy Showtime.com app. Wow, that sounds so easy and convenient. It's the easy and convenient way to watch Swim Peaks The Return <laughs> this summer, 2017. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna, uh, gonna try to pull it up here also. See, uh, see what I can find. Okay. Oh, there's Nido. Oh yeah, she did. She did kind of like. God, everything's so weird. Everything she. Yeah, yeah. She touches his face. You're right about that. Okay. She definitely touches his face. Okay, and then she went up there. You know, that thing on top, like, also mm-hmm. looks a bit like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's where I originally came from. The, the, <sighs> the sort of machine that's in the Giants, Fireman's House, theater place. All those different machines we saw there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's not unlike the Jeffrey's Percolator. It would be so weird if all Nido uh, wanted uh um cooper to do when he was on the box 
in yeah. space was to was to do what she did Pull and he would have gone back to Twin Peaks. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> if only she could talk. The story <laughs> would have been was like, missing. way simpler. Oh jeez. Could have avoided all that Dougie. Uh-huh. But then he wouldn't have healed so many people's broken lives. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad the Mitchum brothers are happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they're ecstatic. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my Showtime.com isn't working, so it's not so easy. Mine wasn't working started. either. I think I think they might be down. <laughs> uh, which I love is... we're giving a free promo to Showtime.com <laughs> and their site's not even working. Yeah, of course. Of course. Wow. That's... That's um, when it would go down. We take it. We take it back, folks. Cancel your subscription <laughs> right now. You tell them Claude and Justin sent you. <laughs> tell them they know what it's about. <laughs> all right, all right. I do have a. I do have a. Uh, I do have a file here, there. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at this and see. I will uh, ask how you have a file. No comments. <laughs> Hey, I got my fucking Showtime subscription, so I feel entitled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> officer. It's like, yeah, I never, I, yeah. They, they should, they should feel lucky. Oh, well, right. Their website, should, their website should work. That'd be nice. Hey, that's a simple, yeah, that's a simple thing. Uh, right. So she looks at her watch. It, it's two fifty three. 253 is the Jackrabbit's Palace thing too, right? Yep. Okay. So there's there's some connection there, but yeah, then the lamp goes on and that's when he fixates on the on the portal um electrical socket thing. Um Oh right. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be cutting back and forth. And, like, yeah, like, well, I know, like, something crazy is about to happen, but I'll just be driving while it happens. That was a weird plan. <laughs> I'm not going to pull over until I have a car accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and yet, like, being in prison somehow helped his plan. So, yeah, like, it was like. Because he was driving east instead of west. Oh, God, don't bring that up. Oh, <laughs> it's man. My, it's my favorite discrepancy Fuck. of all time. Oh, my God. That's so what were they thinking with that? I don't... Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... Uh, that and the... Um, um, uh, you know, what happened at the site with Hastings and uh, Ruth mm-hmm. and was Mr. C there? And, like, that's one of the most confusing things. Mm-hmm. When you get there, you'll already be there. All right. Mm, Thanks, uh, Renette. What else do you have to say? (laughs) Anything helpful? Yeah. That's not really going to do it. Yeah, pull over, Mr. C. What are you doing? No, I can fight this. (laughs) And I'm going to end up in prison anyway. Which he had planned for, right? Mm-hmm. Because he he had the whole thing with the warden. Yeah, yeah. How did he even do he was that? Prepared. You better hurry. Here it is. My mother's coming. Yep. 
My mother, yep. you're right. She yeah, absolutely she said my that. Mother. Yep. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, I will reiterate my point. If, she, if that's experiment, then uh, she doesn't come across as super evil or scary. She seems like she's being helpful. Well, um, listen, just because your mother's evil doesn't mean you have to be evil. I Okay, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> but if your mother's experiment evil, I don't know. I don't know. But we're saying, okay, why do we think experiment's evil? Let's, 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 uh, let's, um, question our bias here. <laughs> uh, because experiment, well, experiment kills Sam and Tracy, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, experiment. Evil, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, random murder. Murder people, all right. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, hey, like, you know, um, uh, you know, I know you've got some you know issues with the word evil so if you want to say villainous uh or you know a, 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 an antagonist uh, character or mm-hmm. what ha- you know i'm fine with any of that but th- that's just what i mean uh really i'm not i'm not ma- necessarily making a moral judgment <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just saying like if she comes from experiment i feel like she's got to be some kind of um you know, force that is uh, working against Cooper in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, that just seems more likely to me. Um, uh, you know, Bob, obviously. Um, uh, the fact that uh, they, there seems to be a connection to the woodsmen, you know, and they've, you know, committed a, a few murders. Um, possibly helped a, an alien bug thing infect uh, a young girl. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's not like the longest list of crimes in the world, but it, it seems <laughs> to be pointing in the same direction. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of... I, let's just say I haven't seen a lot of, like, big Ed-type behavior from Experiment and her offspring. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so I'm looking at this scene with, with American Girl. Why does she know... That line when she says, when you get there, you'll already be there. Why does she know that? Yeah, it seems like she uh, she knows about Dougie. I don't and it know makes why me she think knows. that she's some other version of Nido or something. Or she's... I mean, maybe she's Judy? Um, uh, and it's like she, she looks like Ronette Pulaski for some reason, but it's not really her. Like, Cooper just superimpose Ronette on top of this person, you know, like the fact that she's American girl, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And is she American because, because Nido is Asian, right? Right. which of course isn't mutually exclusive. Right. But uh, like, why do they call her American? Um, Yeah. I mean, Pulaski's like Polish or something. Um, Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm asking a lot of random questions. It's weird to talk about Americans in this, like, you know, netherworld that, you know, Mm -hmm. has some, like, you know, connection to Earth, I guess, but is certainly not there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to say, like, oh, she's American, but... (laughs) Nido the monkey lady is not. Yeah. And maybe when she says... When you get there, you'll already be there. Maybe she means Mr. C. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She could. She could mean that. 
she could mean that. Uh, there would also be the question of how she knows about that. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and it was interesting, too. They, they actually linger on her after he goes through the machine and Cooper his leaves his shoes behind. They actually... They actually linger on her a bit to show her response to that, that she sort of saw all that and she's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, but, but how could that be her mother? Like what, what is that? <laughs> and, and if it wants Cooper, I mean, is that, is that the idea that like, so if, if experiment or whatever is, is the mother banging on the door mm-hmm. and is also the thing inside Sarah Palmer is that is that why it's waiting in Twin Peaks for for good Cooper to show up because mm-hmm. it he knows it knows he's got to come back there for some reason could be could be yeah because I mean the box thing and this does make it seem like it's following Cooper you know mm-hmm. at that point mm-hmm. and uh, does it have any connection with uh. You know the doppelgangers in general. Uh, the the you know the doppelganger of the evolution of the arm. Um, you know, is there any is there any connection there? Um, uh, well, it's it's following Cooper, but not in the exact same way. It's weird, right? Like it didn't get to the purple place the same way, and like it didn't show up on the balcony like he did and climb through right. the window and all that right. stuff. So it's like. It's sort of on his tail, but not really exactly the same. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's super weird. And I mean, what, yeah, good. I mean, that's a good line of questioning. Like, what does it want with Cooper? And, and why it is it just something... banging on the door? Like, why can't it get in? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean. And why are they helping him? Why are, yeah. why are Nido and, and American Girl helping him? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't get that. I don't get that at all. I mean, maybe they think that... I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how much they know about... Um, about Mr. C and his plans. Mm-hmm. I wonder how aware they are of any of that. Um, that goes for uh, Experiment as well, uh, you know, to the extent that we can really sit here and talk about Experiment and what, you know, what she wants and knows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> You know, uh, uh, I don't know. It se- it seems like it seems like um, you know she's playing some kind of role in the story, um, uh, but but yeah, it, is she more like just a kind of abstract force? You know, maybe with like a a sort of you know very uh, rudimentary sense of will and and reproduction and stuff like that, but not necessarily like having like really like specific understandable like you know more like human type goals i guess well but Um, if experiment is a thing in sarah palmer i would say no i would or yes (laughs) whichever answers the question (laughs) oh shit um i would i would say that it does seem like it's more than just a sort of abstract force yeah you know that it's sort of a personable person entity right. that can talk and reason and ration right you know things that's what it's <laughs> if if it's you know what's in Sarah Palmer I mean it went to have a drink mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah well yeah I guess that's where I start wondering about you know something uh similar to the uh 
you know, the whole issue with Leland and Bob, you know, yeah. to what extent yeah. is, is Sarah still there? Um, you know, is she in control of, of, of how much of, is she in control of that? You know, it's, it seemed like she's aware of it. Um, but is she, is she just help? Is she kind of along for the ride? You know, that would, those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, is is Sarah drinking? I said this last time. Is she drinking because Experiment is in her? Mm-hmm. You know, the question is, like, when Experiment takes Sarah's face off, you know, what does Sarah think is happening? Right, there? right. Like, oh, I felt a draft in my face. I don't know <laughs> why. Inside like my face somehow. Walking around in my face. I don't usually hear, feel a draft inside my face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've had too much to drink. <laughs> my face is drafty. That's when I've had too many drafts. <laughs> too many Bloody Marys. Yeah, there's something here with this Night Out American Girl scene where it's just, that's the big question is why, why and there's still like a million big questions, but like, why does why is American Girl here? Yeah, why is she yeah. here? I mean, now that Nido's importance has been raised, um, uh, and uh, you know, potentially this this mother experiment character, uh, it it makes it seem more significant. Like whatever's go- I like I took her as kind of a passing character that didn't necessarily mm-hmm. you know this kind of served a. A, a function here, but then uh, you do have to ask the question of like, why go through this weirdness of having Nido there? Nido goes to the top and pulls a thing, and you know, like, why do all that? You know, if mm-hmm. if if it's not going to come to anything later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Basically, well, because like, it seemed like he was just. You know, it was like the adventures of Dale Cooper through yeah. outer space. It was like, here's just these other worlds and other entities. Yeah. And he came across something he didn't quite understand, you know, Alice in Wonderland or something, you know. And and it was just a strange event that happened. And that was it, which right. could have been fine, you know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, the, the story is much more enclosed, encapsulated, I guess, than that. And yeah. these things sort of do matter. And he's going to specific places on purpose. It's not just a random place. Yeah, and I guess uh, let's go back to, you know, non-existent and his, his voyage mm-hmm. here. Like, how, I mean, and, and you know, the box, too. Like, h- how did he get there from, you know what I mean? I mean, is that mm-hmm. is that random? Is that, was he guided somehow? I mean, I, I don't get it, you know? Like, it seems, I mean, Nido seemed to have a direct link from this box world to Twin Peaks. I mean, yeah. she sort of seemed to go there directly. So yeah. he and he went to this box world sort of directly from the Black Lodge. So yeah, there, even though the idea of randomness and, and infinity is out there when someone's flying through space, you know, um, it seems it seems fairly direct. And the you know, if this mother slash experiment is following him. It seemed like he was able to do the same thing. Now, is it only following him because he's in this world? You know, does him being in the non, you know, starting out his non-existent journey, is that what puts him on the, in the crosshairs of this thing? Mm -hmm. It's fresh meat or something. He's, he's alive and he's, and he's got a soul and I want him, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, like, non-existence is some kind of place where, 
uh, where Experiment lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, like you're saying, he just kind of like floated in. Mm-hmm. And and so it's sort of pursuing him. Yeah, I mean, and uh, like now it's following him back to the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, and I guess that's the question: Does it want if if it wants Cooper, either Cooper, <laughs> mm-hmm. does it want them before Cooper goes through non-existence or or after? Right. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've always wanted you, Cooper, for millennia. Right. I've been waiting. Right. Or just like, you know, like you said, you know, tasty Mm -hmm. morsel that passed by. Uh, You know, the way the story goes, it seems it seems more likely that it's that it's it's the first thing. Um, uh, Just because, like, it would be weird if it just boils down to, like, (laughs) something tasty floated by. (laughs) 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 And so, you know, th- that, it, you know, created the risk of an impending apocalypse. Like, I don't know. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the coloration is completely different when Nido's in this room. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the, the stuttering and starting thing. The yeah. starting and stopping is there. But, like, the fire seems, like, more prominent. And, yeah. Uh, she does try to communicate something to him. Yeah. Um. There's Garland Briggs' head floating. Um, yeah, she she does seem like definitely much more uh, aware of her surroundings. She seems definitely more able to, you know, guide him and, and communicate. At least to some extent, she can't really talk, but she she does kind of indicate things to him, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. She seems a lot more with it. I guess it's almost like. You know, she's sort of like she's sort of in like Dougie form now, <laughs> mm-hmm. where she's just kind of passively sitting there and not. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like she's really trying to do anything. It seems like she's just kind of spaced out. You know, compared to that scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she needs the. You know, she needs the person she needs to talk to to be there. Yeah. Which is yeah. clearly not those people. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been which waiting is, for which you, I, Andy. Which I, which I think is the sort of contrivance of why Andy is, is told what to do with her by the mm-hmm. fireman. Yeah. The, you know, because Nido's not going to be able to tell him what right. to do. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, I was also going to say, you know, Andy mentions, um, uh, what was the wording? Like, pe- people want her dead? Yeah. So I was so I was wondering about that. Um, uh, I I guess that's why, like, if she's Judy, I was gonna go to the place of um, Phil Jeffries was trying to protect Judy. You know, like maybe maybe she is some kind of target for I don't know what the woodsmen, et cetera, et cetera. Mister mm-hmm. um, uh, C experiment, all of the above, some combination, um, and. Uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe he just wanted to maintain her, you know, um, I don't know, secrecy or something, and, and uh, who knows, I mean, maybe that has something to do with, um, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I like that in general, although in this 
episode, he just tells, he's like, hey, call Judy yourself. Uh, I mean, I guess it's been 25 years, but yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, and he does, well, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, I do like the idea that that's a reason why we're not going to talk about Judy, because I'm I'm trying to protect her, and I don't want to say anything that'll get her caught or found out or something. So I like that as a reason of why he would say that. Um, If he thinks it's a real Cooper, I mean, there's definitely the possibility that he doesn't really understand that uh, Mr. C poses a potential threat. Um, But, but, uh, yeah, it's a valid point. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's it's muddled if he if he knows that that's the real Cooper and, and what does it even mean? So you are Cooper. What does it even mean? Like so could, weird. Could, could that that could even mean you're a doppelganger, but you're still Cooper. Right. Yeah, and they cut to his face, and I was thinking like, yeah, what's your point of view on that? You know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I wonder how he feels about that because I, I do think that he, he has Cooper's memories. It's, it's becoming a little bit, you know, uh, you know, a little bit Cylon-esque. Battlestar Galactica, like, yeah. not ever really explaining the difference between a Cylon and a human. Yeah. Yeah, like, in a way, I mean, there's Bob there, you know, that's a bit of a difference. And it, it does seem like he has certain abilities um but uh well it's it's funny you mentioned that that that's actually the plot of that's the sort of underlying theme in the plot of um dark city we were just talking about is is what makes you you mm-hmm. and i'll just spoil the movie the strangers are these sort of weird beings who are trying to answer that that philosophical question is of our are human beings more than just the the, the sum total of their parts are they just their memories and so they are uh, switching around the memories of these people in this town every night and seeing if they can make people become other things or mm-hmm. if people will sort of stick to some other nate you know they're they're trying to find out where 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 do where do this does the soul and your consciousness and your memories all sort of overlap and 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 where are the the lines there and that's actually kind of interesting of what's going on here too um with this question of of if Mr. C has all of Cooper's memories, is he effectively Cooper? I mean, is that the same thing? Is it just your actions that determine who you are? So mm-hmm. as long as he doesn't do nice things, he's not Cooper, you know? Right. Like Well, I guess also like does he does he feel like he is Cooper? Mm-hmm. You know, on in some way? Um like is that how he identifies his own I don't know. Because it's like people call him that. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not clear if that's just the name he goes by for, you know, maybe obvious reasons or, yeah, I don't know. Like the cut to him when he said that line was weird because I, I thought he was going to maybe respond and say, like, no, I'm not Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, but he doesn't say anything. And so I, I, I still I'm still not sure. um I'm still not sure where he stands on that question. <sighs> that doesn't help. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Does he even... Jeez. Yeah, two Coopers. Two Coopers. You know, we get that scene later with uh, with Dougie uh, when he's eating his, his piece of cake and... Um, yeah. There's a salt and pepper shaker in front of him next yep. to each other, and he separates them. 
Yeah. So there's a whole, you know, it calls back to um, the the vision that Andy had in the fireman's place. Oh yeah, you're right. With uh, with the with the two Coopers overlapping, sort yeah. of one one becoming two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's a question he's got to. Maybe that's part of his journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. Like maybe that's why he is doing this so he could be the only Cooper or something. I yeah. You know, I mean, besides just his own sense of uh, self-preservation, you know. Right. Seemingly like wanting to be in the world, not wanting to have to go back to the Black Lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's you know. Uh, to some extent taken care of, but it, it does seem like, well, at least according to Mike, um, he has to kill the other Cooper uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the other way around. Well, and here's the, here's the question no one wants to ask. If Mr. C dies and he goes to the Black Lodge, mm-hmm. where, so- where souls are want to go, yep, yep, yep. will he encounter his own doppelganger? Oh, God. And will his doppelganger basically be a good Cooper? Or would his doppelganger also be evil? Because doppelgangers are just evil. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh, oof. That actually be, it would be a very interesting way they could have the endgame sort of play out. Is you know because the original in game in season two was Cooper Dale Cooper the good Dale, you know battles his evil doppelganger in the Black Lodge and loses. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if they invert that and have the evil Cooper Mister C battle his doppelganger, which is the good Dale Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe doppelgangerness is, you know, is like, like the yeah the doppelganger of a doppelganger is the is the original one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. Maybe that's how it works. Um, and so like he will battle his doppelganger, and it'll be the original Cooper. Mm-hmm. But will it be like a copy of the original Cooper, or will it actually have to be? You know, Dougie Cooper. That's yeah. There. I'm thinking it's gonna be the real Cooper. And so it'll only happen when they both get back to the Black Lodge. That's or, what it or, would have to be, I guess. If they, yeah, if that's where it takes place. Or would Mister C dying and going to the Black Lodge automatically make the good Cooper go there because they have to battle? Could be. And it just sucks him into it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he didn't say uh, he didn't say one of you has to die unless you can get him in the Black Lodge again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like the Dougie thing, like meant that yeah. Even if he goes there, he still has to. They still have to do battle, mm-hmm. uh, as you said. So, and I, I feel like you know that's a logical uh, thing that the story seems to be building up to. Um, even though you know, real Cooper has been um, playing a very minor role <laughs> in that story so far. Yeah. Um, uh, but I feel like he's got to find out about it and there has to be a moment. So, um, you know, the idea that it would happen again in the Black Lodge, like, kind of makes sense. Um, but I could also see, I don't know, maybe some of it's in the real world. Maybe they transition. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts about... <laughs> Woo! Philip Jeffries, uh, Judy, uh, any of that business? I mean, I suppose so we've said much. a lot. <laughs> so much. Um, did we just spend two hours on this scene? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, it's, it's hard to, I mean, you know it's it's hard to cover it quickly because there's just so many small elements and it, it leads to so many different possibilities um and, and it, it's just it's just hard to unravel this whole thing yeah um because uh, i yeah it's i i knew there would be i mean it did seem like they were leading up to some kind of uh phil jeffrey's confrontation and i assumed this would be the reveal like of the fake one you know like mm-hmm. yeah that's right cooper i wanted you dead because i want bob and, you know i figured mm-hmm. like it, it would be more more of a straightforward confrontation and and this scene was i mean you know he was he was enigmatic he was kind of evasive at times but generally helpful i would say yeah uh, i mean he gave him judy's number yeah yeah and with the question we didn't ask is, why does he have Judy's number? I know. And you don't have Mr. C's number? Like, what? Mm-hmm. have you been talking to Judy lately? Mm-hmm. Like, what that is was that? An open, that was a question I thought he was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a fair question. I mean, he could have asked even if he didn't get an answer. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't get a lot of answers. Um, wow. But yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely a very a very pivotal scene here for this uh, for this big story. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of get confirmation. I think it's most of the signs are pointing to there's an, the the guy. There's someone pretending to be Philip Jeffries out there, and yeah. um, you know that idea too that. Um, Ray said there was a guard who he, he had never seen before pretending mm-hmm. uh, who gave him the ring. Yeah. So I do still wonder if that person is, is Philip Jeff is the imposter Philip Jeffries or yeah. is that just someone Philip Jeffrey the imposter paid to do right, that or coerced right. into doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, question. now that Ray is dead, we won't necessarily get get sort of a a way to confirm that person's identity. Right. Well, unless we meet him and he's like, yeah, he says if he just he says it. it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty much the only possibility at this point. Uh, but I do think that um, uh, the more likely conclusion is that is that uh, whether he did it himself or he got someone, it was it was the imposter who set that thing up. Because mm-hmm. that was all about uh, that was all about killing Jeffries. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, Killing Mr. C. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you meant. That was the goal. Um, uh, and, yeah, and the Black Lodge connection. I can't get over that. So, wait, what was the what was the main theory of who it was? The, who the imposter is? Yeah. I, um... Didn't you have one? You had one. Didn't you have one? Oh, it was, the, uh, it was I, Abraham Lincoln. 
Oh, it was uh, it was the woodsman or it's Mike. I or think Mike. are the two big, yeah. two big uh, ideas there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, could you have a situation where that the woodsman who you know we saw in part eight who who uh, descended from pure air and um, and uh, went to the it's radio a very poetic station. Poetic phrase. And... I'm surprised you just said that. <laughs> I know, I know. It came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm <laughs> referencing the show. Um, that's what he said. We descend from pure air. Um, and, uh, you know, um, which again, Buenos Aires, there's that, that connection again. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and... Um, so anyway, that character, um, I'm just thinking, is there a way where he could be on the outs uh, with the woodsmen? Like he's not really a part of them like the rest of them are, like something happened and that's why he's not around and that's why he could, could sort of, you know, want some other goal or, or want to be against Mr. C. Like maybe he's, maybe something happened <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's like a faction of woodsmen, and he's 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 the leader of another faction or something, or he's on his own, and you know what I mean. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make him separate from the woodsmen we've seen because it doesn't seem like he can be, he can have the goal of being against Mister C, and 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 also be like these woodsmen who are being helpful. Right. Right. Yeah. So maybe he he knows about Bob, although the other ones know about Bob. But you know, maybe he realizes if he can get Bob, he can get some sort of power. Or maybe maybe they're stuck on Earth and they want to go home, and he needs Bob oh, no. to go home. I, I know, I'm home. Doing, I know, it's lost all over again. I'm trapped, <laughs> and I want to go home. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that's the thing he needs the power of Bob, or maybe Bob leads to experiment, and that's what he ultimately wants, just like Mister C, mm -hmm. sort of a thing. And so, but but ultimately, like he wants to go home <laughs> or right. something. Um, yeah, I don't know what it could be. Right. Well, yeah, and and and, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't that doesn't. Ah, that feels weird to me. It's definitely possible, but you know the Mike thing also feels weird. It's like I I start having flashbacks of like you know like shows do this sometimes, and I don't get it. So who knows? Maybe they're doing it. But um, you know, just for example, like there was uh, there was a plotline on True Blood. I th I, uh, I want to say I want to say it was season three where they had this character who was vampire and you know we see him like we see him a lot and uh then they have these flashbacks where mm -hmm. like it's the same guy everything in the story says it's the same guy but for whatever reason in the flashbacks he's always like got a hood on and you never see his face and i always thought like why are they concealing it why are they acting like it's a mystery who this character mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. if so anyway, like for the Mike thing, I mean, that's what that's it just seems weird to me that he's pretending to be Philip Jeffries and and we're, we're you know, his identity is a mystery and it's just fucking Mike. Like, I, I mean, that would just be weird to me, I guess. Um, well, it would be it is weird, but it would be all because basically it would it would be in deference to it being a mystery for Mr. C what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the only reason the audience isn't in on it. So he doesn't so know that, who it is. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like he should know who Mike is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. De- definitely strong potential, I would say. Yeah. But, again, back to the Woodsman, I, I do think there there might there's a potential for some uh, symmetry here with Mother, this idea of a Mother character and possibly being Experiment, uh, some symmetry with a Father character and who that might be. And maybe that's the Woodsman. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're the two prime forces at work here because uh, you know on Lost we had Jacob and Man in Black um, and then that went back to sort of a, a mother character right um, but, but <laughs> sort of the but you know we have this idea of sort of a, a the yin yang sort of thing right the sort of right. two forces that are either opposing or sort of in some sort of um, you know union at work here and I feel like that's a, it's a possibility here that, that there is something that would go along with um with mother, sort of being on that level of mother. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's interesting. But then, how does Cooper fit into all that? Cooper's their son. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! You made it worse. I uh, know I made it worse. <laughs> I don't know how Cooper fits into any of this. I mean, we're still I want waiting you. on. You're my boy. You're my boy. That's all I wanted. I gave you up for adoption, and yeah. Oh God. God. What if that's it? Cooper's an oh alien. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my God. Cooper. Maybe that's maybe that's the whole thing. Yeah. Cooper is an intergalactic being, and uh, who was left on Earth and raised by humans. He's Superman. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh man, oh man. Well, there is a guy with a like super punching glove, so right. You know, yeah, uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would have some kind of weird superhero elements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said that it was before I watched it happen with my eyes. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, eyes betray you that way, don't they? <laughs> they do. Uh, but, you know, I probably would have said, um, uh, oh, uh, 15 parts in and real Cooper hasn't emerged yet? That's impossible. Mm-hmm. That's impossible, so, yeah. So, you know, yeah. shows what I know. <laughs> <sighs> so fun. Um, <laughs> okay, um... Yeah, yeah, I guess we can move on here. All right, let's do that. Okay, so uh, in the next uh, piece uh, here, it's just picking up where we left off. So, you know, Mr. C outside the convenience store. Uh, Turns out that Richard Horn has followed him and is waiting there uh, for him. And and, uh, Richard Horn, he's pointing a gun at Mr. C. And he says he saw Mr. C's picture his mother, who turns out to be Audrey Horn. Oh no, it. TV's Audrey Horn. TV's Audrey Horn. Um, Mr. C uh, disarms him and tells him to get in the truck. They'll talk along the way. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Daddy's, yeah. Daddy and son's first road trip. <laughs> God, man. I swear, I did not like that whole thing with this whole idea of Mr. C being his dad. But you just can't deny where this story's going yeah. here. I mean, yeah. he's like, 
I know it's you because I saw you in the uh, picture mm-hmm. my mom had where she clearly told me you're my dad. Yeah. Like, clearly, that's the unspoken line here. Yeah. Um uh and uh or if he didn't she didn't say it you know he'll 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 believe it once mr c says mm-hmm. it or something yeah um, yeah uh, i also like this idea of just of just richard being this like wayward youth <laughs> <laughs> and his dad like slapping some sense into mm-hmm. him just the first encounter is giving him some discipline yeah it's one of those times where you know i'm sort of on mr c's side yeah, 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 yeah. You're totally yep. It doesn't Richard necessarily seems, happen that often. He seems more sympathetic too, because yeah. he doesn't really know what he's in for. And you, and and I'm just gonna like throw a bunch of psycho babble at it, but it just seems like you know um, whatever angst he has, uh, it seems connected to uh, this whole thing with his mom and Mister C. Oh yeah, like his original issues, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's a big question there about, like, how he was raised and so on. Like, mm-hmm. uh, did he uh, did he know Charlie? Like, uh, you know, did he grow up in some other context? Like, it's it's weird. But I, I do agree that, you know, that is supposed to provide some kind of explanation. In addition to being fathered by a doppelganger... <laughs> Right, I think it's supposed which, to provide some uh, kind of explanation for his behavior, which is a which is one of Maury Povich's most highest rated shows. <laughs> My daddy's a doppelganger. <laughs> um, yeah, wow, and it's in, and you know, one of the things I was thinking about with this scene is is it if <laughs> which is <laughs> I don't want to say these words at all. I really don't. They're horrible to think about, but. Um, you know, if Bob was in Mr. C, mm-hmm. when Mr. C mm-hmm. impregnated Audrey, yeah. is Bob Richard's father? Oh, God. Do they have to have joint custody? You know, how does, how did the genetics work there? Oh, God. Well, here's the thing. Well, okay. First thing, you know, if... <laughs> If the Bob possession is different because it's a doppelganger, you know, it does seem like he's not exactly an, a normal human. Um, uh, so there's that. But I'm just going to say that, you know, Leland was surely possessed by Bob when he had Laura. Um, right? Because supposedly he was possessed when he was eight. You know, so, you know, surely. Well, uh, okay, Bob well, I, there. there's some, there's some, there's some, I have some dis, dis, disputes there. I, I did not ever take it to that, his explanation of, you know, the, the, the person next door, the house and all that stuff where he grew up. I didn't take that to mean that Bob was inhabiting him since he was eight. I took that to mean he sort of came across Leland but it wasn't until because Laura Laura wasn't being abused her entire life. She's only abused since she was twelve, and so I think uh, Bob that's was when, polite. Yeah, okay. Well, I think that's when that's around the time that Bob took you know took over Leland, and I think um, yeah. Um, uh, oh, the other thing I was going to say about that uh, just slipped out of my head. Jeez, 
Um, Bob Leland. Yeah, it'll come back to me. But that was that's my main point is I don't think. He, oh, that's what I was going to say. We also know that uh, Bob was busy killing with um, Mike uh, slash Philip Gerard for a long time. So I think that would have been some overlap over when Leland would have been, you know, around with with a baby Laura or a young Laura. I think I think some of that over I think I think Bob was sort of busy killing with Mike during some of Laura's childhood. Uh yeah, so I I always assumed that uh the Bob and Mike killing was in the 50s. Um which is a little bit of a uh <laughs> of a leap. Um but uh, why why do you think 50s? Um because uh i remember i remember seeing that uh one of the co-writers on firewalk with me said that uh there was um there was an early draft of the script that started in the 50s with mike and bob um in their in their killing days Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's where i got that idea and it does line up uh fairly well with um you know, uh, you know, the creation of Bob, uh, and also, um, you know, potentially with, um, the idea that they could have done that, um, uh, and, uh, and Bob still could have possessed Leland. Cause I think, I think, I think Leland's lines like imply that, that Bob did possess him at that time. Uh, you know, I thought I thought the prevailing theory was that Bob had inhabited the guy next door and the guy next door was abusing Leland when Leland was young and then once Leland was older and had Laura Bob took over Leland body and started the cycle again by having Leland abuse Laura. Yeah. Uh um and but what you're saying about the 50s doesn't still works with my theory cuz I think he was killing with Bob for a long time. So I don't think even if they if they started in the fifties, I don't think it was necessarily over in the fifties. I could see them killing for a couple of decades, which would you know overlap on Laura's you know Laura being a, a kid in the seventies, I guess, uh, or eighty early eighties or something. Um, that could still work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, anyway, that's how it comes off to me. Uh, I don't think because because. For for Bob to be inhabiting Leland since Leland was eight, he would he would be he would be living through some very boring times. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't I don't see that as you know Bob wants excitement and he wants mayhem and he wants you know yeah. car- carnage, and that's why I think he did it later when Leland was an adult uh, and could be in this sort of incestuous situation and and he could he could sort of live Bob could live vicariously through that. And I think before that time, he was he was out there killing with Mike. I'll just throw out also the fact that uh, the way that the way it's portrayed, um, uh, like we have the convenience store scene um, mm-hmm. where you see Bob, and you know it's not clear exactly when that takes place, but supposedly Philip Jeffries was there. So I mean, sure. that's definitely like prime Leland possessed time. Um, and then uh, we also have the uh, the scene in the Black Lodge at the end when we when we see Bob like separate from Leland and he's sort of like mm-hmm. holding him in the air and throws yeah. out the Garmin Bosey and stuff. Anyway, I guess I was gonna say like I, uh, there is the possibility that he could come and go. 
Um, and sure. so, and so maybe, um, uh, maybe he did possess him when he was eight, but he wasn't there the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, he would leave and do other stuff, um, and come back intermittently. And so anyway, uh, what that would mean is there's possibility that, uh, you know, he was there when, when Laura was conceived or not. <laughs> it could, it could go either way. Yeah. Based on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, it doesn't seem like he's so mobile these days. He seems a bit more locked in. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I can't, I can't help but think that's at least partially, um, to do with the fact that there's no Frank Silva. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, it's, the portrayal is is definitely different um in terms of like what the possession is like and what that means for um what bob can do mhm um okay uh okay so anyway at the end of this um uh mr c sends the uh the las vegas text message uh, presumably to Diane. We saw her receive that. Um, the punctuation looks right to me this time. Um, then uh, he gets in the car and they drive away. And then the store kind of lights up again and starts smoking and uh, then disappears. Uh, yeah, that store is not going to pack the uh, pass the state smog test. Um <laughs> Well, it's really, really needs a new muffler. Um, yeah, I just want to look this up. Back to the Bob Leland thing. Uh, I just want—I just was trying to remember exactly what he said. But anyway, he was—he's Leland said that there was a neighbor near his grandfather's vacation home near Pearl Lakes. That's why I kept always thinking it was a lake house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lake house, definitely. And um, uh, his name was Robertson mm-hmm. or Bob. So that's what makes me think Bob had inhabited this other person, other guy. Now, I guess the idea could be that young Leland was seeing Bob, like Frank Silva Bob. Yeah. And he thought that was the neighbor, but it was really just Bob he was seeing. Yeah. Versus versus Bob inhabiting the neighbor and he was seeing the neighbor. Right. I guess. Um, right. Um, but yeah, okay, anyway, just wanted to bring that there, up. There could have been, uh, um, yeah, I, I was never clear on that. I think, I think it's logical to say that he was possessing, uh, the neighbor, but, uh, but I would say that there's still the possibility that, you know, he, he transferred. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what I, he was trying my, to do with Laura. My, yeah, my only, but he wanted to live through her, though. And that's, and, and, and I think you'd have to wonder, why would he want to live through young Leland? <laughs> and I, that's the biggest yeah. reason why I just don't think that's true. Like, it makes no sense to live through young, especially since we don't have any, any details that Leland was incredibly bad or anything. Now, if mm-hmm. we knew he was bad as a kid or he was like Richard or something, then we could maybe suggest, oh, okay, here's Bob's influence or, or why Bob would want to, uh, to do this and i also feel like when leland sort of confesses um well yeah he does it is a bit weird when he confesses um about bob and everything uh 
I was just going to say, it doesn't seem like he's been with him since he was a kid, but he does tie it to that. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much says that that's what happened. I like, I do agree that it kind of doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of Bob and, like, how that's supposed to work. But, you know, that is, I would say that's true of Leland's life in general as an adult. I mean, it, it seems like he, you know, most <laughs> Leland, of the... your life doesn't make sense. Get your life together, <laughs> Leland. <laughs> Leland, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you? Why are you dancing by yourself in the in the uh, Great Northern? Come on, Leland. We have we have clients here. We're trying to we're trying to sell Ghostwood Estates here. Come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd like I you know I understand there's lore abuse and uh, obviously the um, you know the later stuff the, the Teresa Banks and all that. Um, but, you know, a lot of Leland's life, uh, you know, would have been pretty boring, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that's why I think Bob wasn't there. He was, he was out killing with Mike during that time. You know, that's just my intuition. Okay. Yeah, well, and I guess, yeah, the other question would be, um, uh, uh, when you know when did Mike cut off his arm? Because that would kind of be the definitive mm-hmm. ending of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I don't think that's really been clarified. No, but I no. do think at the very least um, they were killing some in the 50s. <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, you know, what can I say? Um, but yeah, like I hey, I see your points. And uh, they're valid. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to reconcile. Yeah. I would say. Um, your version of the story makes sense, but then it does seem like there are lines that say, like, this is what happened, so, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the episode where he, Leland, confesses? 16. Uh, uh, oh, God. How does the math work? Um, what would that be? 23? Can I do it? Uh, no, I think you subtract... Uh, uh, maybe maybe 9? In season 2? 9? Uh... I might be counting that wrong. Let's see. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, it should be nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the transcript, and the way it's it's listed here is strange. If, if this is... Because they have, they have episode 10, which is episode 17. I think the one where he talks about Robertson, the guy... Did I just look that up? What? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, that sounds like that sounds like the true. That sounds like my episode ten. In that case, just look for sixteen. Yeah, so sixteen is twenty three, according to them. What? <laughs> Does that make sense? No, that doesn't make any sense at all. There's only twenty nine. Okay. You can't. You yeah, can't so twenty nine. Twenty nine is episode twenty two for them. Okay, well then the numbers should go down. So how did sixteen yeah. go up? 
<laughs> 16 went to 23. And then 9 goes to 16. Wow. What? <laughs> I don't understand. Who are you, Philip Jeffries? What? <laughs> Let me write it down for you. I've always depended on the kindness of percolators. Uh, let me see. I can't even find the episode. I just had it here. I just had the episode where Leland talks about the guy at the lake house. Now I can't find it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when he originally talks about it, he doesn't. he doesn't say the full thing. Yeah, 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 I know, but I was just trying to use that as a reference to find out where the actual confession is, but I can't even find it anymore. I, 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 oh, that's in three. Sorry, sorry, that's way earlier. Okay, that's this one, yes. So they have that in what they call two, which is episode yeah. nine. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so that makes sense. that's what I was saying. They're Basically, you add nine. seven to get the numbers that I know. Okay, so what are the numbers? So what? So Leland confesses in sixteen. You're saying? Yeah. So that's nine. Yeah. Okay, so that's right. But I thought you said sixteen was twenty three. No, I said I said yeah, I said sixteen is twenty three, but but nine is also sixteen. <laughs> but did you mean did you mean twenty three is sixteen or did you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not the if you're if if season two starts with episode one, then it's definitely not sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, that'll be twenty three. I guess that's the point you were making. Okay, that's uh, but I got confused. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me see. Yeah, the numbering really isn't good. I, I I wish I didn't have that ingrained in my mind, but it's so deep in there, it's really hard to think of anything else. And, and you know, the other thing that's kind of ridiculous about it is that the pilot doesn't have a number, so, you know, episode 16 is actually the 17th one mm-hmm. overall. So can I just say, I'm on glastonburygrove.net, and they have transcripts, and yeah. they're referring to... Leland has been in this entire scene. What? Yeah. They have him listed as Ben the entire scene. What? Yep. Yep. Ben says, where am I? Cooper says, you're here. Lie still. Ben says, uh, I mean, all of this stuff is Leland stuff, but they call him Ben. They said, I was just a little boy. I saw him in my dreams. He said he wanted to play. Oh, yeah, yeah that's definitely Leland. Yeah, they're, they're, calling him, they're calling him Ben. Even in the action lines, they're calling him Ben the entire time. Wow. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Wow. So anyway, okay, so now that I, I wanted to relook at this uh, in terms of when, yeah, in terms of a clue on when, uh, when Leland um, was taken over by Bob, and yes, I, I, I will concede, yeah. He's saying here, I was a little boy... And, and and Bob said he wanted to play. So that does make it seem like he... I guess that's what that means. And he was just there off and on sometimes. Yeah. 
I mean, it seems like that's uh, that's the way it's portrayed in Firewalk with me. Like Bob could Bob could be other places, mm-hmm. and so maybe that's how you could get around the fact that you know they're boring times. But he knew Leland would be a good bet. I I have no idea why he would possess an eight year old. Yeah, uh, I agree that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Just for the record. It's just that I just seems like that's what he says. It's so weird they put Ben here. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. The fuck are they doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I do remember. I think. Um, I think they uh, either they talked about it or they actually did film um, a scene of Ben murdering Maddie. As, mm-hmm. as one of those, like, TV... Like, Lost did that, too. Like, like filming different versions of a pivotal scene to, like, prevent yeah. spoilers. Um, and Ben is clearly, like, an alternative suspect. Uh, that they it is weird, because... What is happening? What is happening here? They're like... Remember Hawk's line when he says, That's not Leland. Remember that line? Mm-hmm. They have him yeah. say, that's not Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's they have so Leland. Weird. They have Leland saying, Ben? Question mark. Okay, okay. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. So, could it be true that... Uh, ben is Leland? <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say, like, maybe they wrote the script this way also to avoid spoilers. Why would this be on a website for transcripts? It's really weird that this is on a website, but 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 maybe they're just preserving it for for historical purposes. I mean, I know Glastonbury Grove is like kind of into that, um, so so maybe. Oh, I see. Yeah, because so it says at the okay, top is, it's a faithful duplication. Is from the actual script. Okay, yeah. well, hey, I'll I'll give them for the doubt if it's. Uh, yeah, sorry, I thought this was just transcripts, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so weird if they did a transcript and they changed every reference to Leland to Ben. Yeah, well. There's even Ben scenes, like, earlier in the thing that are actual Ben scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just, it doesn't, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. I, I'm starting to wonder what actually happens in this episode as written originally. Because uh-huh. I don't even understand how they lead up to that. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, this, this is, this is, this is super weird. Ben Horn's blood test. Why did he kill her? Laura wrote about Bob in her diary. Ben found it, ripped out the pages, and she knew he was on to her. Ben plays the call to Laura from Ben's office that night. <laughs> hey, Here's a scene where Donna gives Leland a copy of the Just You tape they recorded. Oh, that yeah, didn't that's, happen, no, right? that's deleted, yeah. I was going to say, there's happen. no way. He's, she's like, this is for Maddie. This is a song we did with James. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way that happened. Yeah. Yeah, he's saying uh, I'll mail it to her. I don't think he will.
Um, sorry, this isn't the best podcasting. Uh, <laughs> reading this. This is the weirdest thing website. to read. I, I've never actually looked at this before. Yeah. Um, and I like I'm what I'm what I'm really looking for here is like the pivotal thing where like they find there it is. Okay, she whispers in his ear. Ben Horn killed me. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Man. Wow. And you know, it wouldn't have made any sense for Ben to kill her, you no. know. It just it just it just wouldn't have been the same impact at no, all. No, not remotely. He not wasn't remotely. ever acting like a guy who had just killed someone. No. No. No, what they did was way more believable and just way better dramatically. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I killed her, whatever. It's it's like it's so like so much less personal. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, uh, yeah, sorry. I forgot why I brought that up, but uh, I guess the the whole Leland I, it was the Bob. Bob, yeah, it was the Bob issue. Like Bob being Richard's father, I think that was the original uh place where we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hanging out for, you know, because, yeah, Bob was probably there at that point. So, you know. Well, listen, you know, if you want to ask if, if, if you want to suggest that Bob was there when when Laura was concepted, um, uh, we do have the Laura orb, you yep. know, so and Bob was an orb. Yep. Like father, like daughter, I guess. <laughs> I mean, could they really say that like Bob is is Laura's dad, and you know, in this weird supernatural way, and mm-hmm. and it, that makes that makes that makes Laura and Richard brothers and sisters. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you're welcome. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Hi, brother. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> don't say hi to me. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. So yeah. Uh. I. Uh. I'll just say. Uh. Real quick. Um. The whole time when Mister C was driving, I kind of assumed that Richard Horn was in the front seat, and they were just waiting to reveal it. Um, oh. So, cause like, cause I'm like, well, he drove away from the farm, but Richard Horn was there. They're not going to like have Richard Horn be there. And then like, he's not, not here now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but then it was like, well, he's clearly not in the car with them. So yeah. So this was the simple solution. He followed it there. He's there just in time to miss the other important thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I wonder what their talk's going to be like. Is he going to, like, tell them all the stuff? Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> like, it's just... Ugh. What are they going to even talk about besides, like, the fact that he's his daddy? <laughs> I don't know. Politics, movies, <laughs> pop culture in general. Any new music on Are they going to do a podcast? Like, what they is this? They're going to do a podcast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My daddy's a doppelganger. The podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna tell him what's up. I, I don't think he's gonna yeah. say I, I raped your mother, but okay. I think he's gonna say he's just gonna probably be very direct and and, and I, I think I think whatever negativity will probably come from Richard's side. So if you know Mister C won't actually say I raped your mother, but but 
you know, uh, Richard might say, you know, my mother, my mother said you hurt her or something, yeah. or, you know, and it'll be a sort of vague idea of what that means, uh, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna say your your mother and I had a night or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and yeah. then you were born <laughs> nine months later, right? Um, but it's gonna be weird, and it's gonna you know, you know, will Richard believe it? Will he not believe it? Um, is there a way to prove it? Will it mean something beyond the obvious? Mm-hmm. You know, does that does that give Richard any any powers or mm-hmm. any? Does it do anything to change his character or what his motivation is? Like, um, you know, is, is Richard going to try to sick his daddy on red, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, you know. Well, you know, will Mr. C even care? Like, is he right. Does he care about Richard? Will he kill him after he tells mm-hmm. him? Like, you know, what's the, does he, you know, does he care about this potential son of his? I guess he doesn't know about the prophecy, um, oh, what's the prophecy? So, Richard and Linda, two birds with one stone. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, I guess prophecy is the wrong word because I think that was a flash forward. But just like the idea that Richard's gonna ha- have some important role to play uh, in in what's happening. I mean, th- to me, it seems like this is setting up for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact that he's there. Uh, with Mr. C and, you know, probably uh, going to end up in Twin Peaks again uh, at some point soon. Um, it, he's just got to he's just got to meet Linda, whoever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it is weird that we still have no idea who that is at this point. Besides like a vague it? reference to someone in the trailer park. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, and what's the reference to to Richard? Like, wh- and why is Richard Richard and Linda alike? <sighs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Like, I that's why I wanted like I don't know. I wanted Linda to be. I wanted Linda to be like Audrey's daughter, so they could be mm-hmm. brother and sister or something. I, I wanted there to be some tie in there where it would make sense because uh, yeah. yeah if like Linda's some random woman who lives in a trailer park it's like yeah like what do you think maybe Richard and Linda are romantically involved and Linda is pregnant and her progeny will matter and that's the one stone from the two birds <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I mean, isn't it supposed to be kill two birds with one stone? Not like well, two birds have one stone and it's their baby. <laughs> that's not the phrase. That's not what he said. He just said two birds, one stone. I mean, uh, he did say I'm that. Trying to, I'm but... trying to use the same logic as time and time again, how that was just a sort of phrase of of the obvious in a way. Right. You know, um, it just it's there's two times this thing and this thing again. Right. So I'm thinking two birds, one stone might just sort of mean what it there's sounds like it means but there's there's, there's there's two things and there's a one thing and yeah. somehow those 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 two things combine to the one thing okay and yeah. since we're already looking at richard through the lens of biology and parentage it just makes me think maybe mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe this is a multi-generational story and like maybe it's like mr c has to reconcile with his mother which is experiment <laughs> uh or like or where let's see mr right. c's dad is bob 
Yeah. And maybe his mother or grandmother is is experiment. Yeah. And now Mr. C has his own child to deal with who's Richard. Right. And then Richard is gonna have a kid with Linda and wow. that'll be the fourth generation. And Mr. Wow. C will be of course a grandfather. Uh <laughs> You're welcome. Which potentially makes experiment the great grandmother. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. It's four generations and all, all in one roof. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... wow. That's a Christmas movie you don't want to see. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I never realized that it was about these deep, long-term familial bonds and mm-hmm. how they. <laughs> How the problems of one generation are visited on the next. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It, it actually parallels the idea of this, like, multi-generations of, like, evil people really sort of parallels with um, with the Renaults. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this multi-generational criminal family. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, that's why I always wanted to do bad things all the time. <laughs> It's genetic. <laughs> I never understood it. My great grandmother's pure evil. <laughs> That's why. Um. All right. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. Any other? Do you want to? Do you want to go on? Do you have any other things about Richard? It's. Uh... uh. Yeah, I have a ton of things about Richard, oh, okay. but but uh, we'll save it for later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just. It's going to be weird when he says those magical words, <laughs> Richard, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get that pretty soon. Uh, possibly okay. in the next one. You know, yeah, all right. Seems like, yeah. seems like a thing. Whenever we cut back to them in the car, I mean, it's, it can't be long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we can all look forward to that. Uh, okay. So, uh, in the next scene, we have the well-known reporter Cyril Pons walking his dog. <laughs> the what? Wait, who now? What happened? <laughs> Come on, you don't know. You know the well-known television reporter Cyril Pons? He's a, is he a local Twin Peaks celebrity? Yeah, everybody knows him, you know. He, he, did, he did a lot of big stories, like that he reported on the mill fire. The, um, the season one mill fire. Yeah, yeah. The end of season one. He reported on it in season two, of course, and the aftermath. Uh-huh. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, you know, he. I'm sure he reported on some other things, uh, and I just didn't uh, see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there's a lot of things to report on going around that he's not paying attention to. His his <laughs> town is is an intergalactic hub for transdimensional beings. Yeah, so someone, uh, uh, so uh, just to acknowledge, uh, Cyril Pons is played by Mark Frost, and mm-hmm. um, someone uh, asked him on Twitter, like, so Cyril Pons is living in Trailer Park now? Like, is journalism, like, that bad? Oh, that's great. <laughs> First of all, it's offensive to people who live in Trailer Parks. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Short. <laughs> Long story short. Um, uh, but yeah, he his response was, it's a long story. 
wow, which which makes great. me think like uh, Twin Peaks the final dossier is gonna it's gonna be like half like the the saga the cereal <laughs> yeah from like... from rags to trailer park yeah yeah so somebody needs to hear he that. caught the big fish now he's at the fat trout <laughs> <laughs> the new fat trout the new fat trout please kick it um, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it, you know, very minor uh, cameo from the original series that I guess they decided to bring back <laughs> in the new series mm-hmm. in this weird way. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's who this character is. I, I'm not sure that it matters too much, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you want to know, uh, that's who he is. Uh, so, yeah, he's walking his dog through the woods. And uh, then we see uh, Stephen and Gersten uh, sitting up against the tree, and Stephen has a gun. And Let's see. Stephen and Gersten in a tree. F R E A K I N G O U T. That sounds about right. Isn't that how that rhyme goes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. It's a good remix, at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I don't know about you, but like a lot of the lines, especially Stephen, like when he's speaking, are like just basically impossible to understand. Mm-hmm. And you know the, uh, um, uh, you know the closed captions have their interpretation. I think for some of these, like they're uh, they're stretching. Um, so anyway, I'm not a hundred percent sure what he says all the time in this scene. I'm Fair just enough. gonna come out and admit that but uh from what i can gather um he is planning to kill himself uh he's got a gun mm-hmm. um and he's planning to kill himself because of something he did uh but uh gerson kind of protests and says like she did it so so maybe becky did it uh or maybe they did it together I don't know. Some some something was done, and now he wants to kill himself. <laughs> uh, that's all I feel comfortable saying. All right. Well, um, it's hard. It's hard to decipher. Um, uh, Gerson tries to talk him out of it. Um, we, uh, he has a line where he says, uh, "Will I be with the with the rhinoceros?" Uh, I did understand that one. Um, Eventually, uh, Cyril Pons uh, sees them, and so uh, Gersten runs and hides on the other side of the tree while Stephen hides the gun. Uh, Cyril then turns around and runs, uh, and then we go over to where Gersten is, and we hear a gunshot, and, uh, you know, she kind of freaks out. And uh, then we cut over to Cyril going to the uh, new Fat Child trailer park, and I, I guess uh, we don't really hear very much of this, but I, I guess he tells Carl something mm-hmm. about what he saw and he, he points at uh, Stephen and Becky's trailer, I guess, indicating like he lives there, you know, the one that lives yeah. there. Uh, it's a very brief line, but I, I guess we're meant to assume he, he tells him uh, what he saw. So, yeah, that's basically the, yeah. the thing here. Wow. So what do you say? 
I, I, you know, poor Gersten. I every time I see her in this situation with Steven, I'm like, oh, Doc Hayward, poor Doc Hayward's daughter. I mean, she had such a bright future when she was playing that piano. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go back to that if I can find, if I can find the line. Um, uh, let's see, let's see if I can find it. Um, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My good news is that I was chosen to be the fairy princess in my school play. This is my special oh. dress. <laughs> also, I got the highest scores in mathematics and English this mid-season term, mm-hmm, just as my mm-hmm. sisters Harriet and Donna did before me. So now yep. I don't have to worry about being ashamed anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, wow. so anyway, I was just thinking like, well... <laughs> Maybe maybe that has something to do with Gersten going down the wrong path. <laughs> Wait, what does? I don't know this 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 sense of like um, you know needing to overachieve, needing to compete with her sisters, you know that that kind of mm-hmm. idea. Well, it, it it does call it into question like what's happened with the other sisters, right? Yeah, uh, there were three Hayward girls. Yeah. And uh, you know we got some lines with the the other one, the middle child, I guess. Uh, that night when Donna wanted to like sneak out and she was yep. going to cover for her. Yeah, Harriet. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I wonder what happened. I mean, did did some tragedy happen with the family that that Gersten didn't cope well with? Um, you know, the the general question of how does she even get involved with Steven and and why is she you know in love with this loser? <laughs> um, you know, and is it is it a rebellion thing? Did she grow out of that? like trying to be perfect phase when she was a little girl and and got into a rebellious phase and went down the wrong path or Next something. Next time you mention a piano, I'm running off with Steven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no Chopin anymore, all right? Um yeah, it's just like yeah. I guess uh in that scene, that's that's I mean, at, you know, by the way, uh the, the only scene she's in in the entire mm-hmm. show before this. Um, that's the only indication of something like, you know, potentially like negative in her life, you know, this, this kind of pressure, um, that she feels Mm -hmm. to, to, uh, to do the things her sisters did. Yeah. Um, so like, that's all I have to go on, but it's certainly possible that in the 25 years, something else happened. Well, Uh, here's one thing we can, we can surmise could have really damaged her was the, the, the realization that, uh, Ben Horn is her, her sister's, uh, dad. Oh yeah. Yeah. And not, and not Doc Hayward. So that could have, you know, affected the family negatively or, or really made her rethink, you know, what she's sort of trying to do with, uh, trying to be like her sisters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's one big thing we could we could assume happened. I don't. Yeah. I doubt they kept that a secret from everybody in the family. Right. Right. After that huge blow up. Yeah, yeah. That that would probably have to come out at some point. Yeah. So I think Donna the... would tell them if nobody else would. So yeah, what's what's up with what? Well, and I could also see her like I'll never tell them or whatever. But yeah, I could also see them tell. Yeah. Them. But um, why is Donna not in this show? <laughs> Is something up with Laura Flynn Boyle? Do we know? Is she still acting or not? I mean, I haven't really seen her in anything. But, um, or even, um, you know, the actress who played Donna in uh, in Fire Walk With Me. Yeah, yeah, uh, Warren uh, Kelly. 
Yeah, I did. I wonder why Donna's not in the show so far. She's, uh, she's a character that had a lot to do with what was going on with Laura. Yeah. Um, and I feel like her absence is, you know, we. I mean, is that why we have Gersten here? Because we're not dealing with Donna. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I think there, there. We need to before the end get some reason why Donna's not around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, at least some lines. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what we're supposed to think. And, um, again, her story did kind of end on a cliffhanger about, um, Ben Horn. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would expect there to be some follow up. I mean, even for, uh, for Ben to have some lines about it, you yeah. know, um, Obviously, uh, Doc Hayward in his one scene didn't uh, mention... They didn't mention any of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, they... I, I don't know. It does seem like they have some potential for including that stuff in some way. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why they would have made the decision not to do that. If they if they contacted Laura Flynn Boyle, Maura Kelly, or both, if they said no, or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or if for some reason they didn't want the character involved. I don't know why that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or they didn't have, I don't know. They didn't have a good idea for where to take the character. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just, you know what, what's Donna doing these days? Like, is she like the mayor of the town? <laughs> and they'll just be like, <laughs> Mrs. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like she was there the whole time. We just right. didn't know she was the may the mayor. You know, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, is she is she teaching at the the high school? Is she? You know, there wasn't a very good sense of what she might do career wise. Right. Um, you know, Bobby had his his vague uh, notions of business at a certain uh-huh. point. Yeah. Be in there with the right. horn business, uh, and he that kind of didn't go anywhere. It seems like. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I wonder why we're not getting any Donna. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, Donna's storylines, um, you know, they, I mean, they mostly revolved around, uh, doing, like, doing their sort of private investigation of the Laura Palmer the Nancy murder. Drew storyline. The Nancy Drew storyline, exactly. Uh, like, they spend most of the time doing that. I mean, some of it's about her relationship with James, and, you mm-hmm. know, and then Maddie dies, and then, um, you know, James runs off, and so she's, she's, like, briefly involved in the James Evelyn plot, um, like, help, helping him to some extent. Um, but then as soon as James runs away, then her plot is all about, you know, all leading up to the, the Ben Horn thing. Mm -hmm. Um, they tie her in with, uh, Wyndham Earl a bit. There's that whole, you know, the, the three, uh, the three Queens or or whatever, uh, with the poem and stuff. But, um, uh, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, uh, there's not really a lot of time on Donna per se. Like everything she's doing is like you know, it's, it seems like it's, it's focused on someone else. So I feel like that's yeah. part of why we just have no idea of like where, uh, <laughs> where she would mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Stephen's lines here, I mean, I don't know what to make of these lines. He's, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, so Gersten does intimate that he took something, right? Does she say he took uh, something? Yeah. Um, or she says he was stoned he says, or something? Yeah, you, she, she says, what the fuck did she give you? Um... So that makes me think somebody he got some bad drugs or something is the okay. the, the general idea of this type of scene. Um uh, uh but 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 you know he has a gun and he's saying I I did it and she's saying no she did it. So I'm like did he shoot somebody maybe? You know, mm-hmm. this is like a flash forward and and he shot Becky or he you know he shot someone yeah. we don't know yet. And 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 that's why Gersten is so sort of upset. Not that he's just freaking out now, but that he's sort of dangerous because he just killed somebody and now he wants to kill himself. Right. Um, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking is happening here. Um, not that I want Becky to be shot, but I I, I can't imagine who the she is unless they're just going to invent another person. Right. I guess. I mean, there's a bunch of women from the from the Roadhouse. That have names, I guess, <laughs> from the credits. Oh, and, so many and stuff. So you know, maybe one of them had drugs or something and, and got it to him. You know, this seems yeah. to tie to the Jerry Horn thing with him going crazy in the woods right. after right. seemingly taking drugs. So it's 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 weird when they confound compound all these things and confound us because you don't know which it is. Is it? Steven freaking out because he did something drastic with a gun. Is it drug related or is it because he's in the woods? Right. And, you right. know, like what? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll just throw in uh, two things on top of that. Um, oh, good. The pile's uh, not big enough. Shelly's, one of Shelly's friends, I don't remember which one. It might have been Renee, but there were three there. So it says that uh, everyone loves Steven. Um, <laughs> like that's a weird comment from from part two. I I think when that scene happens. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Anyway, just to make the con- connection with um some of these uh, Roadhouse characters. Yeah, I do um, wonder if maybe Stephen's behavior has gotten worse recently. Maybe he was a, sort of good for a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh. And then the other thing was uh, uh when he's like kind of um. Uh, what's the right word? He's he's sort of intimidating Becky into the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean he, domestic abuse? Yes. Is that the word yes. you're looking for? I mean, he wasn't like actually hitting her, but yeah, sort of. It's certainly certainly a kind of a kind of verbal abuse and intimidation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in that scene, um, he says, doesn't he say something like, "I know what you did." Um, yes. Uh, so, so my first thought when I heard this of like, I did it, no, she did it was like, maybe that's the thing he was talking about in that scene. Uh, whatever. He's like, I know what you did. And, uh, maybe, but maybe he was there too. And maybe they did it together. Um, (laughs) Oh no. Um, you're simplifying it by making it more complicated. (laughs) Uh, just, you know, in terms of, like, who's to blame, I mean, maybe uh, they were both there at the same time, and maybe they both played a role in it, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, he he blames her, but also blames himself. Um, but that would suggest that he wasn't mad about it until they got home or something, like... 
if she did something, why would he be mad if he was there when she did it? Yeah, I guess I guess it's it's tough to think about how that would play out, but uh, yeah, I take your points. I take your points that the it is connected. Maybe it's, it's, it's all the same it. It seems like it could be. Uh, just you know, grasping here because we don't have that much to work with. It seems like there could be a connection there. Uh, his line about the rhinoceros made me think of those uh, those two those two ladies. Uh, the one with the rash. Uh, because they were they were making some weird like zoo animal references as well, right? They were oh. like, did you see that that penguin and and the I mm-hmm. forgot what the other animal. There's a couple animals they reference like that. Um, so I was like, oh, is that you know what I mean? Like, and maybe it ties into the drugs. Like the drugs cause you to like reference animals. I don't. That doesn't make any sense. But you know, you know. nothing about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I I see what you're doing. I see where you're getting at. It, now, are you thinking you want to go one step further and to and surmise that the 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 animal references are actually people, like the rhinoceros is a person? <laughs> because weren't the girls talking about that in the context of a zoo? Like, I thought that animals? was your assumption, but I don't think they actually mentioned. Oh, zoo. did they not say that? I don't think they did. To the transcript. To the transcript. I don't know what part that is. Oh, clearly that was part 11. Are you serious? No, I don't know. It seems like it. Let me find out. What did they say? Penguin? You sure that's an animal they said? Yeah. They spelled penguin. P-E-N-G-U-I-N, I think. Can you use it in a sentence? Um... Have you seen that penguin? Uh, can I get the history of the word, please? Uh, it comes from the French. Uh, penguin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, that's what the, the first Frenchman who saw a penguin said. Penguin? Penguin? <laughs> Chocolate blue, a bird with no feathers. <laughs> <laughs> or a flightless bird. I don't know. Um, I can't find it. I wish I could remember what those characters' names were. I, I haven't been good about keeping up with those. Um, let's I see. found it. Part nine. Part nine? Okay. Yeah. She says... Oh, this is the couple. Yeah, the burger across the street. Yeah, okay. yeah. Have you seen that penguin? Yeah. <laughs> Have I what? You know the penguin. Yep. <laughs> oh, you know you know that zebra's out again. That was the other one. Oh, that's what it was. Zebra. Yeah, you or know that zebra's out again. In Europe, zebra. <laughs> zebra, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, and then then they speak normally for a while, and then and then have you seen that penguin? <laughs> have I it's what not... you know the penguin? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> great lines. Yeah, it's really great. The what? Oh yes, I will confirm that now that I've I've questioned it. It makes me wonder if these are names for drugs. Yeah, like these are these are these are different drugs out on the street or something. <laughs> and seeing the yeah. penguin means you've had like, like 
you know, you've had that drug. Yeah, yeah. See, or, or maybe Red's drugs. drugs maybe, like, his drugs have, like, weird animal names. That's what I was thinking. Or, like, you know, whatever the package of the drug is, it'll have a, a logo of an animal on it. Oh, to yeah, tell yeah. You what kind of thing it is. Yeah. So seeing the penguin means you, you had the penguin. Mm-hmm. And the zebra's out again, meaning, like, hey, they're selling the zebra back on the street. <laughs> wow, right. that's bad. And will I be with the rhinoceros? I don't know. Will, will I... Uh... <laughs> this help. <laughs> will I... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that didn't help. Did Have it? the chance to do the rhinoceros again? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite make sense, but uh, it's, a good, it's a good thought. It's better than anything I got on that. But I'm just trying to make a connection because it, it seems similar, you know, just this like random zoo animals coming up in the context of characters that you're right mm-hmm. do seem like they're connected to drug use yeah um yeah. so it seems like there is a tie in there uh though it's not clear exactly what the animals supposed to, are supposed to mean um uh so uh, the other thing i have to say about this scene like uh based on everything i knew about steven i found it completely shocking that he was about to kill himself uh, like, that's not something I saw coming at all. Well, I I mean, I didn't see this scene coming. I, I think he's so far out of his mind, it's not shocking that he'd want to kill himself. I think, I think, you know, he's, and I say kudos to these actors. It's such a weird scene to have to play where they're just huddled together and they have to sort of play these really heightened emotions. Uh, I thought they did a great job of, like, what to, what to sort of do in these moments here. Um where they're not be you know there's not much room for physicality yet they have to be really physical mm-hmm. um but um uh yeah i i don't know i feel like whatever is going on on his mind is you know whether he had some bad drugs or there's some effects some supernatural effect that that we've talked about before you know connecting to you know the the sick girl in the car that that Bobby saw, and connecting to you know the girl screaming at the end of this episode, and and this sort of harbinger of evil to come. Like if it has to do with that, or if it's bad drugs, like like Derry might have had, or what. He's so far gone. I think, you know, it makes sense to me that he'd be on the edge and want to kill himself. But yeah, I agree. Like n- nothing I've saw before this would make me think he's suicidal because I don't think he was suicidal before this. You yeah, know, I think yeah. something something happened. I mean, the last time we saw these two, you know, Becky shot at their door while they were down mm-hmm. the hallway, down the stairs, and then presumably they went off somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, maybe they went back inside, but presumably they left, and then something happened um, that, like, two things happened, I think. Like, Stephen took something, you know, she said, what did Gertrude, Gertrude? Gersten. Gersten. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's none of the grr sounds I wanted. It's the third. It's always the third grr, right? Um, she mentions that, she, you know, what did she give you? So Stephen took something, I think, is fairly yeah. clear. And then, they, But the second thing is um, there was some action. You know, Stephen says, I did it. Gersten says, she did it. So there was some something that occurred. And I think between those two, they're a catalyst for whatever state he's in now. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah. I guess like I I thought that you know he was he was uh, he was a drugged out loser asshole and he was having an affair and certainly unstable certainly potentially uh, prone to violence um, you know certainly not like up to any good but just mm-hmm. the idea that he would kill himself I don't know like I just I never would have guessed that um, it's it's. It just seems uh, surprising, like, and it, it's like he's he feels guilty about. But doesn't he, he seem did? par for the course with a guy like this, who's sort of got nothing left to lose because he's made such a crap of his life? You know. I guess I'm. I guess I'm just surprised that he cares on that level. I don't know. It's just. It's a bit more. I, I guess I wasn't giving him enough credit for. Um, <laughs> You know, suicide for when you really care. <laughs> when yeah. You really ca- <laughs> yeah. This Christmas, think about giving the gift of suicide. You know, like I can't imagine Richard Horn doing this, for example. Um, uh, like, 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 if, you know, mm-hmm. even even in a drug fueled like kind of days, uh, seemingly like feeling some kind of remorse about something he did to the extent that he wants to kill himself. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's 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 still like. But not... see, that's the thing. I, I feel like it's not just the remorse. It's 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 him being in this weird state, and that's that's what I'm not clear on is how much is putting him over the edge. You know, which which is the main force here? Like, because if he, I feel like if he wasn't drugged out, if he had just did what he did, um, I, I, I could see him feeling really bad, and I could see him going, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe. He did something while he was sober, and then he felt bad about it, so he wanted to get high, and now he's on a weird drug trip on top mm-hmm. of that. But but I, that's what I would expect him to do is sort of like not get to the point of suicide normally. But I, I see what you're saying. That's a good um, uh, by, uh, comparison to make to, to Richard and how Richard's uh, sort of a loser but doesn't have this the same kind of sense of... Um, uh, guilt or self-awareness that Stephen sort of shows here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it distinguishes the characters in a way where, like, I I did think they were kind of really similar in certain ways to such an extent that I I confused them a couple of times early on, mm-hmm. uh, thinking like I you know just because I really wanted Richard to to live in the Fatron trailer park thinking like oh maybe richard and linda both live there and it's like that's not richard that's david <laughs> yeah um and you know yeah i feel like this makes a clearer um because uh, like the the thing richard did richard did like i could see you know uh you know especially in a drug-fueled you know state uh wanting to kill yourself after doing that you know i could totally get that uh but he's not doing that you know um and so um uh what do you mean after killing the kid yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah for example well, you, you, yeah well and i think that's the difference is richard's clearly a sociopath yeah um and i don't think i think steven is just a bad guy yeah yeah and i guess that's the that's the distinction that wasn't a hundred percent clear to me mm-hmm. until you know that that maybe he hadn't done anything as bad but that he was like potentially just as bad just needed the right circumstances or whatever it really does seem like no he's really just not as bad Mm -hmm. um period (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's it just it just caught me off guard because I thought I thought I understood the point of this plot line. Um, and it's like it just went to this other place. <laughs> I mean, I thought Becky's like worrying about Stephen was like kind of, you know, whatever he's, you know, uh, he's having an affair and you, you shot his girlfriend's door and he's hiding out. Like, that doesn't mean he's, like, in some kind of trouble. It doesn't mean he's, like, there's anything to worry about, really. It seems, like, normal to me. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? But now it seems like, well, maybe she was right to worry. It does look I like think we're he's missing really a scene. unstable. I think there's a scene that's missing between those two where something happened. Um, yeah, I feel like we're missing that scene and we'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe since Mr. C's storyline is a little bit behind the others, maybe we will see things when he comes to Twin Peaks through his viewpoint, and it'll be a little bit later, so we might be able to come back to some of these things. Right. But it won't It won't exactly seem like a flashback, because it'll be from his current perspective. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If they want to fill in the gaps. But you're right that it seems like there's a missing scene here. Yeah. I, I do feel like it's, yeah. And let's just be honest, Becky never came to the double R for that ice cream. <laughs> I'm still waiting on her to show up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that whole story is like, there's a clear plot in there somewhere and they just didn't film it all or edit it all in or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, we're just getting like, you know, every, uh, every five minutes or so they cut in mm-hmm. a bit from it. Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah, it's not really adding up at the moment. Maybe there's missing pieces we'll get later after the show's over. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, this whole season's been a gift, but I swear, if there's missing pieces, that'll be the, the last mm-hmm. gift we can ever get is some more yeah. of this stuff. I wouldn't be surprised, even though it's already quite long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, based on what we've seen, I agree. I, you know, something like that just screams for a follow-up scene, uh, the uh, coming to the double R for the uh, pie and ice cream and uh, mm-hmm. uh it doesn't happen and it's totally out of context in that in that um in that part so uh it's just like yeah what happened there yeah <laughs> it's it's very very strange um so yeah uh it would be good i mean i they're clearly gonna follow it up in some way but i hope i hope there's some way that this makes sense <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, also, do you think Steven actually did it? Do you think he actually shot himself, or do you think he's still alive? Oh, good, good question. Because um, I'm, I'm going to say what we both know, which is according to normal TV rules, if it's mm-hmm. off screen, he's still alive. 100% yeah. guarantee. That's how normal TV rules work. Off screen, it didn't happen. Yeah. Now, with Twin Peaks, I don't feel 100% comfortable believing in normal TV rules, because I think it's not... It's not 100% clear they're going to follow them. Uh, I still think there's a good chance he's still alive because the storyline seems unresolved. Uh, so I'm still leaning that way. But mm-hmm. it's still possible that they'll pursue the storyline from Becky's point of view or we'll see more Gersten or whatever. Um, wherever they're planning to take that. 
maybe the point is that uh, that he kills himself and that's that kind of leads to the next thing i'm not sure uh but yeah anyway what do you think from gersten's reaction it seems like he killed himself yeah uh, they played that up pretty pretty well. Um, I, I could see him being dead. Um, I mean, but what what's the alternative? He just shot in the air for no yeah, reason. Yeah, he shot himself in the leg. I don't know. Yeah, it would it would have to be, it would have to be something like that. Or he he shot and missed or something. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. He was he, his hand shook or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with he's dead. Uh, although you know I'm very skeptical. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning on those TV rules, but I don't feel confident about it. So yeah, I'm, I uh, for some reason I I think he's I guess I just feel like his storyline's unresolved. So that, that's the main reason why I feel like he should still be alive. But but it, what's the re- what's this what's his storyline? <laughs> I don't know, but that's why it's unresolved. <laughs> maybe this is the resolution. I have to learn what it is before it can get resolved. But maybe this is the resolution. It's just over now. It could be. It definitely could be. I, uh, I and it's, I and it's up to that. Becky to like deal with the repercussions yeah. of of what happened. But it, I, yeah. I do feel like the fact that they didn't show it sort of really makes me think if it's fifty fifty, he's dead or alive. I do think he's not dead because. Um, it's the kind of thing where why not just show it if, yeah. if it actually is the th- and this you know you get a nice gruesome shot of him yeah. blowing his brains out. I think they would normally show that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'm gonna flip flop and say he's not dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It just seems more likely to me, even though I agree that they play the scene as though he really did it. Now, I could also um, see a hybrid of it's both things where he actually did shoot himself and he actually is dying. Oh yeah, like, yeah. When they, That's a when version. They, like when they find him, maybe maybe his head will be sort of busted open and yeah. he's bleeding out and he's yeah. effectively dead, but Yeah. You know. He could have one final, like, completely incomprehensible monologue before he dies. We would all appreciate that so much. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really confused by this scene. It was very, very strange. There's definitely something missing here from where we saw them before. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess Gersten's gonna go talk to the police at a certain point and, mm-hmm. and tell them what happened. And I guess she will explain who the she is she referenced and what, what was going on there. But, I, and I, you know, the other thing, too, about the drugs is it, you know, Red was involved with trying to get drugs into Twin Peaks, so maybe he's got really bad drugs that people are getting a hold mm-hmm. of somehow, and um, you know, I don't think necessarily Jerry was doing Red's drugs, but right. I do want to tie that into it, also. Yeah, yeah. I, it's potentially a tie-in, but it did seem like, I mean, he's been established as um you know growing his own pot and they, they did show him smoking a mm-hmm. joint at the beginning um, oh i know when he's watching uh dr amp so it seems but but on the other hand uh his reactions do seem a bit extreme <laughs> to say the least yeah uh so you know that possibility they, they did have two different kind they did have different kinds of freakouts you know yeah uh this this one was a lot more manic yeah 
and suicidal than Jerry's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry's was much more, yeah, reasonable, if that makes sense. It was a little zanier and yeah. lighter and, um, yeah. Um, oh, wow, I didn't even notice this. Oh, I can't wait to see if you caught this. Oh, wow. What? Next scene. Oh, next scene? Yeah. Oh. Oh! Oh, is it the thing? Yeah. Well, let's yeah. see if it's the thing. You want to go to the next scene? Let's go to the next scene and see if it's All the right. thing. So we go to the roadhouse. Uh, the MC, just credited as the MC, uh, announces Sharp Dressed Man by CZ Top. Um, then uh, Renee and her husband, Chuck, uh, sit with, uh, I think, Skipper, although I couldn't verify that that's Skipper. And an unnamed woman <laughs> could not get a credit for her. Sorry, she didn't have lines, so I guess uh, no name for you. Um, <laughs> None for you, dear. I'm not even sure if the other guy's Skipper, but I do. I don't know who else in the episode is Skipper, so that's my best guess. Wow. Um, the actor. I couldn't find a picture of the actor, so yeah. I just. I you know. I do my best with these credits. Usually it works. Um, Anyway, uh, James comes over. Uh, with... Wait, you're saying you're saying there's somebody in the credits named Skipper? Yeah. Okay, and you think it has to be this guy because he yeah. has what it be? Okay. Basically, I mean, he's got I just lines. Think a... and... I was just thinking there's a great, there's a weird gray, and this is no in any way related to the show, but there's a great connection between Philip Jeffries and his weird Southern accent. Uh, we made that joke about uh, Sunset Boulevard, yeah, which is Tennessee Williams, who also did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and there's a character in that named Skipper <laughs> that's very prominent. So anyway, just how my brain works. <laughs> wow, wow. Because, you know, Gordon Cole comes from, uh, you know, everyone's favorite Sunset Boulevard. Right. So, And that's a prominent thing in this episode. So, I don't know. Like, that's interesting that... Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they made it they official. They, 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 they more than made it official. Yeah. It was... Sort of unofficial now. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's too official that it's unofficial. Right, right. Um... Okay, so James comes over with Freddie and says, uh, it's good to see you, Renee. Um, How dare he? Chuck gets really angry and uh, punches James, and Renee tells him to stop. Uh, Freddie then uses his green glove and punches him and also his friend Skipper, <laughs> I think. Um, they're clearly injured severely. Uh, James tells, uh, the, uh, people there to call 911. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, then he looks at, at Chuck and, you know, Renee's there and, uh, uh, he says, like, his eyes don't look right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. So, yeah, what's the thing? Is it Chuck? No, what's up with Chuck? Oh, well, I think this is Chuck. The well-known Chuck. This is Chuck. Chuck. I think this is the well-known Chuck from Audrey's saga. 
So what did Chuck do again? Chuck was the one Chuck, who said that Tina was the last to see Billy. Billy and Chuck supposedly stole Billy's truck. Okay, okay, okay. So this is Chuck. This wow. Is a, I, I mean, it's a Chuck. So please don't let it be another one. I can't it handle can't be it. Two Chucks. No. So yeah, I think you know, and Chuck was certifiable. That was the other thing. Um, you know, he's got a temper. I don't. I don't know if it qualifies as certifiable, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know uh it was weird as soon as she said chuck i was like oh shit it's chuck wow uh so yeah um you know the mystery now, unravels here <laughs> have we seen this guy before renee's husband uh i don't believe so okay because we saw renee before but we, we definitely saw renee seen... before we saw her with shelly and we saw her by herself listening to just you and i but yeah i don't think we've seen her husband before i don't think we've seen chuck before Okay. Uh, so it's kind of a reveal that Renee's husband is the famous Chuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would say, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, what yeah, passes for a reveal in the Audrey story. <laughs> so yeah, my thing is less interesting than that. It's just oh. um, on the MC's mic. There's a pine cone at the end of it. Um, I don't know if you caught that. No. Yeah, if you, it's weird to look at. So yeah, if you just go to the that scene with the MC, the other end of his microphone is like a pine cone taped to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it just reminded me of that pine cone abstract sculpture that Andy's holding in the in the fireman's world, right. where the smoke comes out of it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Um, isn't there another thing with a pine cone taped to it, or am I crazy? Are there multiple pine cones here now? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm imagining that. All right, I'm trying to find this. Oh yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, does Chad have a pine cone? This I'm looking at a reference between Chad's pine cone. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm remembering. I don't remember Chad having a pine cone, but why not? Uh, I don't know why they're saying. This is Chad's pine cone, but there's a scene with uh, Frank Truman, and in the background they're pointing to something that they're calling Chad's pine cone. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah, but uh, okay, maybe maybe in the back of my mind I do remember that. I don't know. I got a pine cone in my head. Oh, oh, Chad says, I'm going to go have a word with my pine cone. And when he's talking about the log lady, Chad makes oh, a, a clip that he's going to talk to a, his gotcha. pine cone. That's okay. that's where the pine cone was. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, I don't know why a pine cone is on this microphone. I don't know why this MC is here. Uh, I don't know why he's announcing songs people are going to play over the speaker. <laughs> um, and I don't know yeah. why he has a volume thing where... A good third of the volume is past 10, um, and it's all in red, which sounds like it's going to be too loud, actually. Right. Uh, at first, I thought that was like an applause meter, and they were going to like rate, like, acts, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see like this person. Ah. Yeah. But no, it's worse than that. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cardboard cutout of a volumes meter yeah yeah and he's just gonna turn it before that's the that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen <laughs> it's pretty weird man yeah I don't, it's 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 
Um, it's hokey in a weird way. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. And ZZ Top Sharp Dressed Man is 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 Sharp Dressed Man referring to Dale Cooper because he's a sharp dressed man. Is this is this signaling his return? Could this be. Is this foreshadowing for the next scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good thought. Or is James the sharp-dressed man? Ooh. That that we're going crazy for? Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, we see Freddy use his uh, glove. glove powers. And it's, it's probably one of the best ever sound effects for someone punching, which is a gunshot. Uh, which was just really cool. I mean, it's just super cool. <laughs> I love that. Bang! This <laughs> is the best sound effect for punching. I'm like, why have I not seen that before? I guess because it's completely unrealistic. Right. Um, but I think that's yeah. why it's great. You know, it really, it really communicates the power of that punch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but the fact that like he he was holding back to a degree, I think, yeah. is is, uh, is interesting that. That he he could have you know hit a lot harder and um, yeah, uh, but yeah I do I do wonder what that's going to mean for Mister C now that we know that he's not just because um, you know before when we saw him use the glove he was just sort of crushing something but now we know he can like it's sort of he can punch with it and stuff too yeah. and I wonder if he could like could he lift something really heavy with that also do mm-hmm. it or is it not quite that yeah. um. But uh, but yeah, I do. I, it does make me think he's gonna fight Mister C. Before I thought he was just gonna arm wrestle Mister C because mm-hmm. of the whole the way they showed him before. But now that I know he can punch, mm-hmm. maybe he'll punch Bob out of Mister C. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> he's gonna hit him so hard, Bob's gonna fly out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, surely his destiny is something more than this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking maybe um, uh, maybe he'd be able to use the gloves to, like, get get out of the uh, jail cell, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, they would need them, you know, to escape at some point. I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen in that jail cell. It feels like, you know, if, I mean, uh, so uh, the fireman, you know, the giant sent him there. To fulfill his destiny. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, he ends up in a jail cell there in, in the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station does seem like it's a, it's a setup for for him to somehow be around when things of significance happen. Well, let's and let's draw the obvious connection. Nido is right next to him. And Nido's so, right there, yeah. And that was the other person that, uh, you know, that we know is important from the Giants perspective. Yeah, are the woodsmen uh, going to show up? Is he going to punch a woodsman? I, I that's what I was thinking. Maybe the woodsmen are, you know, he could maybe he can interact with them with with his glove, you know, because yeah. they can sort of fade in and out. Maybe he can hurt them, mm-hmm. or maybe they'll try to crush his head and he could stop yeah. that or something. Um, yeah, I do. That's what I was thinking too. Like now that now that he's in the jail with Nido, maybe maybe the woodsmen come and 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 they try to escape to get her out of there. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Andy comes in and we got a mover and, 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 and yeah, he's got his green glove of power. Yeah. yeah. I can punch some woodsmen. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder what's up with that glove. 
What's up with that glove? Yeah. And I'm wondering if and how this Chuck character, now that he's been introduced, like, knows or has anything to do with Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because if he stole the truck and then Richard end up, ended up with it, like, I, or does he have a connection to Red or... Like, mm-hmm. I just wonder what the deal is. Um, well, now he's going to have a connection to some medical equipment because he's in the <laughs> hospital for a while. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to be connected to an IV. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I mean, does it matter at this point who had the truck and why? I mean, I guess the only outstanding mystery there is just Billy. Where Where did Billy go and what yeah. happened to him? Yeah. I mean, you know, Andy hasn't even brought that back up anymore. I know. He was waiting for this guy. I know. Or, Come on, or, Andy. Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, and clearly they showed us that the, the officers are involved in other, you know, uh, continuing business with the sheriff station. You know, like when they when they bust Chad, you know, without any sort of setup yep. that we saw, that clearly means they're talking off screen. Yeah. They're doing other things off screen. So, yeah. you know, it seems like it's likely Andy would have mentioned that Billy's missing and didn't show up for his four 30 appointment. Um, but I guess if, you know, Audrey's stuck in a dream world, so she can't, I guess, write a letter to the sheriff to tell him about it or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, um, God, we got to talk about Audrey. Um, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing. Okay. Well, you know, it's another it's another piece of that puzzle that I agree might not matter, and yet at the same time, uh, I'm just really curious what they're doing with that because I don't think I've ever seen a mystery that just involves like uh, named characters doing stuff <laughs> off screen. <laughs> like, it's just um, it's just a really weird way to it, write a mystery. Is it that the story of uh, the secret history of Twin Peaks? <laughs> Isn't that basically what it is? A dossier and other name people doing stuff and in, in hearsay? Uh yeah. I guess so. <laughs> you could look at it that way. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It's a little more I don't know. There's a little I more. I guess I'm of, saying um... it's Mark Frost's fault for this plotline, okay? okay? That's what I'm saying. You're blaming Mark Frost, yeah. Okay. It could be. Definitely could be. Um. Uh. But yeah, it's got me. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just like, really, really wondering why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um. Like slowly unveiling elements of of this plotline. That again. Um. As far as Audrey's story goes, like the more the stuff she says seems connected to reality, uh, the more it it seems to me like. Um, you know, she's, I mean, she's either living in reality or she's got, like, a real conduit to it, you know, in Mm -hmm. whatever state she's in. I don't know what to say. (laughs) I don't know what to say about her story. I, I mean, they keep coming back to it as if we're supposed to get something out of it, like, Okay, we've shown you this three times. Now don't you understand what her situation is? Yeah, like, well... No, I don't. 
I have to draw the uh, parallel again to uh, Nadine and uh, Jerry Horn and stuff like where it seems like we get like several scenes that are kind of the same thing. And then finally we get like some kind of punchline. Of course, Jerry Horn hasn't had a punchline yet, but I'm expecting, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Nadine thing really got me expecting. And this clearly seems like it's leading up to, you know, maybe it's when they leave and finally try to go to the roadhouse um, you know, maybe there's some reveal about Charlie coming. I don't know. I don't think they're going to Roadhouse. He took his jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, once he did that, I'm like, oh my god, no, you were so close to getting out the door. I know. You were so close. And he's like, oh, jacket coming off. I'm like, yep. we're not leaving. There's no way you're going out there without a jacket. So yeah. we're just we're just not leaving. Just she not doesn't leaving. she doesn't want to she clearly doesn't want to actually go out. You know what this yeah. reminds me of? It reminds me of Beetlejuice. You know, where they're, like, dead and stuck in the house, and mm-hmm. and they, you know, when you open the door, you're in some other weird place, and, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to make of this plotline. I mean, I, I dare say it's, a, it's the weirdest thing on the show, because it's, it, you know, it, the other things are weird in a straightforward way, but this is weird in a just completely non under she's, she's had her jacket in her hand since she's been on this show. Yeah, you know, and but she has yet to put it on, so it's like she's yeah. she's on the precipice of going. I don't know what it means about her reality. You know, clearly there's some psychological things happening here. There's some obvious connections to an idea that she she has some sort of trauma she doesn't want to face. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, her jacket is red, also you know, blood or something. Uh, but um, it just. I, I don't know what to make it. I don't know how it can be a thing. You know, what does it mean that her... The, what is her name? Isn't it Charlie, right? Yeah. Um, what does it mean that he is? You know, if is he the psychologist who's... You know, is she lying on a couch somewhere talking out loud and this is all some sort of visual role-playing and, and she's just in a psychologist's office and this is just her psychologist and they're sort of playing this out in their minds, you know, sort of a thing? Um and she's gonna wake up and, and that'll just be it you know otherwise what is he to her you know um yeah i don't i don't i don't understand it if this is her dream then why is this guy here um and and she is just so dead set on sort of causing a conflict which prevents her from moving forward you yeah. know she 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 goads him and derides him into helping her and whenever he agrees she finds some reason to 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 sort of derail things um and it seems like she doesn't you know psycho armchair psychologist doesn't want to face something um but yet she she wants to find billy of all people and it, it, i don't know is billy a stand-in for cooper like is that where this is going like she's you know is this going to sort of tie into you know the reveal on the other storyline that, you know, Mr. C is Richard's yeah. dad. On that, I think, yes. But, you know, and I, and I, and I wonder if maybe that's why they're, they're sort of pacing this out like this, because yeah. they want to have those two things in the same episode. And, yeah. and, and he's going to, you know, Charlie's going to say, face it, Audrey, you know, you're, you know, the man of your dreams, Dale Cooper, you know, raped you and, yeah. and left you with the child and you just need to face that. Is that, you know, is that what it's leading to? I just, I can't imagine it's really just about Billy proper, you know, uh, that this is all really just about some 
barely named or double named character <laughs> if he's farmer right. uh you know who who she's sort of has an affair with or something like i you know because why would charlie be that interested in helping her find this guy right yeah so like i said i don't know okay okay that makes sense i see what you're saying I think, if I'm not mistaken, though, do we, this is, I'm looking at a house, I'm looking at a house, is that not, whose house was that? You're looking at a house? I'm looking at a house. Whose house is this? Whose house is it? So, after the scene where they mourn Margaret Lannerman, we cut mm-hmm. to a shot of the woods at night. Oh, that's supposed to be the log lady, that's supposed to be her place. That's her place, and the lights yeah. are going out of her yeah. place. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, house is this? I think they showed that a couple times before uh, she called. Okay, uh, Okay. to like establish that that's where she was. Okay, good. Yeah, at first I thought this might have been Charlie's house, and I was like, okay, do we get an you know external view of this house to prove that it's in reality? Of course we don't. Why would we? (laughs) Why would that happen? Yeah. Oh, it won't. That might make this comprehensible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just, I know we're we're skipping ahead to the scene with Audrey, but like if you just, if you were just the average viewer who's not trying to overthink the show, they're just trying to watch it. They don't, they're not trying to find hidden meanings. So what would you think is happening? You you, this would just be a drama with her, you know, bickering about to her husband and wanting him to help her, and he's not helping her the way she wants him to, and that's like it, right? I mean, like, yeah, you wouldn't think anything more is really going on here. Yeah, yeah, it's really the context of the show and outside uh, information and plots and stuff that make me think that um, that there's something more going on here. Yeah, yeah, um, that's yeah. The the scenes themselves, I mean, yeah, they're they're a bit, you know, like soap opera scenes or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's why there was, you know, early on, like a couple of crackpot theories that it was, you know, that they were like filming some kind of scene or something or rehearsing. Um, maybe it had something to do with invitation to love, you know. There, you know, I don't think that's true. But mm-hmm. uh, but the scenes do kind of play on that level, you know. Yeah. I'm having an affair, and, you know, it's like, it's that kind of thing. Very um, heightened melodrama, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, because of the way the show's gone, I just, I feel like there's there's definitely more to it than that. I feel like there's more to the Billy story, uh, and I think there's more to the Audrey thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I do think it'll tie in with the, uh, yeah, the Mr. C, uh, you know, we're heading for the end. So I think, you know, the moment when she, she leaves is, is probably going to happen, you know, towards the end. So like what could really be there with Billy? I mean, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> like what could be, I mean, someone attacked him, right? He was bleeding from the mouth and the nose yeah. or something. So someone hit him. Yeah. Um, Richard or yeah. Chuck yeah. Um, hit him and he was dazed and he ran over to Tina and her mother's what's her mother's name? No it was Tina and her daughter 
Oh, her who's daughter the daughter? Was, uh, Megan, I think. Megan, okay, Megan yeah. and Tina. Yeah, Megan and Tina. Um, and yeah, do these people all like live in the same neighborhood? Like, why do they all know each other? Um, they're like relationship, familiar relationships here. Yeah, I don't know. I just I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. A big deal happening with Billy. Like, what could really? I mean, the only thing that could be that could come of it is is the person who attacked him is of of note, or you know, the reason he was attacked is is of note, or wherever Billy is now is of note. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could really see, like playing a big part in anything. And like, who do we know that's of note that could have attacked him? I mean, it's really just Richard or Chuck. If it's, you know, um, I would say Freddy, but, you know, because he's got the crazy glove hand. But I, you know, I don't really think that happened. Right. Um, You know, who else? Red, maybe. I guess maybe Mm -hmm. connect back to the Red storyline. Yeah. Um, It's at least tangentially connected, seemingly. Yeah. But yeah, it's not clear if he has any direct involvement. There was the uncle too, the mysterious uncle. Um, oh God, not the uncle. Maybe the uncle's Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Judy's your uncle. Judy, yeah. So I was thinking maybe maybe Red found out that Richard killed the kid with the truck, and he track and Red track in order to find Richard, tracked the truck back to Billy. And then maybe Red's the one who attacked Billy. Yeah. And maybe he did something weird to him, which is why Billy showed up to Megan and Tina's all weirded out. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, Richard was kind of freaked out after after Red pulled his magic trick on him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So definitely. maybe Red, Red did something like that to Billy. That's all I got. Yeah. That's a good theory. That's a good theory. I guess with the, uh, with the Richard connection... Um, I like I I I will concede that I don't think I don't think Billy uh you know is supposed to be some kind of super major character in in what's happening it's just that um uh I don't know I th- I think there might be a tie in um mm-hmm. a tie in to something that matters <laughs> that makes sense so I guess yes. that's what I'm expecting at this point or or yeah, hoping for I guess, given the time they've spent on this and the yeah, slow yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. The tie-in would be one of those three things I mm-hmm. mentioned, like like who whoever did it to him is yeah. of importance, or why they did it, or wherever Billy is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um. All right. You want to go to the next part? Sure. Uh. So we go to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, the Las Vegas FBI, hot on the trail of Dougie. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so Wilson uh, presents Douglas Jones, his wife Jane, and their kids to Agent Headley. And he is not happy about this because, I guess, uh, although Gordon Cole didn't say this, nor did he mention the wife, uh, Jane, um, he knows that, uh, Dougie only has one kid, and, and when he opens the door, it's clearly not Dougie and Janie E and Sonny Jim. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But some other Dougie Jones and Jane and a bunch of kids that aren't too happy. And he yells at Wilson about it because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I guess this plot line is about how, like, it's hard to find. Even though they, they do know some additional information, um... Uh, through incompetence and the fact that uh, when you when you take away Janie E and it's just Douglas Jones and Jane, uh, yeah, it's it becomes kind of a common thing. Yeah, is the family picture was interesting too because there's like two older women there, and I didn't understand which one is Jane mm-hmm. or is one supposed to, like is that her mother? Is one's mother? They look around the same age. I don't know. It's just a weird. I didn't. I was like, huh? There's too many adults in this image here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. And then there's one girl who's like zinned out. The little redhead girl. Like mm-hmm. it's, she's 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 being weird. Um. But uh, yeah, this is you know they didn't have the right information to go on, and it's. And it's interesting that to sort of have these two FBI teams juxtaposed against each other. You know, one this crack team of with the director of the whole FBI, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, solving this really big case, and then you have these two guys who can't find the right du- Dougie Jones. Yeah. And they're just got, and all they can really do is just find a Dougie Jones who yeah. has a Jane and then just call them in. Yeah. That's all we can do is just bring you in at whatever God, you know, the midnight or whatever time it is. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's bad police work is what I'm saying. And, uh, <laughs> and our tax dollars are paying for this. We deserve better. There, there's, there's something like a, like an old school sitcom or something about this whole, like Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the opposite. It's um, it's Dennis the Menace and Mr. Wilson. Oh, right. Dennis. <laughs> right, right. That's so what they it like. Is. They like reversed it. Wilson's Dennis the Menace. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the same haircut. True, true. <laughs> Can't be a coincidence. Nope. I think I feel like David Lynch is just like doing homages to all his favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. He likes he likes Sunset Boulevard. He yep. likes Dennis the Menace. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Marlon Brando. Uh, yeah. What was that? The Wild One and The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think One Eye Jacks is also uh, a Marlon Brando movie. Oh, there you go. If I remember right, I think they reference that in the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Lots of, lots of Marlon Brando, strangely. Um, but yeah. Uh, you're right. I, I don't think of him as someone who does that a lot, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm he's, wrong about that. But he's doing it a lot. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe that's a Mark Frost thing for most of those. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to tell who's, who's responsible, but. Yeah. Clearly, the uh, Gordon Cole thing was David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I do believe he is a big fan of Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, uh, I think he's. Well, who is that. it? Yeah, well, hey, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic cinema. What are you going to do? The How can you, not? you know they obviously shot that in Los Angeles, um, and the apartment 
that um, uh, Jay Gillis mm-hmm. is that his name? Did Sounds I make right. that up? Sounds right. Joe Gillis is it Joe? I, w- I wanted to say Joe. Joe Gillis sounds Yeah, yeah, Joe Gillis. Um, The apartment that he's in, uh, William Holden's character, um, the the apartment that you see him in at the beginning of the movie is like literally down the street from where I live. It's it's still there. Still there. It's still there. Looks the same. Like you can look at it and go, oh yeah, that's it. Um, (laughs) That's what I did. Um, (laughs) I love that. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool to just have that kind of history just still being around. Um. Uh, so I just want to say that for no reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no, I mean it's it's topical now. <laughs> Thanks, David Lynch. It's topical. <laughs> no, that's cool. I would I wouldn't expect. Uh, I mean, maybe they've. I hope they've done a few like updates or something. <laughs> that was the fifties. It it. But you know, a lot of those buildings look the same. They don't really. They yeah. just keep them up. Maybe you know, on the inside. The style. Yeah, I think the inside probably looks a lot different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the exterior is still the same. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. you know that movie's black and white. So I'm not sure what color the place right. was. But... Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, so yeah, you ready this... for uh, the next? Uh, oh next yeah. Bit here? Mm-hmm. All right. So we go to uh, Duncan Todd asking Roger about Anthony. But I don't think that matters much because Chantal walks in and shoots them both. Oh, Duncan, you don't have to worry about Anthony anymore. In fact, you have to worry about anything. Except where's the rest of your face? Yeah. (laughs) Think it's behind you somewhere. Yeah. And Uh, so we were were just talking about how, you know, when Steven, you know, the gun goes off with Steven off screen, is he dead or not? And this is the exact kind of thing I was saying they love to do, which is to show someone's face exploding. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clear. Uh, And there's even a little moment when, like, I guess Roger was still alive and, like, wheezing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so she has to come back and, like, finish him off. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess that's it for Duncan Todd. Oh, oh, and she says, uh, one down, one to go. Yeah, which makes me think she what didn't mean to kill uh, Roger. Like, no. he wasn't on the list. He Just didn't even he count. Was there. He didn't yeah. even count. Nah. <laughs> um, nah. Yeah, that's something I don't think we thought about before when we had the idea or knew that uh, they were going to go to Vegas, that uh, Mr. C might want them to kill Duncan Todd. Didn't we? Did we? <laughs> I swear we did. Because it fits the pattern, you know? Because uh, um, Duncan Todd sends Ike the Spike to kill Lorraine and mm-hmm. Dougie. And so then the next uh, the next step for this is, um, you know, Mr. C sends uh, Chantal and Hutch to kill Duncan Todd and Dougie. You know, basically, like, the one who was supposed to kill him and didn't, and mm-hmm, Dougie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because presumably that's the other one. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, the most reasonable choice here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess maybe we did. So I, I, I swear we that. said that. Okay. Because um, that seemed like, because he said two people and, like, that, you know, that seemed like the most likely. Oh, did he say two people? Yeah, he said I have two, two in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, um... back in, like, part nine. 
when okay. uh, he meets him on the farm, a farm, a farm, not the farm. They confirmed in this uh, in this one, by the way, that that was the farm. That was the farm. Just that, uh, where, that warehouse was a farm. That warehouse was the farm. Whatever, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, it also made me think it's the farm. Like it's it's maybe where they get where they get recruits for their for their criminal enterprises you know yeah. the farm like sort of the stables almost or like right. you know that kind Could of idea be. yeah i wonder how richard there. knows those people because it it play like i thought somehow like maybe he knew but uh the way it plays out it sounds like it was just a coincidence that he was there at the same time uh as mr c like so like he, he went there to hide out uh is that is that place just you know isolated and he can stay out of sight and uh avoid the police or something is that i don't know i think that's the idea i mean they you yeah. know we heard from frank that richard was on the run so i'll take yeah. that as this, this story telling us it's true yeah but i guess uh you know why did he go there in particular you know mm-hmm. uh, why would he run there i guess probably no um, place else to go yeah yeah yeah, but I guess yeah he I don't know he knew about that place. Um, it's it's unclear what Richard's goal is here, right? Because I mean he starts out yeah. with his only goal. I mean he starts out we see him with Chad in the in the double R and he's passing drugs to him yeah. or something. Uh, and then the next thing is he's he's getting orders from Red to to sort of do more drug dealing in Twin Peaks, but he sort of yeah. runs away from it. He doesn't want to do it, right? Uh, and and then Mister then Red sort of shows shows off his magic and he's like okay you better do it this is what you're gonna get yeah but then he runs away and kills the kid and then he has to deal with that and then he yeah. high tells it out of town so I'm not even sure what Richard wants at this point like yeah what is his goal I, I don't I mean yeah and it's I don't crazy know. that instead of hiding out he decides to follow this guy say it again. Instead of hiding out, he decides to follow Mr. C, you know, he decides to follow this guy mm. that he sees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's potentially riskier than just staying at the farm. Oh, I agree. But I think like there's something there with he sees the guy that his mother talked about. So he's got to go follow. It's him. like a personal quest all of a sudden. It's not even yeah. about like mm-hmm. running from the police anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as that guy isn't going back to Twin Peaks, Richard has nothing to worry about. Oh, wait. Oops. I feel like that has to come up. Richard's going to be like, where are we going? Mm -hmm. And he's going to say Twin Peaks. And he's going, I just left there. I can't go back there. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be like, your problem, not mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Feel free to get out. (laughs) But also, if you get out, I'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because I feel like I feel like they're also teaming up because like Mister C is going to need some more henchmen. Yeah, you know, before yeah. the story's over, and I think Richard's a good good version of that. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see Red versus Mister C? Is that going to be a thing? Yeah, I was. I I do think that's a very strong possibility because I feel like there should be some follow up there with uh, Richard uh, and Red, and so uh, if Mister C's there, you know, that seems like prime time for for there to be some kind of Mr. C versus Red moment. God, I swear, I'm like, Red is too old, but I'm like, God, could he be Mr. C's kid too? <laughs> Man, that would be oh. that would make it so easy. That'd oh. be great. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah, I think I think there's no way. But or uh, or like, cause yeah, I mean, he Red's in his like thirty forties. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but like forty years ago, where was Bob? <laughs> Leland. Leland. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe Leland fathered. Oh child. God, that is technically possible. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Who did Leland? Uh, who we know Leland had an affair with? Oh I my mean, God. Teresa Banks is dead. It was obviously Teresa Banks was obviously not the mother. Um, yeah. yeah, it would have to be. I think it would have to be someone we don't know about because mm-hmm. I don't think we know about any other affairs officially. But uh, it's certainly possible that he had some. There wasn't another. There wasn't another woman Leland was had his eye on. In town, I, not that I remember. Hmm. Well, if Leland ever ever had a dalliance at One Eyed Jacks, uh, oh it yeah, be, it could be one of the one of the women who works at One Eyed Jacks. Yeah, he definitely could have gone. Up Maybe there. it's Blackie. Maybe Leland <laughs> had an affair with Blackie. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> Oh, that would be the best. Yikes. What's your mother's name? Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joan, but we all call it a Blackie. <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. That's my new favorite idea. Yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. And, you know, not entirely <laughs> unbelievable. Not impossible. Um, all right, where are we? Uh, are you ready to, uh, go to the next thing from the, is Chantal just shooting, yep. um, Chantal. I like that she dressed the part. That she, she did. She, yeah. like, wore her businesswoman's outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really fancied yeah. it up for the, mm-hmm. for the room, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I immediately assumed it was her just because it was the only thing that made sense, but, um... Yeah, it didn't. It didn't look like she had presented herself from before. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It just lets, it it shows you she's a professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they have this like seeming like you know lackadaisical attitude about things, but but yeah, it does seem like they kind of know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. So you ready for the next scene here? Oh yeah. Okay. So um, we go to the uh, sheriff station. James and Freddie uh, get put in a cell, uh, and we also still have Chad, the drunk, and Nido hanging out there. <laughs> um, it's quite a crowd. Uh, James asks if the guys are okay. Meeting Chuck and um, Skipper. Uh, Hawk says they're in, in intensive care. Um, and then uh, they leave, and uh, James uh, James notices Nido. <laughs> Hard not to notice. Yeah. She's making her monkey sounds. <laughs> Nido make two sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's weird how she's, like, reaching out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is she reaching for? I don't know. And the fact that the the drunk guy is mimicking her with the monkey sounds is not helping. No. No. 
But he mimics everybody, so, you know, she's included, I guess. Yeah, there's definitely a connection to Dougie there by mimicking, yeah. mimicking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's up with this character. If he's just, like, uh, he's just there for, like, a, an additional element to these scenes. Um, uh, I don't know what's wrong with him. It's, uh, I don't know. I if any in terms of a story function, if the woodsmen show up, he's, mm, he he'll die. He can get killed. Yeah, he can get killed. Yeah, yeah. I think Chad's a potential uh, character to get killed as well. Mm-hmm. If the uh, woodsmen show up, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I really hope the woodsmen show up and Chad sees them, and he's like, "What are you guys doing? You guys look stupid. Don't you know blackface is is inappropriate." <laughs> Like I really wanted to say that. <laughs> He's like, I'm, he, I'm not that big of an asshole to wear blackface. Wow, guys! And then they just have to kill him because he's being so ridiculous. <laughs> no, we're woodsmen. Dude, Burned like, woodsmen. We hate social justice warriors. <laughs> what are you, a cuck? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh no! Don't tell me the woodsmen are all right. Oh jeez, that's too much. That's too... <laughs> Confederate statues are our history. <laughs> God, it's too much. It's too much. It is too much. Yeah, it's it's gone too far. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because the the woodsman, you know, back on the radio station, I don't know, talk radio that had that's not you know kind of synonymous with uh, political stuff. <laughs> you know, he's the original Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> you should turn on Alex Jones. <laughs> Infowars is great. <laughs> <laughs> Obama is a lizard man. <laughs> man, what are yeah, yeah, what are the political leanings of these characters, you know? You have It's to a good question, question that literally nobody is asking. No one's asking. Yeah, right? Oh jeez. I bet. Well, that's I bet this is the only podcast where you're getting speculation from <laughs> 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 the, the political orientation mm-hmm. of the Woodsman. Yeah. Who do you think they voted for in, in 2016? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are they the Make ones America back? great again. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, they do want it like the 50s. Hey, true. Because <laughs> that's what they got there. Oh man, they're like we want it like the fifties, but not for a racist reason. Just because that's what we're used to. (laughs) Is that so wrong? That's really hilarious that the woodsmen want want the world like the fifties again. Oh man, oh no, it's too close to home. Um, It is. 
Yeah, wow. Well, you know, there's all that, uh, you know, like the, the, the woodsmen do the Russian hacking. It was the it was the woodsmen, <laughs> you know, they, they have the electricity connection. <laughs> we have all of Hillary's emails. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, are they interesting. <laughs> oh, man. That's why Hillary was using the private server so the woodsmen wouldn't get them. <laughs> <laughs> they got it anyway. Of course they did. Oh man, it was in the interest of national and inter- interdimensional security. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. They could just oh, appear geez. in places. You know, it's hard to hide things from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you write your password down on your computer, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're gonna be able to get to it. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow, the woodsman. <laughs> oh, God, that's so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so those are some lines you won't hear on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of stuff the show will never talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, Dr. Amp is about as much politics as we're going to get. You know, that just made me think, you know, uh, good Dale Cooper missed Obama's election. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. He missed a lot, but yeah. It just makes me think of if he will have that moment where he asks people, you know, what he missed. Uh, what yeah. What happened in 25 years, you know? Yeah, uh, I was kind of wondering if, if uh, like, how much time, like, if part of the Dougie Gambit is, like, they don't want to spend a ton of time on, like, Cooper catching up. And it's on the 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because there will be such pressing things that he won't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, real from in the three hours left, uh, you know, I mean, I imagine he'll have to react to some things, you know, technology. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Lucy, yeah. yeah, Lucy had a problem with the cell phones. You I know. know. She hasn't yeah. had it since. Right, well, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Yep, yep. Whatever that was. But, yeah, uh, uh, I I feel like, you know, we could get a couple of moments, but I, I feel like they won't focus on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Just for story reasons. Yeah. You know, because it's like, things have to happen, and, you know, the whole, like, kind of, you know, fish out of water comedy like thing you know can only go so far but i say that you know <laughs> i say that with the show where you know surely i would have said um oh you know being there part two like how far can that go <laughs> yeah apparently a really really far how far do you want it to go <laughs> it can go real far so, you know, who knows? Maybe they will actually spend a significant amount of time on that. But You know, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think what I think the end of the show is. There's still coffee and pie, at least. And there's there's definitely a scene at the Double R. Yeah. Where all our friends will gather. <laughs> and Talk about I, their adventures. Talk about their adventures. But I do wonder if the end of the show is, is Cooper, you know, sort of not being able to stay alive in the real world, like... Yeah. Whatever happens with the end game, yeah. he, he will effectively be gone. Yeah, I think that's a strong possibility. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for for a very definitive conclusion, which you know, I think um, uh, I, I think there's a very good chance that they will do something along those lines. Like, there's no like, there's no specific plans to do anything after this. So I th- I think they wrote it to be a fairly definitive ending to. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, and so that definitely opens up the possibility of Cooper kind of, you know, if not dying, like, you know, passing into a different world or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he'll be able to stop by Twin Peaks, sort of have the the, the moments of reuniting with the, the big characters. Yeah. But then I think he goes into... Glastonbury Grove, Grove, Black Lodge, whatever, and, and, and has the, the real fight. And I, then I think he has to go to where Laura went and has some sort of encounter, either either right. rescuing her from that or he joins her in that place or something. Uh, but I, 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 yeah, I think there's some way where he um, vanquishes Mr. C, but then yeah. has to deal with Bob and experiment. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds likely. That sounds likely. I mean, that stuff has to happen, and mm-hmm. you know, with the amount of time there is, uh, that seems like enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So, are you ready for the next scene here? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So we go to. Um, Hutch and Chantal, uh, in the, uh, car, they discuss, uh, the U.S. government and uh, the history, um, of the United States, uh, and then, uh, this leads Chantal to, uh, lament not being able to torture anyone lately, um, and, uh, Hutch, Hutch got ketchup packets, which she's not pleased with, but he did get dessert, <laughs> which she is happy about. Mm-hmm. What did she want instead of ketchup packets? I know, right? I don't... <laughs> you wanted to bring the bottle? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, that's what you like, get in on. a fast food place. I thought you liked Wendy's. Like, what do you uh-huh. think they do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, Chantal, but uh, it's kind of the way you have ketchup. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chantal... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, I'm not particularly looking forward to this, and I'm not exactly sure who this is gonna be, but, um, this whole thing about her, like, torturing people makes me think she's gonna be torturing someone soon. Mmm. Um, and I don't know who that's gonna be, um, is it gonna be, uh, JDE? Is it gonna be, um, I don't know, um, who else is who else is even left? Could it be Cooper? Um, did they capture him for some time and torture him, and he manages to escape? Um, like, who's she gonna torture? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's a ticking torture bomb here. What did she say about torture? Uh, she said like she uh, like the fun's over when she kills someone. Um, you know, she prefers to torture them, and, and she talks about, like, I haven't been able to torture anyone in a long time. Um, and, uh, and Hutch is like, yeah, it just hasn't worked out lately. You know, mm-hmm. and th- those lines just make me think, like, 
it it she'll be able to do it soon. Like she she wants to do it again, and and so we'll get some scene where she tortures someone. Or maybe one step away from that is we'll get a scene where she wants to torture someone, and maybe that'll lead to her demise. Like she should have yeah. just killed them outright, and then she does it. And yeah. She's like, oh, I'm gonna tor- I'm gonna have fun with you. Right. And then yeah. they end up getting a chance to escape or something or kill her before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like them, them, them foreshadowing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It seems, it seems like that's leading, leading to something. I guess I was, I was giving them too much credit for longevity. I guess realistically, Hutch and Chantal are not the most important characters on the show, mm-hmm. to say the least. Even though, like, they've gotten their little storyline, their little journey down to Las Vegas, and you know, we get to see them just like hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, strictly speaking, seems unnecessary. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you know the show does care about them to some extent i mean they've yeah they've had you know a decent care about them filling time i don't know <laughs> what's the difference <laughs> but i i do well yeah i mean like duncan todd had plenty of scenes and he got disposed of very quickly mm-hmm. um so uh it's definitely possible that you know they will they will have a similar fate yeah. Yeah, I think you know, there's not much for them. It's it you know, I think if it wasn't for Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee, it's like that's the only reason we're getting so much of these char- or you know, that's why they're these characters, you know, cuz yeah. they're not doing much. They're not adding anything to the story. Yeah. They're just glorified hitmen, but yeah, right. you know, we're getting these scenes with them and their critiques on fast food. Right. Right. Um, all right, so you ready for the next scene then? Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, we go over to Ducky's. Um, uh, JDE gives him some cake. Uh, he eats. She says, uh, all their dreams are coming true. Um, Dougie, uh, moves some, uh, uh, are those salt and pepper shakers? She completely jinxed it, yeah, by saying that. I know, I know. As soon as she said that, it's just like, yeah, things are about to Mm -hmm. completely change. I I assume those are salt and pepper shakers. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, then he, he starts, uh, hitting the remote, um, interestingly. Uh, this is a huge leap forward for Dougie. Uh, taking some initiative, Mm-hmm. Well, um, even moving the salt and pepper shakers was yeah. weird. It was a weird thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mike not specifically telling him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, eventually he hits the remote correctly, and the TV comes on, and it's Sunset Boulevard. And <laughs> uh, great movie. And... Um, uh, we get, it's the scene where, uh, Norma Desmond, uh, goes to meet Cecil B. DeMille and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she, she wants to like, uh, do another movie with him, but the, kind of the whole thing is about how, like, you know, he's humoring her, but, uh, has really no intention of working with her again. Um, and, uh, he says, um, uh, at the end he says, uh, get Gordon Cole, um, uh, and that triggers, uh, Dougie to, uh, take his fork and go over to the electrical socket and stick it in, 
And uh, so then we see a flash, and Janie E screams, and that's it. And uh, Cooper wakes up, and he's back 100%, and he apologizes for being Dougie for so long. <laughs> Is that what also happened? Did I make that last part up? Yeah, you did. That sounds like mm, wishful thinking, but uh, hey, maybe next week. Yeah, it's interesting that he... So, you know, we were talking a while ago about what is a contrivance. And a contrivance is when mm-hmm. your character starts poking randomly at a remote control and it turns on Turner <laughs> Classic Movies. Is that an example? And Sunset Boulevard <laughs> is playing and in three seconds he's going to hear the most uh, uh, sort of memorable name he could possibly hear besides his own name. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I would call a contrivance. Okay, okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> Even oh, though it's important that. to the story, right? It leads directly yeah. to this huge thing, right? Yeah. But it's complete, complete contrivance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, of all the scenes, it's that one scene where his name is mentioned one time. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, and I, and I, I was that way. trying to figure out, too, if he pauses it and we see the shots of Cecil B. DeMille and then the other sort of other guys behind him. And mm-hmm. is the image of Cecil B. DeMille also reminding him of Gordon Cole? Like I was a, wondering about that. Like he's a director. Yeah. Like it's kind of a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. Semi meta, semi like, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I just thought like, you know, old guys, like, mm-hmm. you know, is that, is that helping him at all? Is that why it froze on him? You know? Right. Um, Cecil B. DeMille doesn't look like Gordon Cole, but they don't look not unlike each other either. Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, there is a freeze frame. It's weird. Um, Another takeaway I had from this scene is uh, the scene in the police station when the the woman in the red shoes walks by and then he Mm -hmm. uh, fixates on the electrical socket. I feel like this, this pretty much proves that it was the electrical socket that was really the... Oh, the, of course. The the thing he was focusing on there. Yep. Um. Just you know. <laughs> just in case well, that was in doubt. Since he didn't continue to look at her shoes once yeah. she left the room, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's fairly clear the socket. I also thought like once he sort of started looking at the socket, I thought, uh oh, here comes Mike. Mike's gonna show up yeah. and tell him something. I thought so too. I thought he was going to, like, go inside it. I thought he was going to somehow, like, transport himself in there. When he um, had the fork, I I started thinking, okay, this is the electrical bonk. He's going yeah. to bonk himself with electricity. Yeah. Yeah, which is, that's what happened. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get to see um, Electro Cooper mm-hmm. uh, in the and next here's one. The thing. Here's the thing. If, if this does wake Cooper up, how come this isn't a thing Mike knew to tell him? You know, mm-hmm. if, how come he didn't seem to know yeah. uh, that this was, uh, you yeah. know, the, the thing to do? Or Put a little dot, it. like, on the fork and, like, mm-hmm. the little dot on the thing and, like, lead him to, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see. I don't know. It seems like he was triggered to do this without any extra help. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like this came from him uh, somehow, so... Uh, it's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't exactly know why hearing about Gordon Cole triggers him to go try to electrocute himself. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but I, is it, yeah, 
I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's kind of like, is he trying to get, is he trying to open the socket? Is he trying to get in there? The sort of mm-hmm. sense that he, he, he came from there and he wants to get back in? Or is he, I mean, he seems pretty directly just trying to stick the fork in there and electrocute himself. But it's, yeah. there's a little gray area there about what, what, what his character thinks he's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, I do like that it's, it's a little difficult to shock yourself with a fork. It doesn't mm-hmm. just go in there. You got to really want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it should be, you know. You don't that's, how, be, that's how it should be. You know. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and I love all the bright lights. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not how electricity works. I don't think. No. <laughs> that's how it works. For I don't. Me. I don't think the lights in your house just put out ten times the amount of light. When uh, when you short circuit uh, the the house, I don't think that's how it works. But it looks cool. It does. I can admit that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm hoping R.I.P. Dougie. I really I really mm-hmm. am. I, I now maybe there's are. some residual like maybe he'll be better, but won't be quite Cooper yet. Maybe it'll slowly come to him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's a, a little bit of transition left, but. I really hope we're done with Dougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, with Janie E, like, all our dreams are coming true. It's like, come on, that's got to be as the end. As soon as she said that, I was gotta like, be oh, okay. Because that basically means that whatever reason he was there for is over. Yeah. You know, whatever he was there to help do in some sort of way, that's done. Like, this is yeah. it. She's and, and here's the thing. She's completely happy with him like this. He doesn't say anything unless it's repeating. Yeah. He can't dress himself. Yeah. But he brings home the bacon yeah. and he you know, and he likes her cooking or chocolate yeah. cake or whatever. Like and it's and she's and like, he's got a I'm hot happy. bod now. And he, well, don't forget the hot bod. That's the trifecta. <laughs> and so it's like it's like she's happy with this now. Like this is the most she could have dreamed of would have this catatonic husband. It's it still is weird for her character. I still hope they find a way to explain how that can make any sense because he doesn't seem like a real person yeah you know she, she seems unrealistic as a human being if she's yeah. willing to accept him this way yeah but you know i mean to her credit or her defense the the doctor said he's fine right right <laughs> a lot of people seem to accept him mm-hmm. um and not notice you know beyond like oh he's acting a little weird um so yeah, it isn't just JDE, but I it, agree that yeah, it's weird. And it's almost like why didn't they just say Dougie was always like this? You know, why muddle it and say he was like this sometimes and not other times? Right. Why yeah. not just say he's always like this so no one notices anything different? Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, why? I have no idea. I it's that's a good it's a good point. I have no rebuttal. Damn it! Just think they should have done that. It would have been simpler. It would have made more sense. Yeah, unless they're gonna go back to you know when he had the car accident and when he was manufactured, mm-hmm. and they want to say something about that. Yeah, I'm still confused why they wouldn't just. See, Dougie was always kind of slow, and he you know I guess maybe maybe that's unrealistic. If he was always like this, how could he have gotten that job and all that right. kind of stuff? Like maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they had, you know, wanted to have their cake and eat it too. Where it's like, well, he was normal up until the point where we don't need him to be normal anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's realistic until we don't want it to be like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how stories work. Yeah. Uh, all right. So shall we continue from there? Yeah. Okay. So uh, in the next scene, we get the log lady, a.k.a. Margaret Lanterman. She calls Hawk uh, for one of their... Uh, uh, regular chats um, but this time she uh, says she's dying and um, she says a few things I'm just gonna highlight uh, this one part that seems a little bit um, I don't know possibly referencing something um, mm -hmm. remember what I told you I can't say more over the phone but you know what I mean from our talks when we were able to speak face to face. Watch out for that one, the one I told you about, the one under the moon on Blue Pine Mountain. Ooh, um, that's important. Yeah. Uh, so that's a thing. Uh, but then, um, yeah, then we get the uh, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, my logs turning gold. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she says she's dying again, and. Uh, uh, she says good night, and Hawk says good night, and he says goodbye, and then uh, we have this little bit where uh, Bobby, Lucy, and Andy go into the conference room in the sheriff station, and Frank's already there. Hawk mm -hmm. uh, told him to meet him there, and he comes in and says, Margaret Lanterman passed away tonight, and so then they have a uh, kind of moment of silence to uh, mourn the loss of the log lady. And we see her uh, cabin light go out. Yep, the, her her lantern light, maybe <laughs> her the lantern the man. lanternman lantern. Margaret Lanternman was a lantern lighting the way, <laughs> and a man, a woman. Um, <laughs> uh, she was also a Mar and a Grit. Um, <laughs> Wow, yes, so uh, yeah, we were talking about R.I.P. Log Lady, you know, yeah. um, yeah, definitely a seminal character, um, uh, you know, I do wonder if the actress's health, um, had any impact on what happened, you know. Me too, yeah. Her health in the, um. They did have the script for quite some time before the shooting started, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, so yeah, I kind of wonder, um you know what they what they originally had in mind and if if um if they were planning to do you know if they were planning to kill off the log lady anyway or mm -hmm. uh yeah as you're saying like well she's clearly not going to be able to play this character again so instead of you know doing some of the things they've had to do with other actors mm -hmm. who who died <clears throat> without the chance like she actually got the chance to kind of mm -hmm. you know play the character one last time and give her a send off yeah uh, which is pretty nice. So yeah, it's, it seems it seems to me like it's adapted to that situation. But I, uh, I I wonder what would have happened, you know, if she had sort of been in normal health, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with her character. Like if they would have tried to do more with her than just having her make these calls. Like maybe that was, you know, more or less the extent of what she could like manage, mm -hmm. um, you know, with her um, condition. Um, uh, I assume, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, that she says and, you know, the, talking to Hawk and stuff, it's very classic log lady stuff. Um, oh, yeah. 
So, uh, you know, probably a lot of that would have been in there in some form. Um, but yeah, maybe she would have been a more um, active presence. A another thing uh, that this, in terms of the plot, like another issue that this raises is uh, Hawk's trip out to uh, Glastonbury Grove, um, mm -hmm. you know, way back when, uh, I guess. I always get confused whether it's part one or part two. Um, I think it was part two, but um, uh, anyway, you know, he he talks to he talks to Margaret uh, while he's out there. You know, and they have this mm -hmm. thing. You know, come on by for for tea and uh, or coffee. Uh, of course, not tea. Why <laughs> thinking of British stuff? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, well, no one drinks tea at Twin Peaks. That's ridiculous. No, Except no. maybe Freddie. And if he tries, mm -hmm. he's gonna. <laughs> gonna encounter some resistance mm -hmm. uh anyway uh yeah to come on by for uh for pie and coffee we never really see that and and the weird context of the scene like some of the lines you know your log and i are on the same page you know like something's mm -hmm. supposed to happen tonight and it's just sort of like i guess i mean i i had started to think maybe that was some kind of flash forward but you know if she's really dead at this point like there's just no way Mm -hmm. um that could be a flash forward so uh so it's just it's weird it's like what so what was that he got some idea for some reason that something was going to happen and i i guess it was roughly at the time that um or close to the time maybe it was the next day that uh you know cooper emerged and there was the whole dougie exchange um mm -hmm. you know so maybe somehow i don't that wasn't vegas though well yeah yeah but uh you know, maybe there's still supposed to be some, I don't I don't, why did he think something was going to happen? Um, you know? Well, and that, was that before, was that after he got, she, she told him that the, you know, the log has a message about Laura's diary? Um, that something's missing to do with the case? Yeah, I believe that was after. I think okay. that was, yeah, I think the first call was that, you know, something's missing mm -hmm. and the way you find it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I think that call, I think he, he had already had that. And that was another thing that was weird about it. You know, they didn't discuss that, uh, aspect. And so it's, it was just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused about that scene. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. I can't make, uh, too much sense of that. <laughs> uh, now that we have this, you know, um, and especially because, yeah, I mean, this, you know, this isn't the kind of show where I mean there there are some seeming like continuity errors and stuff, but um, you know it was all planned before they started filming, so it's not mm -hmm. like we have like mid season retcons or anything. Yeah, you know, the retcons happened before they started filming. You know, um, if any did, and so mm -hmm. uh, uh, so yeah, there must have been. I mean, they must have had something in mind, but yeah, just. It's it's kind of a so, thing that really uh, not, jumped to my mind when we saw this. So not retroactive continuity. It's it's a it's a proactive retroactive continuity. Yeah, there you it's go. A pro, it's a pro retcon. Yeah, something like that. Retcon retcon. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene has has always been weird, and it, it does it did seem at the time like it was you know related to him searching for what was missing. Yeah, but yeah, she he kind of alludes to something separate. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, other than just um, you know, because we haven't 
there hasn't I mean, honestly, if you think about it, the only other thing it connects to is like maybe Jerry's storyline. Uh yeah. I mean something happened out there with him in the woods and then we right. just have Steve and something's up with him. Yeah. So maybe it's supposed to connect to that, like mm-hmm. or maybe it's, you know, the beginning of this whole harbinger, you right. know, this whole idea of strange independent things sort of happening right. uh sort of hallmarking this uh this culmination of some some crazy event so right. maybe that was what that scene's about that like you know something's afoot it's just sort of a yeah. general something is going on that's starting starting now right yeah yeah and nothing like actually specific right yeah yeah uh yeah i guess that would make sense i mean that you know the the timeline is pretty compressed for this show so i mean i i guess that was at this point probably no more than a a a week a week and a half ago something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh it seems like it was forever but um but it wasn't really that long so so it, it would you know it would be reasonable for that to be connected to this yeah this kind of gathering whatever is coming exactly it's not clear but something related to the uh the craziness in the woods and these these um these characters from these other places and you know mr c and various other entities Mm -hmm. um who will be converging so yeah i i i guess i'll take it that way until they tell us something else yeah um uh but yeah i i it's it's a strange thing Um, i mean i guess now that you know the log lady's dead we do have a bit of an opening in the story here if if in the next part you know hawk might 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 you know have something to say about the log lady like whatever she's referring to here that that she couldn't say over the phone maybe maybe hawk will tell them what it's about and that and he'll maybe tie it to that 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 scene in the beginning of the show right that's uh you know maybe a little opening there well speaking of that uh do you do you have any uh specific maybe ideas about what she means here uh this the one uh, on blue, on blue Pine oh no okay so there's two peaks in twin peaks spoiler alert um <laughs> if you weren't what? familiar there's two mountains. that's it i'm done <laughs> i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's it's one straw too many um <laughs> Who who would have thought there was there was anything with duality on this show? Yeah, um, maybe that's the end of the show. The two peaks become one and destroy oh, the town. <laughs> Yikes! Maybe that's what they're trying to stop. Maybe experiment wants the two peaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually give me the... those twin peaks. <laughs> <laughs> I want each peak and the town between them. <laughs> That's actually what I thought when uh, when Dougie moved the moved the salt and paper pep, the salt and pepper shakers. Ah, um, that's a good one too. Yeah, that it had something to do with with Twin Peaks, like moving Peaks, them, Peaks. yeah, to apart like that. Salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, yeah. So we have um, uh, um, the the two peaks. We have Whitetail Mountain. And we have Blue Pine Okay, Mountain. so Whitetail Mountain, because I, I couldn't remember. That's the one where Dr. Jacoby is, I guess. Th- that's the one where the Great Northern is. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe uh, Dr. Jacoby's there, too? He says he's on some mountain, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, 
I didn't I didn't check up on it. Was that was that the last one? Was what the last uh, one? The um oh. No, that wasn't the last one. What what was the last Jacoby rant? Was it twelve? <laughs> I think it was two ago. I can't keep track of this. Let's see. See if uh here we go. Oh no, that's that's a different mountain. Um Okay. Uh did you say two? I think it's two ago, yeah. So part thirteen? I think so. Okay. Let's see here. The one where he meets Nadine? Uh no. The last one where he does his show. I think he did a show in that one too. Uh yeah, when he might Nadine's have been watching him for a bit on that one. But I could I think that's find... the last time we saw the whole commercial. Oh right, okay. Major Briggs Station is on Blue Pine Mountain. Yes. Um, so I guess that's roughly where uh, Jackrabbit's Palace is as well. Mm-hmm. Because um, that was pretty close by. So that's yeah okay. So that's that's one reference. Um, that makes it seem like it's probably tied into that stuff somehow. Um. Because, yeah, when uh, Hawk talks about his uh, map, that comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think Ghostwood is closer to Blue Pine Mountain. It's on the other side of town by Blue Pine Mountain. And the Whitetail's on the west side of town. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, right. He says, he doesn't say mountain. He says, he says peak. He says peak. I think is it. I think it's Whitetail Peak. That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Um. All right. You know, there's just too many parts. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. All right. Here we go. Surely it's here. Uh, there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the in his like standard intro, um, mm-hmm. coming to you live and electrified from Studio A, high atop the escarpments of Whitetail Peak. Whitetail Peak. Okay. So yeah, that's where that's where Doctor Jacoby. At least that's where he says he is. I guess you know he's doing a show inside this like trailer. So you know, <laughs> technically it could be anywhere. It's not like someone's gonna mm-hmm. prove him wrong. But, um, but yeah, I I think we're supposed to believe. So that so that is a different place. Blue, yeah. it sounds like Blue Pine Mountain's the scarier one. I think it is the scarier one. With the crazy stuff going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so who's the one? Who's 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 over there? What is it? Is the, well, we talking experiments? Are we talking uh, Mr. Can't be C? Experiment. We talking I... Woodsman? Well, uh, in, in... Chad? <laughs> <laughs> so you're naming all, like, bad, evil, scary people... And she just says, watch for that one, which, you know, you don't have to take as a threat. Um, just that that one could be important. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily like a, an evil yeah. thing, bad thing. It doesn't have um, to be. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, but I, I do like this line. She says, you know, you know what I mean from our talks when we were able to speak face to face, which I think suggests that, you know, all these 25 years, they weren't just talking over the phone. Right. Like, yeah, they would actually meet and, and talk a lot, you know, face to face. 
Um, but so, and it's interesting that she says she can't say more over the phone, which yeah. immediately calls in the question, you know, Mr. C or any of the mm-hmm. other uh, supernatural people who who understand, uh, who have that technomancy or whatever, weird electronic control. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, but the one that she told him about, Under the Moon on Blue Pine Mountain, um... Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know who that could be. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, the secrecy. Um, and, yeah, if she said watch out, it would be a little clearer what we're supposed to think about it. But it, it made me think it was supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the bad characters. Uh, but, yeah, I guess it could go either way. And once you open it up that much, it's, uh, <laughs> it becomes kind of difficult. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I, I you know, presumably... I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna go back out there um, at some point. Uh, who's gonna be there? It's like is someone gonna meet them there? Like are they gonna? I don't know. Um, is it is it Nido? <laughs> like, well, you uh, could wonder if it's if it's you know if it's Cooper. If she said you know or, Cooper's yeah, gonna show up on Blue Pine Mountain. Yeah, uh, but. Um, I, I wonder if it's going to be a situation where maybe when Hawk and the and the and the cops go back out to Jack Rabbit's palace the the next day, maybe maybe Hawk will be sort of looking at the guys and he'll look up and he'll see somebody's like under the moon in the mm-hmm. sky. Yeah, and it'll be like that, and then he'll sort of realize who. It, so maybe you know he doesn't even know who this person is. Maybe, right. Um, right. and maybe it'll be a situation where he'll figure it out in the moment, and then you know understand something right yeah yeah i could see that definitely this line like i said before i love that she says my log is turning gold and if you look at the log like the very bottom of it has has something on it it looks like it could be a reflection because mm-hmm. the light in the room is kind of orange yeah but it also looks like it could be gold <laughs> yeah 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 and i really like that i can't tell because <laughs> uh, I'm like, she's like, my log's turning gold. I'm like, oh yeah, let me see, let me see if it's actually turning gold. Because mm-hmm. that would be, you know, the whole question of her character is, is is the log really supernatural or is right. she crazy? And so if the log was sort of objectively turning gold in this scene, you know, it'd be like, okay, great. The final thing we're saying about this character is she's right all along. Yeah. You know, and they and it's it's unclear if it's turning gold. Or right. Not. Right. Right. Well, I you know the stuff from the series. Um, I mean, I feel like it's it's it seems pretty clear at a couple of moments that you know. I mean, okay, the log. Who knows about the yeah, log? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm separating the log from her character. Like but she, sh- like she, like is it that she knows these things and she's saying it's coming from the right. log, or does she know okay. nothing and it's all coming from the right, log? Right, I guess. Right. The- had turned gold you sort of objectively we'd go okay the log is special like right something's up with the log not just she she's she's attributing her wisdom to the log yeah 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 that's a good point uh that is that part's not clear um because like yeah i was i was reading through this page just to kind of remind myself of the stuff she did in the series and uh there's this moment when she goes up to uh, major briggs in the uh double r and tells mm-hmm. him to deliver the message um and uh you know that ends up being the you know the famous 
thing that he ended up leaving, I guess, in that little uh, capsule, whatever that thing was, in the in the chair. Uh, the, the oh, that's supposed to be that? Cooper, yeah, because that's what he does. Um, uh, right after that, is he he goes to Cooper and he um, he brings him the that that message that they supposedly oh, picked sorry. up from deep space that that uh, that says the owls are not what they seem, and also yeah. Cooper uh, a few times. Sorry, I thought you were saying. <laughs> I thought you were saying the the message that uh, that he left in the chair at his house. For the future, I thought you were saying when she said deliver the message, he went and hid that that message in his chair. I was like, really? How did you put that together? (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 definitely not, definitely not. But he did eventually put it in there, just just to bring it, you know, bring it up to date because that thing we just saw that thing not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, she sort of prompts him to do that. Which is kind of interesting, and like you know, there's there's really no reason why she would have known anything about that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in in the normal way. So yeah, whether it's the log, whether it's her, whether she channels the log, whether yeah, it's yeah, that's definitely that's definitely up for interpretation. I would yeah. say. And yeah, we'll and it's uh, and you know, back to her husband. I think um, he was the one who originally had that that oil from right. uh, Glastonbury Grove yeah. uh, that she called an opening to a gateway. She brings it, yeah, towards the end, yeah. Um, or Cooper of said it. Series. One of the two said it. I think um, I think she I think she says she says her husband called it that, I think. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, her husband is, uh, like deeply involved. I mean, he's, he's sort of like major Briggs in a way where he's yeah. sort of deeply involved in the backstory of all this craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think he was supposed to have been a lumberjack. So, you know, sort of a, mm. sort of mm-hmm. a woodsman in a certain sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's one of the woodsmen per se, but, um, uh, but yeah. Uh, he clearly had some kind of uh, crazy encounter out there. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the circumstances of, of his death were very mysterious. And, yeah, the, you know, the prevailing theory that seems uh, likely if the log does have any sort of power is that, you know, the spirit of her husband kind of went in the log the same way, something like what happened to Josie. Yeah, something like that, yeah. You know, like the spirit of someone like getting inside a piece of wood (laughs) yeah sometimes you just get trapped in a log yeah yeah uh and there's also uh there's also that detail about how uh she ends up having the same uh or not the same but a similar tattoo uh, to what Major yeah. Briggs has, uh, and Cooper puts the two together, and he yeah. he figures out the uh, Al Cave symbol. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's you know, so she see it implies, and I, the book like makes this a little more explicit, and I'm not sure it totally works, but it implies that uh, that she had some kind of experience along the lines of what the the Major had, and and you know, I think Carl is in that in that group as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they haven't established that he has a tattoo, but um, in terms of you know go you know being taken to some one of these like crazy places, um, yeah, and uh, and marked by it somehow, 
Uh, so yeah, and that, I mean, that supposedly happened, you know, that was before, that was before she even met her husband, so, uh, that was when she was young, so that's, um, that's kind of an extra crazy thing, as far mm-hmm. as the log lady goes. Um, um, real quick though, I just kind of looking at her bio, which I guess some of this is coming from the book. Yeah. Um, uh, but she's stuff. about the right age to be the girl from the 50s. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, is it? Yeah, well, <laughs> could be, definitely could be. Yeah. Um, and, and because she is sort of a special character, you know, I don't think she, she was living in New Mexico. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that makes it a bit weird. Do we even know that was New Mexico though? I mean, we thought, I think we thought they the... put a title up that say, that says it's New Mexico. Okay, because I thought like that was the part of the confusion with the convenience store. Like, well, we don't really know where that was. It is a confusion with the convenience store, but I think when we cut to boy and girl walking, I think they put uh, okay. up. You know, they say that it's that it's the the New Mexico desert mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, nineteen fifty six. So I think I think that is that. So and the you know the woodsmen descend there, so uh, I think maybe maybe the idea is that the convenience store was you know kind of out of i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. not necessarily located in a particular location but um but yeah. they they went there um to new mexico well, but it does seem yeah. like boy and girl were in new mexico yeah that's right um i don't think there's anything that contradicts that she could have could not have been in new mexico when she was a kid uh yeah yeah i mean not in the show um i i think I think she might have a line in one of the intros about living her whole life in Twin Peaks. Um, mm. However official that stuff is. I mean, the book certainly suggests that she was in Twin Peaks for her, um, you know, for her childhood and, and stuff. Grew up there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the book is questionable. And, you know, the intros are, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, they're kind of a weird meta thing. They're at, In terms of the actual show itself, yeah, I think I think we can't necessarily like i always assumed because she seems like such a twit peaks fixture yeah um but uh but yeah i think you can't 100 percent say that uh that she didn't spend some time in new mexico it's not out of the question but uh uh yeah otherwise you know i mean it's weird that that's new mexico that's that's one of the things like throwing me off i mean that was weird for sarah palmer too i mean that's Mm -hmm. one of the things throwing me off as far as like who that's supposed to be It, it seems like you know, no one obvious that we know comes from New Mexico. So yeah, it just throws in this extra difficulty. But uh, yeah, it's definitely semi plausible. But yeah, I guess the other the other thing is that I well yeah no I get it yeah that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I was just gonna say like you know that bug thing. Um, you know, came from experiment, but I guess, you know, really, we don't really, we don't know anything about it. You know, we didn't really see anything about what happened after that. So, yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking about all this with the girl from the fifties and the bug going in her mouth and, and Bob and, and, you know, at the time and um, everyone's talked about this, you know, there's, there's an idea of her being impregnated or something by this, by this entity or something. And what would that create? And I was just thinking maybe Bob needs a body. You know, um, 
we know that Bob ends up being, you know, you know, Frank Silva, right? A, a, right. a humanoid person uh, operating in the world and he's in the Black Lodge and he can sort of appear in the real yeah. world and, and stuff like that. But when, you know, from the backstory from part eight of this uh, season, um, you know, he comes to Earth as an as a as an orb. Right. A sort yeah. of non corporeal, you know, sort of entity. Right. And so maybe there needs to be a transmutation of that into his later form. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what's happening with the bug thing. Maybe it maybe maybe the girl will get pregnant and birth a person that will grow up to be Bob, basically. Mm -hmm. Um Something like that, okay, you know, and then and then until basically it will have a, until basically Bob can have like a body, right? Because I was just thinking like, when does Bob get a body? Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in the orb thing, we already saw his face. Of course, mm -hmm. you know that part of that's just about like clear exposition. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, as though like that form was already like predetermined um, or is that a, the face of what's to come because it's in this embryonic yeah. state and we'll we'll you know we're seeing like what it will grow up to be or right something. right yeah now that's an interesting theory it seems like yeah it seems like the uh yeah uh, that's a weird one <laughs> i know it's childhood, weird to like... consider like and i would want to suggest that you know, baby Bob <laughs> matures into a person super fast or something. I don't, okay. I don't really want to think that he had a real childhood yeah. exactly like that. Um, uh, but I don't know. I was just trying to figure out a way where, from what we've seen, it could, it could explain the sort of next incarnation of Bob. You know, and I was just thinking, you know, if if it's Sarah or if it's Margaret, you know, the, who's this girl? You know, it could be that, you know, if she gets pregnant at such a young age, maybe her, her family, like, sends her off to mm -hmm. Twin Peaks or something. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. Or, or the family moves out of disgrace or something right, because of right. the social mores of, of that thing. Seems like it's a and, small town there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's not impossible. I'm reaching here. I'm reaching here. Hey, it, yeah, yeah. It's hard not to reach with that thing because there's just yeah. not a lot to go on. So anything, you just have to plug something in and see if it works. Um, yeah, I I also feel like, you know, we have three more parts left before it's all over. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do think they have to come back to the storylines they left off with in part eight. Yeah, I agree. So I think... I kind of feel like that this next part, part sixteen, might be the time to do that. Yeah, I guess it could be later, but I feel like the one before the very end, the last two parts, I think, would be a good time to sort of like give us the rest of that storyline. Yeah, of I the agree. past, so then we could go into however it relates to the present storyline. You yeah. know, with the last part, so. That's kind of my prediction is what we'll see next because I, I do feel like they have to come back to that. They have to tell us who that girl is or, or, or you know, if the girl doesn't matter, then they have to tell us what that event signified, you right. know, because maybe uh, everybody in the town got a frog in their mouth or right. maybe everyone in the world, you know, got a frog in their mouth. Um, <laughs> you right. Know? Um, it's, we only saw one, but we saw multiple eggs, you know. Yeah true uh yeah 
Yeah, and I, I guess, yeah. I, I feel like that, it makes me think that, um, yeah, basically those are the two options. Like, it has to be either, um, you know, someone we know that we can kind of plug into that and it'll, it'll mm -hmm. make sense. Or, you know, what you're saying, like, it, it ties into some larger phenomenon um, yeah. that they'll talk about. But it, ha it has to be some. I mean, they can't, I, I say this, like, I feel like they can't spend, like, a whole episode, you know, going through, like, what happened to, to her, you know. Um, I mean, I guess they could do a couple more scenes, but with such mm -hmm. little time left, it just seems like it's got to be something they can sort of explain quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I think those two options seem like the most reasonable ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if if she doesn't matter per se, then um, yeah, then we have to at least understand what that meant. Like what happened to her? What was that thing? You know what? <laughs> what were they trying to accomplish? Yeah. Why did we see that? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a significant part of that. Um, part of that part of part eight was devoted to that so it's gotta matter to some extent right I mean, mm -hmm. please not just let about, it matter like the woodsmen like the woodsmen are crazy and scary and and so is the experiments like it, there's got to be more to it than that maybe maybe now they didn't tell us what the repercussions were of the woodsmen coming and 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 putting lulling people to sleep yeah. and having uh frog bugs go in the mouths yeah but maybe the idea is that's what's at stake for twin peaks you know that's that's what could happen to twin peaks if we if our good guys don't win right the woodsmen will 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 you know infect this town too maybe that's supposed to be the gambit yeah yeah that makes sense i could see that um i'm just trying to understand the scene that's gonna inevitably have to happen with with the good dale cooper back from his dugginess mm -hmm. and gordon cole and albert and probably diane and maybe yeah. Janie e but but yep. i just you know who's going to explain the woodsman Right. And who's going to ex uh, un and explain what Mr. C wants? Because right. our heroes have to know what the bad guy wants in order to stop yeah. him. And, you know, now maybe Mr. C talks. Maybe he explains some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe somehow Dale captures Mr. C. And, I mean, that's what we really want, right, is scenes with two Kyle McLaughlin's talking yeah. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> this has to happen. Definitely. Um, and um, so maybe maybe that's where we'll get that information from, like what he wants. And, you know, classic bad guy month, you know, uh, monologue where he just sort of says what his goal is and who his allies are. Right. And uh, Because I, cause otherwise, how are we going to get that information, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, depending on how much Diane knows, uh, she could be a source of certain things if, um, you know, if it makes sense in the story for her to reveal them. Um, Diane doesn't know a lot. I'm telling you, my, I'm, I'm betting, I'm, I'm betting on Diane. God damn it. <laughs> Diane Evans, you better not let me down. I swear. Like whether or not there's, you know, people are inherently good or inherently evil is going to come down to what what Diane knows. <laughs> My whole moral landscape is going <laughs> to going to be decided by what they show with her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting the reason, um, but mm -hmm. uh, you know me, I've been a Diane 
you know, detractor <laughs> from the beginning. Uh, as soon as she got those text messages, I was like, oh, man, she's Because you're untrusting. You don't trust people. I'm sure trying don't. to give her the benefit of the doubt. Nope. None of that. None of that. <laughs> she's just lost her way. She's a wayward soul. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But uh, I I don't know. I get the sense that she's in kind of deep. I, 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 will, I will acknowledge that she doesn't necessarily know, like, everything um mm-hmm. i think there are limits there but i guess i'm just saying like maybe she could be a source of some of the information um so that mr c doesn't yes. have to like tell them everything i think she might maybe it's the two parts like the first part is the woodsman that she might know some of something yeah. to help them out i don't think she knows really what they're about but i think she she might know a little bit yeah uh and she then i think totally the second part by their presence yeah, well, yeah, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lieutenant Knox saw one too, right? I mean, did it she? Didn't dis- it didn't disappear. Like we we know it can disappear, <laughs> and people won't see it if it's not there. And it didn't do that. So I'm I'm saying it was in this in the world. And I she saw just... it kill a guy, get in the car and kill a guy. Though it's a little extra. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying it's an extra level. Just in terms of being shocked to see it, you know? Sure, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thane's also, also a very dark character. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Murdered Mayhem isn't, uh, you know, she's used to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I was just thinking the second part would be knowing um, about experiment or whatever the yeah. Woodsman's bigger goals are. Now, some of that stuff uh, could potentially come from the giant as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, because it does seem like he knows about those things. And, uh, you know, uh, he in the montage that uh, he showed to Andy, I mean, we did have the Woodsman and experiment in there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, hey, I'll just throw it in. Maybe Andy knows something. <laughs> Maybe I mean, he was there, and he came out saying stuff about Naito that wasn't clear to me from the images he, he saw, so it seems like he took away a bit more than, mm-hmm. you know, strictly speaking, we saw in the images, so um, yeah. I think it's possible that maybe he has some extra things to say about about some he of those entities. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if Cooper shows up there or whatever, um, you know, I mean, there's that scene from the beginning, right? Which I'm still holding on to as a flash forward, even though it seems like Glastonbury Grove was not um, uh, the Richard and Linda thing. Um, if that's still to happen, like, it's, it seems possible to me that, you know. Wait, wait. Uh, don't use pronouns. <laughs> Say what you said without using pronouns. Oh. So what are you talking about? Uh, just the, the first scene in the, in the new series, you know, with the, Uh the giant and Cooper, uh, just to say that the idea, if that's a flash forward, the idea would be that Cooper is gonna, you know, go back to the, that place, uh, maybe go back's the wrong word. He's going to go to that place at some point. Um, and, you know, perhaps he could find out information that way. That's all I'm saying. I see. I see. Okay. Since like the, you know, the giants, I mean, he's got like video screens and stuff like you know he seems to have some idea of what's going on with 
those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I feel like that's, um, in terms of like, you know, characters having knowledge, like, and, and also being on the good side, uh, yeah. seemingly, you know, he seems like one of the more, uh, reliable sources. Yeah, it's, it seems like he needs to team up, uh, the fireman needs to team up with Mike. Yeah. And, uh, and like, deal, like, get like get some talking going on yeah. or something. Like, what um, does he think about Mike? What about Dougie? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, it's weird. He hasn't really, um, hasn't really expressed an opinion on any of that. Yeah, he actually hasn't tried to help Cooper wake up. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Um, it's seemingly just been the evolution of the arm and Mike. Yeah. Although the you know he's on Cooper's side, right? Hmm, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, I guess uh, just throwing those in as alternatives to the uh, you know the talking villain syndrome, <laughs> which we yeah. definitely might get some of that. But it it does seem like Mister C is, um, you know, I, I guess I guess what I'm imagining is. Um, uh, yeah, like he would reveal some of his plans if he's having a confrontation or something, but mm-hmm. he generally doesn't seem that talkative. No, no. So there's gonna have to be a specific situation to pull it out of him. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever he, yeah, is trying to do, and what he Maybe, even knows uh... about any of that stuff, you know, things like experiment, you know, uh, and the woodsman too. Like, what does he think about them? I not clear even though he interacts with them yeah i, I was just thinking maybe freddie could uh interrogate him with his with his oh, green yeah. glove and like yeah. threaten to hurt him it's a good point yeah he's definitely got to do something with that glove so he's got to do something yeah 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 um all right so i think we were talking about who is the one under blue pine mountain yeah yeah uh, yeah so did we figure that out? No, of course not. Okay, good. <laughs> the one under the moon on Blue Pine Mountain. Yeah. But I think uh, your theory is a good one, that maybe they'll go out there, he'll see the moon, he'll see someone under there and kind of understand, and that's when we'll find out. And maybe he mm-hmm. doesn't even know who it is. Yeah. At this point. Like, that seems that seems plausible to me. Um... Yeah, what else with this scene? Uh, any other weird lines? I thought it was interesting that Hawk, you know, knowing that she's dying and this is the last time he'll talk to her, um, instead of, you know, instead of telling her goodbye, he just says goodnight like right. he usually does. Right. Uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting touch. Yeah. And then he just, he waits till he's hung up to say actually goodbye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always like, I guess I always want more sentimentality when I'm watching stuff like this that I, I you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, they've alluded to this long history that they've had, you know, as friends and confidants and, and really sort of like soldiers in this war, mm-hmm. uh, the supernatural war that's kind of going on. And, um, and, you know, so I'm like, there's no like, 
you know, thank you for all your wisdom, Margaret. Right. Or, you know, I've really enjoyed our talks. Or, you know, you've been a great friend. You know, just like yeah. more sentimentality with, with this, like, situation. I always expect more in these moments. And most times on shows, like, they don't do it. Right. They're just, like, really cut and dry and everything is sort of subtext. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I did think, like having him call everyone in and having this announcement and like taking a pause mm -hmm. to let it sink in was, you know, somewhat sentimental. Um, that, yeah, yeah. But it, I guess more, it was more for, you know, um, it was more for the audience and like the show in general to say farewell to the character. And it didn't seem, yeah, it didn't, the, the like Hawk's like personal reaction wasn't really played yeah. up at all. Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i agree that would have been that would have been nice to to get a bit more of that yeah um all right you want to go to the next scene sure uh so uh in the next scene we go to uh audrey and charlie and they're just about to go to the roadhouse they're standing by the door audrey notices that charlie has his coat on um, Charlie says yes, because we're going out, so I have my coat on. Audrey doesn't really appreciate <laughs> this. Uh, Charlie threatens to take his coat off. Audrey suddenly sees Charlie as, as different, um, and uh -oh. she says, uh, who are you, Charlie? Oh, so no. Charlie finally decides now to take his coat off, <laughs> and, uh, he walks over into the other room, and then Audrey runs and kind of... I don't know what the word is for this. Uh, tackles it? No, tackles not the right word. Uh, like, like presses yeah, him into tackle. the couch. Yeah, she's sort of on top of him. Um, I, I don't know if choking's the right word, but she's kind of got her, her hands around his, uh, by his neck, and, uh, and she says, neck I hate you. What? I think she was trying to choke him, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure when I watched it if that was really, or if it was just kind of a... Um, on the shoulders like or, yeah or... kind of like pressing him you know shaking him or something yeah um i wasn't sure how if it was like yeah anyway she does something along those lines and says uh, i hate you and that's where we cut out of here mm -hmm. <laughs> for another mm -hmm. week of the audrey and charlie adventure <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the the actor <sighs> who played uh who plays charlie had a tweet that was that ended with something like uh, will they ever get to the roadhouse? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think... I mean, we keep getting there. We keep going there We constantly. go there so easily. It's like, what's yeah. their problem? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this doesn't really... So, I, I think the only thing that I get out of this scene that I didn't get from from before is maybe a little bit of a suspicion or idea of, like, Charlie as, um, you know, being engaged in some kind of deception. Um, like, maybe he's someone else than what he says he is. Um, uh, now, I, I think it could be as simple as... Uh, this is some kind of psychological therapy or something. And he's really like, he's really some kind of therapist and he's sort of pretending to be her husband in this scenario that they're playing out, mm -hmm. um, for therapeutic reasons. Like maybe, maybe that's kind of all it is. I guess, you know, the crazier version would be, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a dream and he's some kind of vision or, 
Uh, or it's, you know, he's some kind of entity in disguise. I mean, that would be the ultimate crazy thing. Um, so I don't know how... Oh, God. Charlie <laughs> takes his face off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you really want to fuck with this? yeah so you know that would be sort of the maximum crazy and uh you know i feel like it could be kind of could be any of those things um you know uh uh if if she is if this is a dream or a coma is situation or something like that i mean if this isn't in the real world uh you know then there is like a supernatural element here because it does seem like they're like she's like tapping into uh things that are really happening with real names and real events that other people are corroborating so that's the thing that makes it seem like it's real but is it, it like this doesn't make any sense but like could it be that you know this therapy session is like ripped from the headlines like charlie's like paying attention to town gossip and like incorporating it <laughs> into their therapy i mean that's just that's bizarre uh it it makes me think like there there's some truth to it um and it's being it's being used i don't know exactly why maybe again just you know um it's still therapy but it but it's also real to some extent uh you know there's kind of a Mm -hmm. range of things this could be um but yeah i don't know that's sort of that's kind of all I can all I can get out of this. I, there's a connection to the real world, um, and it's it's just not clear if that connection is supernatural or normal. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's yeah. There's my a lot of weird here. There's a lot of weird lines and and words in this in this scene, you know. And I and it's weird because you know the first scene with uh, Audrey and Charlie. Where people were like, "Oh, she's dreaming. This mm-hmm. scene's weird," and I'm like, "No, nah, it's just the just the Twin Peaks scene. There's yeah, nothing I didn't to see think here. it was that weird the first time." They keep doubling down, you know, yeah. and this whole idea that that she really wants to go somewhere, but she won't actually go there, yeah. and he's willing to do it. He's not holding her back, yeah, you know. Um, and you know, and he he even says, you know, uh, "Are you going to talk me to death right here on the threshold?" Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Guardian on the Threshold. Right. Um, you know, right. back from season two when uh, the Major got taken in the woods. Yeah. Um, but just just this idea that the door is a is a threshold, like like something is beyond. Yeah. Uh, like because like no one ever uses that word, you True. know, for I mean that is what it is. Right. But um, that's why it's a great word choice because it it's yeah. it, it's accurate, but also has a, a certain connotation um, for being sort of a barrier or something, you know, to, to another place. Like I said, like Beetlejuice or something. Right. Um, so it does emphasize this idea that she has an issue with crossing the barrier, like yeah. with opening that door, putting her coat on and walking out. And yeah, yeah I, none, of the, none of the options of what could be happening here are good. Like none of them make that much sense and none of them are really that interesting i mean anything can i guess be made interesting down the line but like you know she's dreaming that's not interesting it's a coma that's not interesting it's therapy that's not interesting (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so and i yeah i don't know what this could be because 
there's not just like, oh, she's talking about a Billy, and well, yeah, there's a Billy in the real world too, and maybe there's two Billys, okay. But then, okay, she's talking about a Billy that's missing, and it's like, okay, yeah. well, there's a Billy that's missing in the real world too. And then it's like, okay, she named like 20 people, okay, yeah. and then there's like those 20 people exist in the yeah. real world. It's like, okay, so something's there. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I feel like yeah, and then and then they sort of double down here when she starts to call in the question, you know, Charlie and who he is and his identity, yeah, and that he's like a different person, and um, and what's you know what continues to continues continues to <laughs> be uh, contributing to the, uh, the the strangeness is is Charlie's reaction. Yeah, you know, um, and where he seems to be normal and sometimes, and then he also seems to sort of be pointed in how he talks to her. So he's like, you know, she was, she's like, um, you know, when Billy and I go places, he never speaks to me the way you do, Charlie. And he goes, yes, I'm Charlie, and mm-hmm. he is Billy. You know, <laughs> this this weird like way of separating their identities, and right. um, and she's like, I like Billy better. Um, and it's like, who is Billy and what does he represent to you? Yeah. Because <laughs> clearly there's something, something's up here, you know? This isn't a, a normal, you know, uh, wife is having an affair situation no, here. No. Like, you know, Charlie's not, like, that upset. No, not that at his all. His wife seemingly. is talking about him like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's this idea of a contract between the two of them. Right, right. And, um... And and so and that's the thing. So yeah, so she's questioning his identity, and and it's like the closer she's getting to leaving the door, the more she's seeing it's not real or something. Yeah. You know, and now her anger is coming out at him. Um, I guess whatever the next scene is will be very important to see how he reacts to her, sort of trying to kill him or at least, you know, attacking him. Yeah. Because if if he reacts like calmly. I'm going to think it's, you know, or sort of calmer than normal. I, I, I'm going to think it's it's on the side of it being some type of uh, therapy. Because mm-hmm. um, I think even if she's dreaming this, he should he should sort of behave like you would expect a person to behave, yeah. you know. Um, so that'll, that'll be really telling. But I don't know why we're going through this. I don't know why we're seeing this. I mean... Again, I think you know it should line up to whatever the reveal is with uh, Mr. C and Richard. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and so she had a picture of Cooper somewhere that he talked about <laughs> earlier, and you know she hasn't at this point, like you know, aside from the roadhouse, like she really hasn't acknowledged uh, anything from mm-hmm. you know the from Twin Peaks, from the people she, she knew, you know, she hasn't talked about Ben. She hasn't talked about Cooper. Obviously she hasn't talked about Richard. Um, so, you know, that does make me think like she's, she's blocking things out or something. And it, it, it does seem likely that it'll tie into the Richard situation. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, the event, uh, with Mr. C has something to do uh with her um you know potential like psychological issues yeah she's like she's like blocking them out or i don't know some kind of weird coping strategy or something well the question is still 25 years yeah it's a bit much it's a bit much but uh, uh yeah 
Maybe. Now, I, I do wonder if she could be under the spell of whatever weirdness is happening with people in the town. Right. You know, so maybe maybe it's some outside force is affecting her and making her act weird. Because, you know, she said, like, oh, the roadhouse, is it far? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, where do you think you are? Yeah, like, yeah, that was a weird line that threw me. Because it's just like... So, so maybe it's, you know, not she's dreaming or in a coma or it's therapy, but but she's being strangely affected by whatever's, whatever's happening in the town. And also that uh, it's like Ghostwood here. Like, oh, yeah. That was a weird Oh, line. wow. Yeah, it's like Ghostwood here. Oh, jeez. You mean there's pine weasels around? <laughs> yeah, I hope that's what she means. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go kind of in the Dougie direction here and say that, um, I feel like the next time we see this, we got to hit a punchline. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't keep doing this forever. Uh, so yeah, there's gotta be a turning point. Um, yeah, I mean, we, they escalated it to her being violent, so... You know, it it can't like just reset back to what it was yeah. before. And he's like, "Okay, let me put my coat on." Right. And then, and then we get to the car, and it's like, you know, "Okay, Audrey, turn the car on. Don't mm-hmm. tell me what to do." You know, <laughs> right? You want right. it to drive. I don't like how you drive, Charlie. You know, Billy's a great driver. <laughs> of course, <laughs> great. <laughs> Billy doesn't berate me when I drive. <laughs> All right, Audrey, I'm going back in the house and the coat's coming off again. Oh, God. Yeah, and I, yeah, I it really makes me want to go that. back to the fact that if she's really, if she really had an affair with Billy, if that's not just some weird construct of, of therapy or, or a dream or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's a weird coincidence that Richard, like, used his truck um, and possibly attacked him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, is it a weird coincidence? Like, I, again, I'm stuck on that. Um, you know, Chuck is clearly not Richard, so, uh, it seems as though, like, Richard played no role in the story they told. Um, uh, I guess, like, in the story they told, as far as, like, Billy's disappearance, they have no idea, uh, why he disappeared, or, or who Mm -hmm. might have attacked him, or, or whatever. Um, they know his truck was stolen, and so on, but, um, I mean, it was probably no Richard, right? Seems I mean, like Richard the most likely probably candidate. Probably beat yeah. him up and said, "Hey, don't you tell anyone I took your truck." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems That's like the like most a likely simple scenario. thing. But like, did he know? Is it is it just a weird coincidence? Like, it's just it seems very strange. Well, it's weird. We don't even know where Richard left his truck, right? Right. Yeah. Because then, did, what did Andy say? They found the truck somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it's so it's so weird. It is weird. Yeah, and Andy needs to speak up about that too if we're gonna get anywhere on it. Because um, like that that scene's just been it's you know it's a little bit in hot going to Glastonbury Grove territory where it's just this isolated thing that like never mm-hmm. came up again and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's just like screaming for a follow up. Uh, and that's the thing too, like. Chuck was really, sorry, uh, Billy was really freaked out when he was talking to Andy. And yeah. He's like, I can't talk about it now. Yeah. But it's like, even even the way if you try to, the way I'm piecing it together in my head, if, if so Chuck supposedly stole Billy's truck. Right. But then Richard ends up with the truck. Right. 
Now, why would Billy be uh, be afraid to talk to Andy at that point? Because I feel like he, he wouldn't necessarily even know at that point that Richard stole the truck, unless yeah. Richard's in the house at that point right then. Right, right, right. You know, he, he shows up there. Yeah. Because that's what's weird is they have to... <laughs> so Richard goes, parks the truck somewhere in town, cleans off the front grill yeah. because he's got the blood of the boy he killed, and, and leaves the truck. And, yeah. And somehow the police find that truck because yeah. apparently... I guess Billy said his truck was stolen. Yeah. So they're looking for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then they find the truck. They get the truck back to him. And by the point the truck is back to him, Richard's already there in the house. Like, right. Threatening him not to say anything. Yeah. Like, that's that seems, a little weird. That seems very weird. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. So that's a big question is uh, why was he afraid to talk at that point? That's what makes me wonder if Richard knew uh, whose truck it was you know in advance and and if if he was really having an affair with audrey you know did he know about that i mean it just it makes me want to make that connection so it like makes I, a little more sense i think he i i i don't have a problem if he knows whose truck it is like that's that's a minor thing for me like the question is how does he get back to billy's place to threaten him oh well i guess he used his own car i mean he does have a car so, so his car was wherever he found the truck to begin, or I guess maybe not. So his car was somewhere. His car was and somewhere. And he goes to some location where truck where Billy's truck is that truck yeah. stole. Right. And then he kills the kid and he drives the truck back to maybe where his car was. Could be. I mean, we didn't. Then, I don't know that we really saw that. No, we didn't see it. At a certain yeah. point, he he has a car. So and then he immediately. Uh, or maybe he even drives it back to where Chuck left it, and then he and then he drives his car straight over to Billy's, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, don't you tell anyone I took your truck." Although yeah. at this point, I don't think anybody knows that, right. except for Miriam. Yeah, but it's weird to threaten Billy when I don't think Billy would even know that, right? Necessarily. So yeah, yeah I can't I make agree. any sense of that. It's not working out. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems like there's potential for connections there, but there's like there's just way too many gaps um, in terms of like who who had the truck when and who knew about what at what point and um, and yeah, basically like what. Um, like why why would it why would it make any sense um (laughs) (laughs) because i think i i think by the time the police bring the truck they know that it's been used uh Mm -hmm. to hit the kid um yeah uh so uh yeah uh but but yeah chuck's involvement i i doesn't really make sense to me um it's yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know I don't I don't get it either um, uh, but you know I, I, yeah that it just makes me wonder how how much how much how are they gonna wrap that up you know <laughs> is this gonna be the next like coordinates thing where it just never makes sense uh, oh, no. and I just I just have to give up <laughs> come on the coordinates Come on, making sense. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I, it seems like it. I, I feel like we're moving the, the stories, you know, sort of long past that. I mean, yeah. at the best, we'll get what happened to Billy. Right. I don't know if we'll get the minutia of what Richard did between the scenes we saw him in when he was trying to get out of town. Right. Um, you know, the other idea we talked about was Red somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe f- trying to find trying to find Richard and, and he yeah. finds the truck and that leads him to Billy and then yeah. he gets to Billy before Andy does. And yeah, and that's, that's what happened to him. Yeah. Um, so that that's could possible. all be answered if we get, you know, the next red scene, we right. need at least one more, if not two more it. red scenes. So, yeah. you know, you know, and this whole thing when he was trying to like get drugs into twin peaks, I thought that was going to be a bigger plot. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Not really. You know, I thought that was really going to be a thing. Um, the extent of that was one scene. Yeah, one seemingly. scene a while ago. So and, and yeah, now now with Richard and the situation he's in, it just it seems unlikely he's going to return to that mm-hmm. uh, plot. It just seems like there's going to be no time to get involved in like a drug dealing scenario. So yeah. Uh, so I don't think. Uh, I mean, he might have a confrontation with Red, but I don't think the drug thing is going to be an issue. I mean, maybe it's just to establish a connection uh, between Richard and Red that, you know, may come to something later. Uh, But yeah, it seems like seems like the drug stuff was just filler. (laughs) As far as I can tell, you know, like it didn't really matter. Yeah, we still got to figure out, you know, we got to, I mean, Red has to figure out who, I mean, sorry, Shelly has to figure out who Red is, you know, like, we got to, we got to get some resolution with that, and is she going to reconcile with Bobby, and they're going to, you know, is is this, you know, if Steven's dead, does that, you know, does Becky come home, and Mm -hmm. and then the family gets back together or something? Yeah, yeah, that seems like that could definitely happen. um, Yeah, I mean, this isn't really a show... Where things end up, you know, with a happy ending, right? Uh, but I, I do think there should be some, some sort of uh, closure on some of these storylines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know, we got Big Ed and Norma together, so mm-hmm. unless we get like Big Ed has a heart attack, like right. in the next episode or something, oh, God. It's, it's all going, you know, going dark. Right. right. Knock on wood. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I think. As you mentioned okay. earlier, I think Cooper's death is is certainly a possibility, or at least mm-hmm. Cooper's sort of exit from um, yeah. the 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 normal world. Um, so uh, you know, I think that you know, I I think there's definitely a chance the ending isn't you know entirely a happy ending, but yeah, it should be some kind of conclusion, and definitely for storylines like that, it seems sort of valid to you know leave them on a happy note, relatively yeah. speaking. I wonder if there's some end game where like Cooper is supposed to maybe take over for the fireman or something. Like he's trying to retire, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, as yeah, protector yeah. of the Earth realm or something. Yeah. And and he and he and uh, Senorita Nido want. I'm sorry, Senorita Dido. <laughs> Please, uh, it's her um, sister. <laughs> yeah, right. Want to um, want to go sail off into the purple sea sunset? Um, <laughs> right. You know, so I wonder if maybe there's something like that. Because I, I mean, I just sure. imagine very how lost awesome ass it would be. That, that idea. Yeah, but imagine <laughs> how awesome it would be if there was some other character we saw, you know, come to the Black Lodge waiting room and like Cooper was there, you know, to greet yep. him. You know, yeah. uh, that would be really, really powerful. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, that seems very likely. I could totally see that happening. Mm-hmm. As Mike a way wants to, to retire, or yeah. like, yeah, have an ending of the show that is satisfying and conclusive, but yeah, not just like. And then Cooper went back to the FBI. <laughs> yeah. And then the Blue Rose Task Force was disbanded because <laughs> it solved the case. They're done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, imagine when Gordon Cole finds out Philip Jeffries is the tea kettle now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a what? <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, he's a he's a he's a percolating tea kettle. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. He always hated tea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. I can't. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably never find that out. But um, yeah, I really wish he would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, with this Audrey stuff. Yeah, I, I. Uh, it's hard to really know what the weirdest storyline in the show is. You know, there's uh-huh. there's some obvious ones, but then there's ones like this where, you know, with the Woodsman stuff, you at least know the realm of the craziness they're involved with. Yeah. And here, you just don't know the boundaries. Is this normal reality? Yeah. Is it not? Because if this isn't normal reality, it's the first time on the show we've gotten multiple scenes without knowing the context of yeah. the reality we're in, you know? Yeah. So that, that's a huge deal. Definitely. You know, if she wakes up and he's like, okay, Audrey, our time's up, you know, uh, you know, your therapy for the week is over, you know? Um, right. That'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, uh, it's, yeah, it just seems too weird to just be, um, you know exactly what it sort of appears to be on the surface mm-hmm. um so i feel like there's got to be an extra layer there but there there is a range of options and i agree that it makes it um it's not like it's uh it's not like it's more mysterious than a lot of the other storylines but yeah the, mm-hmm. i guess the kind of uh the kind of uncertainty that it has is sort of unique yeah, so now follow me here. I'm going to throw out a crackpot theory. I'm going to say the okay. craziest thing that could possibly happen, right? Okay. Which is Charlie puts his coat on. Mm-hmm. Audrey puts. It's already <laughs> the craziest thing. I know, I know, right? <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Audrey puts her coat on. Okay. Then they actually go to the roadhouse. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious. I, I I have to I have to think that that could that could actually happen oh, where yeah. where it just p- progresses to the roadhouse and we're just left to wonder why it came off so strangely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that they they've been in normal reality the whole time. Yeah, you know that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen. I mean, it I feel be. like that's more likely than the you know she's dreaming or in a coma or it's advanced psychotherapy yeah yeah like I, they just go to the roadhouse and i guess it's in line with the other idea i said about like she's just being affected by whatever whatever weirdness is happening with the town right um but 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 just this idea that she's just behaving strangely and that's it and 
we're just going to go to the roadhouse and we'll be dealing with some new part of the story. Uh, one thing that uh, it does make me curious about, though, I mean, if they can really go to the roadhouse, then a, a question I, I would have to ask is, uh, you know, given the fact that, you know, Richard is, is wanted for uh, multiple crimes at this point and, you know, Frank pays uh, Ben Horn a visit about it. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. mention of Audrey there. Um, it, there's no indication that he attempted to contact Audrey. Um, we know Audrey's his mother at this point. He said it. So mm-hmm. um, that that's that sort of makes me uh, question, uh, you know, I mean, it's not the only questionable thing the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department have <laughs> done this season but um you know just that makes me question her status if it if it is just a normal situation here she's just living with charlie and they're just going to go to the roadhouse like why didn't they contact audrey you know they should well they could know know. that 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 audrey has nothing to do with richard you know like that it could just be that yeah she's they're estranged or something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it seemed like he was estranged from ben to some extent too but yeah i mean maybe Mm -hmm still though i don't know it just it seems like uh it seems like it would be a routine police thing even if they are yeah. well i mean there were some things in that scene with with frank truman and ben where they didn't say exactly what they knew on both mm-hmm. sides so you yeah. would actually just have to put that in there too of like true. well why did they mention audrey well yeah. they didn't mention other stuff true true but, but yeah, um, just I feel like that should have come up. Uh, I mean, add it to yeah. the list because it's not the only time that's happened. But normally, but. yeah, I would totally agree that that's the thing that that would normally come up. Um, well, wait till I tell your mother about this or something. Yeah, you know, and it makes me um, think there's some kind of special situation here that that might uh, you know sort of fit with that. Um, uh, but hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. not necessarily. Uh, but I, we're about to find out. I just don't know what what therapy. Now listen, this is a show where the the, the first therapist we had was Jacoby, and mm-hmm. he he had some unorthodox uh, uh, therapies <laughs> that he used. Mm-hmm. So you know that's the context I'm going to make this statement, which is I don't think there's a therapist around who would pretend to be a patient's husband for mm-hmm. therapeutic reasons. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, so that's why I just I can't imagine it's that even though I could see a, a scene where like they, they they get out of the door and they drive and it's like, you know, Santa Rosa Mental mm-hmm. Hospital. Or whatever, right. You know, like yeah. we find out where we are and we get an idea. But the, but the but the her him being the husband, like if they hadn't said what their relationship was exactly, I might be more uh inclined to believe that but but the fact that yeah. it's like oh i'm your husband and we signed a contract whatever that means right um yeah i just i'm gonna go with the weirdest answer which is they just <laughs> they just they just push past it i love that the <laughs> weirdest never... answer is like the most normal one yeah yeah exactly like the thing they shouldn't do is should they just won't address it and right. it'll just be like i just weird again mm-hmm. now let's go to the roadhouse and then somebody will say hey have you seen richard mm-hmm. you know i heard yeah. i heard he's in trouble and she'll go what what yeah yeah <laughs> can't wait <laughs> yep all right well that's that's i think that's as far as we could get at this point seems yeah. reasonable um all right so you ready for the next uh thing here? yeah 
Okay, so finally we go to the Roadhouse. Uh, once again, we have the Veils playing there. Um, and Ruby sits at the table. I'm just going to call it the table because there's only mm-hmm. one table here. Um, yeah. Alone. And then uh, two guys come up. And she says she's waiting for someone, and so they uh, just pick her up and set her on the ground. Um, And then she starts crawling on the floor uh, into sort of the the, dancing area, I guess. And then she screams. The end. The end, indeed. Cut to credits. We get to see the Dutchmans over the credits. Yeah, I want to talk about that credit sequence, too. But um, so with Ruby, yeah, you know, another female character at the booth. Yep. yep. Um, um, and yeah, like I said millennial. earlier in the podcast, I'm a li- clearly a millennial. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I feel like, you know, this her screaming is is sort of another harbinger of bad things that are coming. Yeah, definitely. It um, seems like it fits in that kind of yeah. category. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the guys are like, I'm just going to move you from this mm-hmm. booth. Uh, like, yeah. did they not believe that she was waiting for somebody? <laughs> like, oh, come on, please. You're not mm-hmm. waiting for anyone. You don't have any friends. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. But they were like, you know, they were like ruffians, you know? Mm-hmm. They are like yeah. biker guys. Yeah, and, you know, um, given like the Sarah Palmer scene and, you know, generally the way this show has treated women, I was really nervous this was going to go in one of the, you know, in that direction. So I was mm-hmm. really relieved that that's all they did. Uh, <laughs> it's like, good, I'm glad I don't have it to watch benign, another yeah. scene of abuse. It's very mild. We're just going to set you on the ground. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and really it's not it's not even really about that it's it's about uh that she's in some kind of really crazy mental state yeah and it was it was it instigated by them moving her yeah or I'm was not sure. she sort of already ready to scream that's what i assumed um but uh but yeah it, I don't know, you know, she didn't get to, you know, there's no one else there, so she didn't really get to talk or talk about anything, Uh, you know, would she have mentioned any zoo animals, Uh, is there Mm -hmm. any of that going on, Uh, but yeah, is it like vomiting girl, Um, those kind of things, just this, this mounting craziness uh, leading up to some kind of big event that's coming and she's, you know, perceiving it in some way or it's affecting her in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it seems like. I mean, that's what that's what it makes me want to think. Um, uh, but it's a really short scene, so it's hard to know. Yeah, and she starts crawling. She starts crying as she starts crawling towards the people. Yeah, which I don't know if that means something. Like as she gets closer to people, it gets mm-hmm. worse or something. Um, like is she trying to make it to the stage? Like I, I just don't even know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, not me either. You know, is it is it that she's being overlooked or something? No one's helping her up. Mm-hmm. That's like making her scream. Uh, uh, my impression is that this scene is is pretty much like atmosphere. Um, like I don't anticipate a lot more with this character. You know, as opposed to all the just like all the other characters we've seen uh, yeah. sitting there. You know, it seems like kind of a one off thing. 
Um, but again, I question, like, why does she get a name? I mean, it's just, it's like drunk got more lines than she did. And uh, uh, ladies thought addicts, like uh, there's a lot of characters that like mm-hmm. get more why isn't lines. Why is she screaming girl or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's odd. Uh, all the characters who've sat at the booth got at least a first name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, why? I mean, I, it's just, it's a little weird to me. I feel uh, like the choices. booth is like some weird mini series. Yeah, where yeah. There's just like these booth Twin Peaks booth characters, <laughs> you know, which is just like the the B stories of the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean there was the the stuff that had to do with Billy, you know, and and uh, and I guess earlier we kind of had another booth scene with Chuck and Renee um, when James comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of two booth scenes and you know the, that kind of ties into stuff and uh, that other one did uh, the other scene seemed totally disconnected from everything um, you know uh, Abby and Natalie and Trick uh, and the, the the penguin the penguin ladies mm-hmm. uh, you know um, uh, that stuff just seems like um, like you're saying, like it's its own little, I don't know, random vignettes from local millennials. <laughs> the local millennial uh, roadhouse show. <laughs> uh, like I was sort of wondering, because, uh, you know, coming into the show, I mean, there was some discussion of like, you know, bringing in new characters, bringing in younger characters and so on. Like it wouldn't just be... Um, you know, the original characters from the show. And, you know, that's, that's certainly been true. Um, Mm -hmm. but as far as the younger characters, I mean, outside of, you know, um, Richard and, you know, maybe, uh, Becky and Steven, um, and like Ray and Daria, if that kind of counts, um, uh, they, they really haven't been major figures at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. even, even the new characters, a lot of them are older, um the bigger new characters yeah um so yeah it hasn't i don't know they haven't done like twin peaks the new generation i guess what i'm saying like (laughs) you know what i mean it hasn't like the the high school stuff you know the high school i mean that was a big thing in the original series it was a whole part of the show that just to do with the high school kids and there's been nothing like that in the new series Mm-hmm. Uh, not remotely on that level. You know, that's the kind of thing that a really lesser show would have done. It would have been yeah. sort of, sort of more, like, even more like, um, you know, '80s horror movie or something. Would have been like, there's a new class of kids at the high school. They've all heard the the, the urban legend of the murder of Laura Palmer, and yeah. and they've heard, you know, oh, I heard it was this thing, and she was into this thing, and oh, mm-hmm. there's some darkness involved, and like, you know. And then, like, those kids would sort of get involved in their yeah. own current mystery because there would be a new murderer or new right. killer at loose or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone in the school dies. You know, we get yeah. another shot of a girl running through the right. courtyard screaming. You know, right. like, it would have been it would have been this sort of, like, real revisiting of the, the original scenario. Yeah. like a reboot um, kind of thing. Like a, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like Scream, you know. Right. Uh, like the Scream series does, where yeah. they, they just kind of reset the, the original thing. Yeah. Uh, or like Final Destination does that too, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of horror series do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a trope for the for the genre. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I just think, and that's the thing we didn't get is you know we didn't even see the high school, right? We haven't even seen the high school the whole uh, no. time. No, I mean I think they I think they've had a couple of uh, reused shots, like they reused the the hallway, um, mm-hmm. and obviously oh we the, did see the hallway. Yeah, and the girl screaming, you know, comes from that. But yeah, I don't think they filmed anything new with the high school. Yeah, and yeah. it's been very very lightly used. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not been a thing. There was a reference. Right in in the uh, the 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 Jean Michel uh, scene, uh, you know he he talks about some some high school uh, girls. That's, that's I think that's right. the closest thing we've had to a high school mm-hmm. reference. I did think at that time we were going to get to see those girls or mm-hmm. something. You know, the new Laura and Donna or something yeah. or whatever. Like, um, yeah, wow, like that no. didn't that didn't matter at all. No. Like, that's that's been really surprising is Randomness. all of just one-off scenes at the roadhouse just yeah. just completely i mean there's a couple that have been related but they're all yeah. all related to like this d-level plot line yeah, yeah. with billy billy being missing <laughs> and tina and, right. and megan and yeah. and chuck and yeah. fucking yeah and charlie <laughs> and audrey <laughs> did i miss anybody that's uh, i think you covered it pretty much oh man jeez yeah. um yeah, there's so many, so many people. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see, you know. And the millennials, like, they're no one's talking about Facebook, <laughs> right? Right. You know, um, yeah, it's just interesting what they're what they're concerned with, which is some weird, just weirdness. Yeah. Um, I God, I I hope there's a way where that all makes sense. I hope we get some kind of culmination to all that stuff, and we'll understand like. Because otherwise, what are we watching? Yeah, I mean, the, the vibe I get from it is, um, it, you know, uh, kind of like a lot of the missing pieces from Fire Walk With Me. You know, if you, mm-hmm. uh, if you watch a lot of those scenes, I mean, especially the ones that feature uh, original series characters that, um, you know, don't, aren't really in the, the official version of the movie, uh, they're just like these isolated scenes that, you know, don't tie into any larger thing. They're just, you know, a quick one-off thing. You know, there's like Pete and Josie talking to Del Mibler about two-by-fours, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of reminds me of that, uh, except we don't even know the characters, so... <laughs> yeah, like... and that's the difference, is they're, they're, they're characters who aren't connected to other plots. yeah. Yeah, so it's they're just like, uh, but just in terms of being one-off scenes that don't necessarily add up to anything, um, that's what it seems like. But hey, we have three parts to figure it out, so you know maybe there's some way. I, but it really, at this point, it looks impossible to me <laughs> that that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been wrong before. But, maybe uh, the dog. Maybe 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 Billy shows up at the hospital, and the doc is Doc Hayward's there. Uh-huh. And I just I don't know. I'm like maybe Doc Hayward could be like, well, there's there's you know some weird things going on. This girl came in uh-huh. sick, and there's a girl with the rash, and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, Billy's been beat up. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just want someone who could like tie everything together and then say something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! Well, <laughs> so okay. So this last little scene here at the the Dutchman's, uh, the little courtyard here, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was really interesting. It was cool to come back to this for the credits. 
Um, but one of the things I, 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 the most interesting thing about it was at the very end, it switches perspective on that shot. And it reminded me a lot of the roadhouse scene. I'm sorry, the double R scene, uh, where we have this long shot of the double R and everyone, the Bing scene. Yeah. Everyone like, you know, having dinner and everything. And then we cut. You know, we cut to another perspective of the same shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I don't know, it made me think of that for some reason. Uh, yeah. That it's, that it's very similar to that, that idea. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but just <laughs> right at the last few frames, they cut to another shot. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. It is. That is weird. I, I didn't even notice that. Uh, cause I, you know, was sort of oh shit, I didn't notice. Attention. I didn't notice what they cut to, and it's very scary. See if you can find it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, look in the very middle of the frame when the credits are. Oh back. god. Yeah. <laughs> what are you so doing? For those, of, for those of you who can't see what we're watching, um, the woman that, who's credited as Bosomy Woman, uh, who opened the door for Mister C to Philip Jeffrey's room. Uh, she's in that shot when the yeah. credits are done and they cut. So that's, that's, there you go. That's why they, they change shots. Yep. But the fact that she's staring at us. Yeah. Like, it's kind of scary. At, like she knows we're watching her. Yeah. Yeah. That's real scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You got to watch to the end of the credits. Yeah. Don't, don't miss it. Go check don't that out. It. I definitely didn't. I assumed it was just going to hold that shot. So I was kind of just half looking at it when, yeah. uh, when the credits were rolling. Well, I saw it switch shots, but I did not see her in the middle. I was, yeah. I just started, I'm like, well, let me look and see if there's anything in the frame that's of use. And yeah, there she is. Yeah. Like she's kind of far scary. away from where the camera is, but very clearly visible. Yeah. What a horror, what a horror shot. Definitely I mean, a horror the, shot. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, really, and, and it it really says something. It, it makes me think we'll see her again now. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it could be that could be a significant character, <laughs> which is not necessarily something I thought from the what she actually does. Yeah, yeah. is she um, experiment? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> now I have to ask the question: Like, what what's up with her now? They just they made her way more interesting with this final hidden yeah. shot. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's meta, you know, her her not just being out there but but but, but looking at the camera like mm-hmm. is really scary. It's like yeah. uh the ring or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Definitely. Wow. wow, look at Lynch. And and Frost. <laughs> <laughs> TV Cyril Pons. TV Cyril Pons. Yeah, Cyril Pons sounds like a uh, French makeup line. <laughs> like uh, Cyril Pons, you know, like face cream or something. Right. Yeah, it does. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Before I go to bed, I always use Cyril Pons. <laughs> my grandmother, my mother, and even me. Three generations of Cyril Pons women. Cyril Pons. <laughs> Pick up some Cyril Pond's face Cyril cream and Pond find department day. stores everywhere. It's only the finest. <laughs> only the finest. 
I always love that line when in commercials when they would say something like that, when they would say available mm-hmm. at fine retailers or whatever. I just I love that idea because it, it, it basically means that if whatever place you find this at is now a fine retailer. Yep. Yep. And, and that's how you can know it's a fine retailer. It's it's such yeah. a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of automatically complimenting any yep. place that carries their stuff. Any place that carries it, they're elevating it. Yeah, it's great. So you can go, wait, is this place a fine retailer? Oh, well, they have zero ponds. There it so is. That <laughs> answers the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. Well, another whirlwind episode. Oof. This is a pretty long podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, through all of this craziness. So much to go through. And this is only um, the uh, third to last week. Here. Yeah. I, I don't think this is where I thought we'd be by this point, which is nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really, we're three parts from the end. And who's figured out anything? Like, no right. one's really figured out much. No. No, there's a lot of weird theories flying around, but it's not, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not clear. There's certain elements that people have, but uh, as far as the larger direction. It's almost like nothing's happened. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you think about it, like, for the big plot lines with Mr. C and, and Cooper yeah. and, the, and the and the sheriffs, and, you know, like, like, the big thing has just been... You know, Nido showing up the first yeah. day, the major's message, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Cooper becoming Dougie, which was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. And that's about it. Like, a lot of the other plot has been, like, these middling um, events. Mr. C trying that... to get the coordinates. Well, but, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But it's all these middling events that don't even matter. Like, yeah. he, he did a lot of stuff. He still doesn't have the coordinates. Right. All the stuff he did... Yeah. Um, he doesn't even seem to care that much. Well, about no, no, no. Ray him. did give him the coordinates. Oh, that's right. He did get the coordinates from Ray. Oh, I forgot about that. I was, I'm sorry. I was still thinking he needed Root's arm to get the. Yeah, coordinates. yeah. It was just hitting me because I was like, um, uh, um, you know, Diane has him, but she didn't send him, and like mm-hmm. that's kind of a weird element. Um, because she's a good guy. That's kind of what I was, yeah, right. That's <laughs> that's kind of what I was asking about, um, you know, uh, back when that happened. Like, because Ray does call into question whether they're real or not, um, but he has something that could be the coordinates. Um, uh, but you know, there's no comment on that, and he's kind of moved on to Judy. So, uh, yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah, I kind of, I, I, I think I kind of forgot earlier when we did that scene that that Ray did give him something. Uh, as far as the coordinates go. That's right. Because he was like, oh, how do you know I think give you the right ones? Here's mm-hmm. the right ones. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe that's the thing. He got the coordinates, and now uh, he had to go confront Jeffries, and uh, I don't know, He for, for whatever reason, he thinks Judy has something to do with all of this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, now, oh, God, now it's about Judy. Now it's about Judy. It's all about Judy. We're not going to talk about Judy. But I take your larger point that, you know, outside of those things um, where we've had, I mean, and you know, you can summarize the movement of the plot fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, it's been a lot of mysterious happenings, a lot of weird stuff. But, uh, but yeah, not, um, it, there's been a lot of uh, stasis, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, in a lot of these uh, plot lines, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, we talked about the Audrey thing, Jerry Horn, Nadine. Uh, a lot of those were just kind of like sitting in one place for a long time before anything happened or, mm-hmm. you know, still hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's almost like there were nine parts mm-hmm. worth of story and they stretched yeah. it out to 18. It is. It's almost <laughs> like that. It's almost like that, but that's not what happened. Yeah, a bunch of people tried to kill Dougie but failed, but that's all kind of, that does feel like filler, basically. Yeah. Yep. You know, to like killer kill filler. Time. Yeah, killer <laughs> filler. Exactly. <laughs> all killer that's still filler. Still filler, no killer. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, there's there's been a lot that's happened yet. Seemingly, I mean, it's they've ton of all mysteries. been they've all been like, yeah, these loose ends and in parts of stories, but haven't really culminated into like really setting these characters up for whatever the big battle is at the end. Um, yeah. You know, which I guess it'll just be like the end of season two, where they just—I mean, there was a there was a bit more there with the the Owl Cave map and trying mm-hmm. to decipher that, and Wyndham Earl. And... It was similar in the sense of like Wyndham Earl sitting in his cabin for like ten episodes yeah. before anything like really plotting away and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but I was going to say, yeah, even at the end of season two, they did, you know, once the story got going, it, they did, they kind of just stumbled into it. There yeah. wasn't like, Cooper didn't know like everything he needed to know before he went to try to go rescue Annie. It was just right. kind of like, oh, <laughs> I got to go get her. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. I'm I hope I don't get go. stuck in here for 25 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops, indeed. Yeah. I would love it though if uh, I don't necessarily want Windermore back on the show as a as, as as like a villain, but I would love it if if we get to the Black Lodge and and, and there's some weirdness. There's got to be more weirdness with the Black Lodge that we get mm-hmm. before the oh, show's yeah. over, and Definitely. it would be great to see Windermore there somehow. You know, to uh, to just know that he's still stuck there or something. Yeah, like if they could get that actor and 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 shoot something or yeah, uh, or use some old footage or something weird like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? I mean, uh, I would try to make more predictions of what's going to happen, but I know nothing. Yeah, me either. And if we haven't said it by now, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next time uh, with episode uh, part 16, I should say. Yep. Sounds good. See you then. Thanks. Take it easy. All right. Bye.